Do we know each other? Time. Reality. Reality. It's changeable. Where you want to be? That's the question, isn't it? Every universe is different. Each one unique. Slow down a little bit. There's a few people in the room that don't understand. Not me, I, I get it. Who are you? The name's Captain Carter. Scheisse! I am the Watcher. I observe all that transpires here. But I do not, cannot, will not interfere. I guess I have to freestyle then. Hey! We have you out of bird. A ravager never flies solo. I said never flies solo. Uh, is that some kind of catchphrase? You had me worried for a second. Journey to face the unknown and ponder the question. What if? Now, this series is created by AC Bradley and is directed by Brian Andrews. And we most recently just got the first episode into the series, which is going to be a nine episode season for season one just premiered on Disney plus we've been thinking about this show and waiting for this show this is Marvel Studios first foray into the animated world which is always something that's to, you know to be very excited about considering that they've done so well in the film realm and obviously now they've exploded into TV in a very very big way with the addition of Disney plus and now they're trying their hand in animation and so this is one of the first shows that we heard about when they were doing the rollout for phase four of the MCU, a lot of the rumored shows, such as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision, what if was also right that there as a potential project that Marvel Studios was going to tackle. And so we finally, after a couple of years of anticipation, got this first episode and episode one was entitled What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger, which is no surprise. This concept was definitely front and center of all of the marketing for so such a long time now. So we were definitely waiting and eager to see what this episode would be. Um, but before we dive into our thoughts, I just want to say, if you haven't seen this episode, because we're going to get right into it, we got to spoil this to really talk about it because it's already been a few days since it's come out. If you've not seen this episode, please go ahead and watch it now on Disney Plus and then come back and listen to our review of it. But we're going to go in and do full spoilers for What If. So with that said, man, what did you think about this first episode of What If? Yeah, man, of course, uh, simply, simply put, you know, What If is uh, the possibilities, right? That is what the Watcher is talking about at the beginning of the episode. That is why we are here. What if in this particular episode we get Peggy Carter? What if she received the Super Soldier Serum? Um, and you know, down down to its core, it really is a story of uh, Peggy being in 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 um, 
previous Captain America, Steve Rogers shoes here. Um, you know, for me, I, I, it was okay. First and foremost, um, to, to put it quite plainly, uh, I did enjoy myself. I enjoyed watching it. We, we've, we'll, we'll always be animation people on the show. Um, I've always been an animation person my whole life. So I'm, I was into it. How could I not be? It's a Marvel animated television show. <laughs> like, come on, I'm going to be into it. I'm going to like it, you know, to, to, to some extent. I'm going to enjoy myself. Um, but at the same time, I have to, you know, critique what is happening, what is progressing in the things that I am watching. And even though I didn't enjoy the episode, there are, I don't know, some some things I was just like, yeah, it's okay. I kind of felt like I was, I came home from school and I watched an episode of something. Um, <laughs> like if you remember like that wow. feeling, that feeling is different than like, I don't know, the watching the latest episode of, I don't know, uh, Grey's Anatomy or something. You know what I mean? Where it's sure. like, yeah. everyone's tweeting about it. It's an it's event, going, right? It's a whole event. And what if, didn't feel like an event. It feel like an after school, I'm about to go watch an episode of Kids Next Door kind of kind of tv show um and i think the reason that is is because they didn't change enough they asked what if in the scenario but they didn't i feel like they didn't keep it going enough um and and that's kind of where i sat on the episode i loved um I, the animation style took a, a couple minutes to get used to right like you're watching it you're like huh Okay, this is interesting, but it's good. It is good. Uh, it's just so different, and I think we do that with a lot of like uh, of animation. When you, when anybody first seen into the Spider Verse, you're like, huh, what is this? And you got to get used to it those first five, you know, five to ten minutes, and then after it, you know, you start to love it. Um, and, and a lot of the action sequences I enjoyed, and I really did start to love the uh, the animation. I was like, dang, they really killed this. Um, but as far just as far as story went, I just wanted them to be slightly more wild. Um, with the, the the idea that was Peggy Carter becoming um, her own super soldier. So um, I'm, I'm going to leave it there for now and, and, and hit it over to you. But that's kind of my initial thoughts. That was a great point. Uh, th this this concept is based off of the comics. You know, what if was that, you know, is actually a wrong, mm -hmm. long running comic series. Um, and so they're pulling direct direct inspiration from a lot of those those books that were published um, and, 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 and folks grew up on. And they were always just like, these really, really fun, crazy, wacky stories that wouldn't mess up any of the continuity or canon that Marvel had established. And so you can always do these just really over the top ideas. And a lot of a lot of what would happen in those comics is like people would die all the time because you don't have to worry about resetting things or losing major characters, because mm -hmm. if you just go ahead and kill them off and it's just a little side offshoot, then, you know, no harm, no foul. Nobody's going to really care because it's literally just an isolated contained episode. And that's what this series is meant to be. It's meant to be an anthology series where every episode can stand on its own, serve as its own individual story and present to us potential scenarios of what would happen in an alternative timeline or multiverse of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I pretty much agree with you that it is okay. Um, it's fine. Nothing blew me away, particularly about this episode. My biggest problem with the season premiere for this is that the mm -hmm. story just followed too closely to Captain America, the first Avenger. And mm -hmm. in my mind, when I'm thinking about the what if comics, I mean, they had really just like Again, crazy ideas. I remember one of the comics were, you know, what if the uh, what if the X-Men failed their first mission and all of them died, you know, and mm. it's just like mm -hmm. we're just going all in from the top. And 
Yeah. We'll see later in this season that the Marvel Zombies is another popular what if concept. So I anticipate that maybe some of these episodes in the future might take bigger swings than this one. But for the most part, it just swapped out Peggy Carter for Steve Rogers. She really just mm-hmm. took his place in this episode. And the episode is kind of just like a 30 minute condensed recap of the first Avenger just with <laughs> Peggy Carter as Captain Carter. We saw yeah. the obviously the, the the serum scene in the lab when she first gets the serum and the, the train sequence where initially Bucky died, but now, you know, Cap, they think that he dies. And even the final, you know, sort of act is very reminiscent of the final act in, in the first mm-hmm. Avenger. So it just, it played too closely to that for it to really feel like a what if episode. So I'm curious as to why they went that route. Um, I like the the idea of Captain Carter. I think there's a lot of potential there, but yeah. um, the, 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 the craziest, I think, thing that we probably saw in this episode that did feel like a little bit of a swing is the fact that Steve Rogers mm-hmm. had the, um, the Hydra Stomper right. outfit, which was really, really cool to see like, oh, well, he didn't get the serum, but he's basically like, Iron Man in 1942, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And obviously the, the, the Howard Stark connection is still there. Um, but beyond that, you know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't as weird and out there as I think that it could have been. Um, again, we might see more in the future, more, um, more risks taken with this concept, but mm-hmm. um, it was just, it was fine. It was fine. So um, I think with that said, like, what, what did you specifically think about, you, you talked about the animation style already, and I pretty much agree with that. What did you think about the voice acting in particular? Because one of the big draws of the show is that most cast members come back to reprise their yeah. roles. I would say it's probably about 85% of the cast that comes back Although some of the bigger names we don't get back, Chris Evans, who you you would think would be voicing Steve Rogers here, is now returning. Um, Mm -hmm. We know Robert Downey Jr. did not voice the Tony Stark here or Scarlett Johansson and a couple of others. Um, But for the most part, you know, we have um, Haley Atwell voicing Peggy Carter here and they got Sebastian Stan to come back as Bucky. And we even got that scene at the end, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury and Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. So I'm just curious as to what you thought, you know, the voice acting and how that played out for you. Yeah, first and foremost, I have to say, I have to I have to talk about Jeffrey Wright, man. We got a legend as the watcher right now. <laughs> um, and I think, I mean, who else could you have got? I mean, you could have gotten other, a lot of other people, right? Like a Morgan Freeman or, but this man, Jeffrey, <laughs> this man, Jeffrey Wright is, I was just happy to, to see that he was here. Um, and I, I just like the idea of him being the watcher. Uh, I, I, I'm happy Haley Atwell is back. I'll say that because who else could voice this woman, bro, to be honest? Like, because when I hear, you know, Peggy Carter, it's just, I feel like it has to be her. So that's like one of those voices. Of course, accent and everything given, I was like, you have to be here. Um, you know, some of the other voices were not forgettable, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's like, you know that, that it's them, but you don't mind it. You know, it's just like, okay. Sure. I guess, like, uh, I guess you're there. Um, you know, uh, with a lot of people where, where it's like, uh, even like a Bradley Whitford, you know, mm-hmm. who is like, mm-hmm. uh, who, that was you know, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, shoot, um, Bradley Whitford's here. Um, and it was crazy. The character was just like, him. it blows my mind. Um, they did a really good job with him. But um, I thought I thought he also did a good job, actually, um, kind of thinking about uh, thinking back on the episode, what a douchebag he was. Wow. I was like, damn, <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think overall, I didn't mind any of the voice acting. Some people I didn't pay attention to too hard. Um, I, I, I was just kind of no, nothing was too distracting. Um, but for the most part, I think I think it was OK. I think it was fine. 
I don't mean to dump on them because I know the internet has already kind of gone this route, but um, mm-hmm. a lot of criticism has been pointed to Sebastian Stan and his mm. voice acting chops here. And uh, mm. I, I think we, we've seen a lot lately. As you mentioned, we're both really into animation, always will be, whether it's traditional 2D style or, you know, the computer animated stuff that we see for the most part these days. And voice acting is obviously a very, very big part of that. Um, one of the things that I think we can easily point out and say is that not everybody that may be considered a good actor on screen is necessarily going to be a good voice actor. Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> bring it back, Yasuke. Um, and for me, when Sebastian Stan, when I first heard his voice, I was like, oh, wow, that kind of that kind of took me out of the episode, to be honest with you, because Haley Atwell is absolutely bringing something different to the voice acting. Mm-hmm. you know that that that's adding to her physical performance that would that would happen in live action you can tell that right. that's Haley Atwell but it also sounds like she's actually voice acting even Jeffrey Wright who it's probably easier for him because I'm you know I'm sure he does tons of narration work just because of his you know wonderful voice mm-hmm. but Sebastian Stan I'm not sure if he's done animated animated work before in voiceover work but man it just it honestly, it almost sounded like he didn't want to be there. It sounded like he was probably mm-hmm. in a recording booth and he really thought that this was like a chore because it was just so stiff to me and just very mm-hmm. wooden. And I'm like, yeah, he might have could have used maybe, maybe somebody to replicate his voice might have been better. <laughs> you know, I, I might not have mind that it was it's not a big deal because he doesn't have like the most dialogue in the episode, but it's mm-hmm. something that did stick out to me. So I'm a little I'm a little curious as to how that's going to look in future episodes and yeah. if that'll continue to be a problem um, with, with some of the other performances that are that, that are coming from the actual MCU actors. I, you know, and I, I think I think getting so many people back is, is wonderful. I, I think that that's a great move to, to keep this mm-hmm. all within that familiar continuity. But um, something should be said about, you know, bringing out a different type of performance when you're voice acting. Um, yeah. But speaking of continuity, um, this show, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little confused on where this show is going to go in the grand scheme of things because mm-hmm. one of my other problems, which is in relation to what I talked about earlier, in terms of like the swings and the risks and what you can actually do with this concept, because there shouldn't be any risks or, or not, excuse me, not risks, but th- there really aren't any stakes because you can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. But one of my big concerns is that it seems like that this is going to be more connected and more integral to the overall mcu than maybe we initially anticipated i don't know if that's going to be the case but it feels like some of the creators and the folks at marvel have indicated like oh yeah this is canon and this will affect future things that you watch and so i'm just wondering what you think about that idea and that concept because for me a lot of the fun in the what if concept is the fact that like we can just reset every single time like go Mm -hmm. all out do the craziest shit you can think of and then it doesn't really matter the next week and we can just enjoy it for what it is but if we're gonna bring captain carter to the mcu one day um does that kind of defeat the purpose of what if or is it just a different sort of style and take on the concept in and of itself and making it work for the mcu yeah i think we see kind of the 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 effects um, uh, you know, if that's true, if this is, if this does play a, a larger part in the MCU in that first episode, right? If you can't go all out, you get a story that's too close to the story that you want or the story that you need. Um, because at, at that point, you're writing backwards, right? We have to get to this point. So, and then let's fill in the in-between because this is the end goal. Instead of starting at the beginning and say, let's just do this. 
oh, let's do this after and let's do this. And I think, again, I think that's really why that first episode might have suffered um, from playing too safe and being just like um, the first Avenger uh, that, that, that you mentioned. Now, if this is going to, you know, take over or not, not take over, but, but mean something in, in the larger scheme of things in the MCU, uh, I guess I'm just trying to uh, I, I, I need to understand where we're going here. If, if, if Captain Carter does indeed pop up in the MCU, uh, it'd have to be, in my mind, the, the way we're going, right? Multiverses, all of that. It needs to be a cameo, right? There's no way mm-hmm. we're going to get a Captain Carter movie. <laughs> or, or You know what I mean? Like, where all of this is going to go um, to that extent. And maybe I'm thinking that's what they mean when they when they really feel that way, like maybe we're gonna do a bunch of really cool cameos for about five minutes in a movie, and then call it a day. If it's that, that's fine. I kind of get that, um, but I hope you know these future stories um, that are that are told, you know, in future episodes aren't as safe. I hope mm-hmm. they are actually written from the beginning and not written from the end. Um, if that makes sense, so. Uh, you know, I think it really. Shoot, you never know with with, with these people over at Marvel, man. They uh, they be talking in code. Um, <laughs> like it could, it could, they could literally just be talking. You know, to yeah. get people to watch more too. That could be a thing as well. Like maybe That's they're true. just like, you know, we, let's just tell people this may mean more than it. <laughs> and then, but it really doesn't. Um, at the end of the day, um, I just hope it doesn't. That that mindset uh hasn't and um won't affect the writing. So that's a really good point. They they absolutely could be. I, one of the things that that made me like think about that point was um, I was reading somewhere that they were doing an interview with the uh, the creator of the show, and he was talking about how they had a Spider Man episode that they were going to do, but apparently Marvel axed it because it was too dark. I think the concept was like, what if what if Peter Parker like turned into an actual spider, right? And then some mm. of the some of the elements that they were going for were leaning into the horror territory, like horror horror movies and stuff like that which i'm like yeah that sounds really exciting but apparently it was like (laughs) a little too like hard pg veering into very very dark Mm -hmm. territory and i'm just like man but that's what this could be for like do that do that dark stuff that you just typically wouldn't do in your movies because we know most of their movies tend to be four quadrant family friendly affairs and that that's one of the reasons i'm most looking forward to that dr strange episode that they have coming out um Mm -hmm. because that seems like something that's going to be like really really dark almost sort of playing up the idea of what we're what we're expecting from multiverse of madness because they've teased that that's you know going to replicate a lot of horror movies in in that film that we'll that we'll see next year so I was just hoping that they would go in that into that territory, but there's obviously still a lot to see. You know, we still have eight episodes left and they've already confirmed season two. So this could absolutely be one of those situations where it's like, yeah, the first episode was okay, but we've seen time and time again, so many television series, they really get going sometimes, you know, two, three episodes in. So um, I, I think, I think we, we obviously know not to underestimate them in this situation and that, they could always go in these crazy wacky territories that we're expecting them to because at least I hope so at this point. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I, I think, um, though, again, uh, we've seen this time and time again, the more risks they take, the better a lot of things turn out. Um, so I psh, look, they need, if they, if they can't do that, then they're going to have a, a weird awakening for the future um, in terms of, you know, the things they want to do. But um, again, we know they're entering weird territory. 
which is good for them. I just hope they can they figure it out on the animation side, which is what kind of what it sounds like partially is what it is, is, is taking a risk in the animation. For sure. We do know that a few of these characters will be coming back. Um, I, I, I suspect Captain Carter will be coming back later in this season. I think we've sort of theorized that one of these episodes is going to be revolved around like a new Avengers team that has a weird mix of like Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. some new Avengers that are, you know, taking place in this multiverse. And they've even teased out that Chadwick Boseman has voiced T'Challa four different times within this season. So mm-hmm. even the episode that we'll get later this week probably won't be his final appearance. And so just with that said, is there any particular episode based off of what we've known, you know, so far and what we've seen in the trailers, is there any particular episode that you are most looking forward to for this season? Man, I I'm I am excited to see whatever that ragtag team, new Avengers they come up with. Uh, cause I think that's gonna be a moment that really feels like um what if i think it's one of if they do it right right if they make the story different enough than peggy carter just being in steve rogers shoes if they can really create a situation but give us that avengers like moment with the different characters i'm looking forward to that moment um because i mean everybody remembers the first time they seen you know the camera pan around um and seeing the avengers actually together on the battlefield for the first time man back in 2012 so uh, seeing that moment in animation with different people could it, it, it just makes me it, you know uh, it, it makes my, my my nerd radar go off it's like yes do do that because that's cool um, if they pull it off the right way so I think that's a, one of the episodes I'm looking forward to the most yeah yeah I agree uh, the one that has me the most intrigued at this point is probably um, and you pointed this out when that poster first came out but Spider-Man hey, seemingly is the Sorcerer Supreme he, he hey. becomes Doctor Strange I mean that just <laughs> that's a concept I'm here for like let's mm-hmm. do that especially yes. based off of like their interaction that they had in Infinity War which was just hilarious the fact mm-hmm. that they had to work together this high school teenager wanting to be a superhero versus like the man who has to protect all of time in reality, <laughs> just a great mashup. And now we get like Peter Parker is going to, I guess, be, you know, the source of Supreme, at least he had the cape. So it looks like it's going to be that. So hey. um, mm-hmm. that's like, okay, that, that seems like a nice weird thing. Hopefully it's not just a swap situation. Like we had with this, hopefully it's not like, I don't know, Peter gets a car and he can drive to prom and he gets in an accident and he ruins, you know, something. <laughs> yeah. and he has to, I just hope they don't retell Dr. Strange. I hope it's like completely different than anything we've seen. So um, lots to look forward to, but it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of potential there. This episode was okay, but still lots of stuff that they can do. And like we mentioned, they already have a season two confirmed and lined up. So who knows what other stories they'll decide to explore in the future. So Bring those it. are our thoughts on what if, if you've seen the show, definitely hit us up and let us know what you think about it. stories but what if one thing changed everything you sure don't seem too freaked out about all this kid the charla give me the toy where you want to be that's the question isn't it We have you out of bird. Let me worry for a second. Exploding the world. Sounds fun. Expect the unexpected. What if?
as usual, we will be reviewing and providing our analysis on the latest episode of the new original series from Marvel Studios, as we did last week. We just got episode two, which premiered this past week on Disney+, and we were very much anticipating this one because it obviously had a special, special touch to it. This was episode that was going to feature Chadwick Boseman in one of his final performances as T'Challa and we know that this episode was entitled what if T'Challa became a star lord so if you've not seen episode two of what if or even episode one because we might do a little bit of a comparison go ahead and go check that out right now because we're going to dive into some spoiler talk about episode two of what if as we always do so with that said man I'm gonna kick it over to you tell us what were your thoughts on this second edition of what if Man, uh, again, following that first episode of What If, man, we were we were given, you know, just the first Avenger, Pe- Peggy Carter edition, and not really an entire um, own story of What If. Uh, you know, we were really excited for the series, and um, it was, the first episode was just a little underwhelming what we thought it was going to be. Here we are with episode two, man, and this is what I was looking for. This is everything I was looking for in a what if episode, man. Um, It doesn't just change one thing or two things. It really gave us a completely different story in the world of what if T'Challa was a Star-Lord, man. I mean, they were just changing so much. And we could talk about some of those things um, a little bit back and forth here um, in a sec. But beyond that, man, it really was um, everything that I think I needed, not only in a what if episode, but, of course, as a tribute to Chadwick Boseman, man, it was entertaining. It was funny. Um, and the things they changed really gave you a sense of being what, it, what it's like to be a Marvel fan. They could say some of the smallest things. You'd be like, I caught that. Or, ooh, I caught that. I wonder if other people caught that. You know, because, um, you know, we're, we, we really are, uh, you know, big nerds of this stuff. So it was great uh, to be able to, to, to get a sense of a lot of those callbacks and things and it, it was really a fun episode for me, man. It turns into a heist later on, and it's just, it was just a good time overall. Uh, it, you know, just to just to put it quite plainly, um, and I hope a lot of the future episodes can at least give us the essence of what it is to change the story as much as this episode did. Because it, it, I'm trying to think what's the same, and it's barely anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I need everybody to come with the same energy for for the however many episodes we have left uh because it, it really was a good time um yeah man uh i'll leave it there for now what'd you think yeah th- this was definitely more like it we we obviously talked about last week's episode and how similar you know the 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 series premiere of what if was to captain america the first avenger almost beat by beat a retelling of that story just swapping out peggy carter this did not do that as you mentioned which was very much welcomed and what what I expected from the beginning with this series and I almost wonder like what it would have been like to to lead off with this like if they actually led off the series with this episode Mm -hmm. I understand the idea of leading off with the Peggy Carter episode because Cap is the first Avenger she's becoming the first Avenger in this different universe so I get that Um, but this definitely just had a lot more flavor and it got us to the cosmic side of the Marvel universe, which I'm always really excited to, to, to explore and visit and revisit those characters that we've come to know and love. It also really helped. I think that 
pretty much everybody in this episode, every cast member featured for the most part, probably with the exception of Drax, you had the returning um, actual actor in that role come back and do the voice of that of that particular character and pretty much everybody did really good here which i know we had a little a little bit of criticism happen uh with last week's episode on on performances there but everybody here um did i think a a pretty good job there were some surprises that i certainly did not expect to see i mean listen josh brolin showing back up as thanos like nobody would have called that i think i think a lot of us were expecting that the next time we would see Thanos would be in Eternals, which we're going to talk about later, but here he is in What If, and just a completely different version of the character than we've come to know, and again, a pleasant, pleasant surprise, because that's what we're here for in this show. It reaffirmed, I think, everything that we always felt about T'Challa as a character and what he represents, and just the the grace and the regalness and the elegance that Chadwick Boseman brought to that performance. I mean, we know that great acting doesn't necessarily translate into great voice acting, but I mean, damn it, Chadwick Boseman could do it all because he was a great voice actor here. Like, you yeah. really, really got swept up in the fact that he was back as T'Challa. Um, sentimentally, I forgot while watching this episode that, you know, he's no longer with us. I, mm-hmm. I, I got transported to another world for a while, which by the end of it, you obviously get the realization again that he is gone. And, you know, we, we did lose him early because they had that sweet message at the end of the episode. But for the 30 minutes of watching it, I was just, you know, completely swept up by it. So really enjoyed the performances, the surprises. Chadwick Boseman, obviously, you know, here being the lead of this of this particular episode, did an extraordinary job. And the last thing that I'll say before we talk a little bit, you know, more specific stuff is that we, we talked a lot about the animation style last week. And I almost feel like, the animation style works better in this sort of cosmic space-like environment than it mm-hmm. did in the more grounded, realistic environment that we dealt with with the World War II mm-hmm. greatest generation aesthetic. You know, I think it, it's certainly an adjustment of, as usual, but for some reason, I think it just works better for me here, probably mm-hmm. because of the vivid brightness of, of the colors, you know, that were used, the different costumes that we saw. Yeah. Um, it, it just felt more... I think it just felt more animated in, 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 in a, you know, for, for lack of a better term, it felt truer to that style and that form um, because we're watching such over the top and ridiculous characters. We're watching, you know, cosmic characters, space-like creatures, not really realistic performances here, you know, sort of akin to what we saw last week. So I think the animation works better here. So overall a huge improvement over what we saw last week, Certainly excited to see more of this series and to see more of T'Challa because we know that he's done a few performances throughout this episode or throughout the series, excuse me. But speaking of him, I I do want to spend some time again talking about Chadwick's performance because he is the lead actor in this particular series. So just kind of curious, man, what did you think about Chadwick Boseman's performance as uh, T'Challa in this in this in this episode? Yeah, man. Uh, One of my favorite central points of the episode Um, and again, just really my favorite part of this existing in general is is how T'Challa, no matter what universe or environment that he's in, is that he's still trying to change the world the best way he knows how, man, um, with what he's given. Um, sure, he's still a prince, right? And there's, like, moments where, of course, he knew that, but he, he, uh, he of course, he's lied to and, you know, this and that. But even, even being taken away from the life uh, of a prince he still managed to want uh to want to and succeeds at saving lives and he touched the galaxy like in ways that no other people no other person wouldn't right um and i think that is it's my favorite part of the episode bro because that's the memorial 
right? That's how Chadwick Boseman should be remembered as a man whose raison d'etre was to change the world the best way he knew how. Um, through his work and by his unwavering spirit, uh, just always remaining himself. And that was like, that was like, that's the episode for me, bro. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, uh, again, you say you got caught up in, in kind of his performance and that that's where I was kind of that entire time. Um, he, he was really killing it and, you know, just him as a character, he was really fun though here. Right. Like where mm. we, we, of course we get fun black Panther, every now and then in black but this is like nah bro imagine black panther where he don't he doesn't have to be a king and he's still a king you know and that's like the coolest thing ever um i think is being able to step into that world yeah it's really dope that he's like famous in the galaxy Mm -hmm. which you know it was it was a a great subversion of, of that opening scene very similar to guardians of the galaxy where we see peter quill he's going after the orb and um you know korath played by jaiman hansu sees him and he's like you know i'm star lord man he's like who like nobody knows who star lord is although (laughs) peter quill is acting as if he's this famous icon in the galaxy and he's not Mm -hmm. here we get to see t'challa say like i'm star lord and everybody knows who he is because he has (laughs) he's had a huge impact and you can see you can see i think jaiman hansu damn near might have stole the episode for me just because he was killing you got it. to see such glee and joy from him <laughs> and how much he just revered yeah. being around t'challa he was just like a fanboy and it was just mm-hmm. hilarious because i feel like we always see him play like really straight serious roles a lot of the mm-hmm. time here he was just having fun just like oh my god star lord i'm so honored to be in your presence <laughs> like and he he just he, he he felt honored to even fight him it reminded me of um john wick three when uh he fought those uh those couple of assassins and they were just like so starstruck that they got to fight John Wick and they were <laughs> yeah. so they were beating each other's ass but they were just so honored this was kind of the same thing like oh my god mm-hmm. I get to take punches from Star Lord um so it was just really cool to see his impact and as we know like he was so impactful and had such a reach this man changed thanos's mind he influenced thanos for the better like thanos in this (laughs) in this particular universe still had has this idea to eradicate half of the galaxy to preserve resources and to create this you know really fruitful existence for the remaining half Mm -hmm. um and to do so with the use of infinity stones so that it you know quote unquote random and it's efficient but star lord convinces him to, to to basically not carry through with that plan and to you know do 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 better things with his with his ideas and with the ways that he wants to change the galaxy and he succeeds in that and we get to see a thanos that's a lot more chilled a lot more laid back he still thinks his plan's a good idea um (laughs) and it's funny throughout the episode where he's like talking to all these people they're like yeah it's really genocide man like half the galaxy half of the universe and like "Eh, it's efficient it's It's efficient efficient. gets the job done and it's just it's hilarious like he still believes in it but he's not gonna do it so yeah, man, that just goes to show T'Challa's impact, like you mentioned, not holding the title of a king, but obviously mm-hmm. still doing king shit, no matter where he is. And I think fundamentally, that's just like a great thing to see that his 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 characteristics and his morale as a person does not change. Like, although his circumstances are different, and he's a Star-Lord, and he's doing these different heist missions, and he's a Ravager, which is also really cool to let loose, um, fundamentally as, as, a, as a person, his uh, his moral sensor is still there, which was just... Just dope to see all around. So um, really enjoy seeing T'Challa and obviously what Chadwick brought to this role this week in particular. 
Um, we also got the return of, you know, a couple of Guardians, of course, in this episode. So Michael Rooker returned as Yondu. And mm-hmm. we also got Karen Gillan as Nebula back with a full head of hair in this episode. <laughs> she had all the blonde hair on her head. She um, clearly has not had as many parts ripped from her body as as the as the version that we know. Um, but these two were, I think, also pleasant to see because, again, it's just like bringing in that Guardians flavor yeah. that we're obviously getting in this episode as it relates to this particular what if concept because now T'Challa is a Ravager and we know that in the in the you know sort of the main MCU timeline the Ravagers kidnapped Peter Quill here they made a mistake they kidnapped the wrong boy and it's like I don't know how they mistake a little black boy for a little white you know white boy but they you know they did they taser face man (laughs) they should not have sent taser face and um I forget Sean Gunn's character's yeah, name in the movie, but, yeah. but these two were clearly the wrong individuals to go send to, <laughs> to capture anybody because they just they just fucked it up completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but any thoughts on like seeing you know Nebula and Yondu return in this episode? Yeah, man. Imagine um, it's so crazy how in in some ways just T'Challa being in a completely different part of the galaxy makes a lot of people's life better, right? I mean, Thanos, <laughs> you just said it's like this completely different person. Um, but because Thanos was never built on his mission to wipe out half of life, Ronan never killed Drax's family. And mm. this also means that he never went to Gamora's planet. And this also means that Nebula is a somewhat normal woman. She still talks how she always talks because I'm Nebula. Um, but mm. <laughs> she still had like slightly a rocky childhood, but it's just interesting to see how everyone's so different. Like Ronan or Drax again has a family. He's like, right. take a picture for my daughter. Like, what? That is, we would have never heard, you know, uh, the regular timeline MCU Drax say anything of a sort because Ronan killed them. You know, like the darkness has turned into light um, in a lot of different places here. Uh, So, yeah, again, just really crazy to see. And who would have thought Nebula would have hair at all? I don't even know what. In my mind, it has to be a wig, right? Like, it can't. I don't, (laughs) like, I don't know what Nebula looks like without... I don't, they sell I don't know. wigs in the galaxy. I'm like, what's going on up there? They <laughs> yeah, must, I, I guess. No idea. Um, but it, it's just a really, really, really cool, interesting idea that um, everything that this man touches just becomes better. Uh, and I think that's that's just really cool, man. For sure. We we see also that the main villain or the antagonist for this week's episode is Tanalir Tavon, aka mm-hmm. the Collector, which is beefy uh, ass collector. Like, I mean, swole as fuck out of nowhere. I mean, had his had his jacket open, was showing off the the eight pack. I'm like, bro, what's going? I, I was like almost taken aback for a second because I'm like, is this a joke? Is he like wearing a bodysuit or something? But like, no, nah, he's just swole for no reason. Uh, but Benicio del Toro is, you know, surprisingly, I think, you know, back to voice the character here. And uh, yeah, him just being just like completely evil now, like. It's so funny because the difference is, is you know, in the MCU, um, certainly a, a a mischievous, lying, conniving character. Here, he's just straight up like in your face badass and mm-hmm. also not really scared of anybody because he doesn't have to be because he's bigger he's basically as big as thanos yeah. in this iteration um but it, i think it was also just interesting to see that that different iteration of the character because mm-hmm. we've seen like thanos throw him around in infinity war but now it's like no he's he's really this intergalactic underlord like mm-hmm. truly of the entire galaxy and he he's still doing a lot of the mischievous conniving um really dirty stuff that he does on nowhere which is where his headquarters are but um he definitely is is still is still also like influence in the galaxy in a pretty negative way but we see obviously t'challa is able to overcome that but it all leads to like 
I think this really poignant moment for the episode that I, again, didn't expect to see. Like, we know that they kidnapped T'Challa. He was the wrong person. They meant to get Quill, but they got T'Challa instead. But they were able to go back to Wakanda at the end of this episode. They were able to, mm-hmm. like, take him back. And, like, Yandu as a person was even better here. Like, we saw a yeah. lot of the redemption for Yandu happen in Guardians Volume 2. Mm-hmm. But pretty much this entire episode, he didn't do anything, like, really bad or, you know, sort of negative. He was actually, like, and I think that's like again T'Challa rubbing off on him. Mm-hmm. Um, it might just reinforce like how shitty Quill is in reality. But <laughs> you know they made it back to Wakanda at the end, which I thought was just like a really cool moment to see these two worlds collide. You get to see yeah. like the Guardians of the Galaxy, this intergalactic you know sort of nation, come and you know enter into the kingdom of Wakanda and T'Challa be reunited with his family, mm-hmm. um, which was just like a really dope and unexpected turn that they took. But I thought something that was um it it it, it almost enriched i think not only this episode but of course just like anytime i watch black panther or guardians again i'll be thinking about this episode like even though it's Mm. not like quote-unquote canon per se i'll be thinking about this like oh that was a really cool thing that they did so i just Mm -hmm. i really appreciate it that they sort of wrapped it up and brought it full circle with that moment no yeah that's really uh it was just really cool to see to be honest i wish we like could have spent more time in those small conversations they were having like I really just wanted to see like I don't know Shuri talk to Yandu or like <laughs> like really be in the room uh, to see what they were talking about. But that's really cool how um, he was able to kind of bring his two kingdoms together. Like I feel like I, you know we've seen that in like movies, right? Like really touching movies where um, somebody is a split between both sides, and at the end he brings his two kingdoms together. But um, but in a way where again he he's just such. Uh, uh, I guess a kind and, and liberating spirit, right? He's Robin Hood here, and he's he's really able to to merge the two worlds. So, uh, absolutely, I thought that was amazing, man. For sure. Um, the the last piece of this episode that we get, uh, also a surprise, we see that Peter Quill has ended up as a janitor at Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not. It doesn't look like, and no disrespect to anybody that's a janitor, but it doesn't look like he's made too much of his life it's pretty it's pretty (laughs) mundane at this point to say the least and ego voiced by the great kurt russell finds him and uh approaches him and it almost sets up it looks like a continuing story that's probably going to take place over the course of this series so Mm -hmm. again speaking to some of the things that we we mentioned last week that this seems a little bit more of a linear thread a little bit more connected than we initially perceived like yes there are individual standalone stories but this absolutely seems to be building to something larger and if i were to guess i mean we know that ego in the original film guardians 2 I mean, he pretty much wanted to just kind of control the entire universe, in essence, destroy it almost and just be be along with Quill in control of all fate, all existence across reality as, the, you know, these two celestials. Um, Quill obviously did not go with that through with that plan once he found out that Ego was responsible for the death of his mother here might be a little bit of a darker turn uh, mm-hmm. because Quill doesn't have like this family, right? Yep. He doesn't have this existence along with the Guardians. He doesn't have that father figure in Yondu, although it was contentious. He didn't have this father figure in his life. Ego might be approaching him at a really vulnerable place where mm-hmm. he may actually instead decide to to, to side with him and, and, and seek out control over the, the entire universe, which... I guess they're I guess they're planning you know these two characters up to be the big bads of this of this particular season. You think that's possibly the direction that they're going in? I I mean I don't see who else at right now at this moment, you know. Um 
uh, part of me wishes, wishes they went um, big group of villains versus big group of heroes, you know, because uh, we've seen the collector now, you know, who can conquer hella like what? Um, or we've seen Shuma Gorath come out of the hole that the Red Skull <laughs> made, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, right. it, it, I think it would be cool. But if they really are the big bads, I think that's man. Like, what if this is he? Here we go. I just said it. What if Peter Quill? Is the bad guy? It's so crazy to think about um, in your head, but then all, but also thinking about man, that almost happened in Guardians too. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that's what Eagle wanted, and so it's like, man, he doesn't have that influence. So this is possibly where um, it could go. So yeah, I think I think it's a really dope idea. Um, I hope they use the Black Order still as they did in this episode. Um, oh yeah, because um, they still exist, right? It's pretty much what if Ego was Thanos. Uh, it's kind of the direction it feels like we're going in um and i'm down with that and it, it you know it's making it feel like peter quill is the gamora of the story um he's like a, we, we we gotta go pick him up <laughs> gotta go get the gamora um so yeah man I, I i think it's cool if they go through with it yeah and it would make sense like if we know that chadwick is voicing t'challa probably at least three more times in the series that mm-hmm. i think that would lend itself to the idea that he's going to be one of the main avengers of this new iteration of the team that's gonna have to you know defeat the threat of ego and possibly peter quill alongside him um and you know you mentioned gamora it's gonna be really really intriguing i'm really intrigued to see where along this journey she comes in because Mm -hmm. we saw on the poster like she's wearing the armor of thanos and has the sword of thanos so it's like what has she been doing because she was obviously um absent from this episode so what has she been doing and how will she play play a role in all of this um they'd it'd be a it'd be a pretty tall task like if gamora ended up siding with peter quill and ego that would be a pretty rough a rough group to overcome that's a powerful ass trio so we'll i think we'll have to see which which side she ends up on um later this season but it's it's interesting i think that uh they got some good stuff here obviously next week's episode is going to be on its way um not 100 percent sure on the premise but it seems like it's something along the lines of loki ending up on earth instead of thor like if Mm -hmm. i think if loki got banished to earth by odin instead of thor from from thor thor one because from from my knowledge and my research and what i've gathered it it takes place within that iron man 2 thor and incredible hulk time frame where all of the events of those movies took place over the course of a week so i think it takes place within that time period so we'll have to see exactly what that story looks like and if it'll connect directly to what we've seen thus far for or if it'll be you know entirely separate but we'll obviously be back you know next week to talk about that and to give our thoughts so if you've seen what if if you've caught up with the latest episode definitely hit us up on social media and let us know what you think about that that's the moment I am Loki. That created a whole new hero. That's weird. Reality is not a straight line. That doesn't sound ominous at all. Every passing moment is a chance for a new offshoot, a new variation. Space. Time. Reality. What if we could rebuild it? Oh, I'm counting on it. Journey to face the unknown and ponder the question. What if?
Now, the episode that just premiered this past week was entitled, What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes? And so, um, we know in the MCU canon that uh, Nick Fury had a really, really important week. Um, speaking of him, he, he had a really important week in the whole history of the MCU. And that was that was around the time that he was starting to assemble the first Avengers team. And it, it took place within a week. It was called Fury's Big Week. They even wrote like a, a tie-in comic to tie in with these movies when they came out. And it's the mm-hmm. events of the Incredible Hulk movie, which came out in 08, Iron Man 2, which came out in 2010, and also Thor, which came out in 2011. Apparently, all of the events of those films happened within the time span of a week, and really, Nick Fury had a role to play in pretty much all of them. And we're seeing that be the central premise for this episode of What If Here. And so, um, with all of that said, before we get into it, if you've not seen the latest episode of What If, we will be spoiling this and also possibly the previous two episodes of What If. So, this is your official spoiler warning before we get into it. Um, so, again, you know, over the course of the week, He's attempting to recruit heroes for his Avengers initiative, um, but we're starting to see them get picked off. Like the heroes are getting killed, like mm-hmm. confusingly out of nowhere. Iron Man dies, Bruce Banner dies as Hulk. He's in, he 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 he's you know he's Hulk at this point. Uh, we're seeing him recreate very violent. He explodes, and then also Thor dies, um, and they all die at the hands essentially of other Avengers. So we think that Natasha might be responsible for Iron Man's death. And then we mm-hmm. think that um, Hawkeye might be responsible for Thor's death because he accidentally shoots an arrow. Yep. And they're doing like a murder mystery sort of plot here, a whodunit, um, which we've not really gotten before in the MCU. This is kind of a new genre that they're tackling. But this is, again, presenting us with the idea, like what if we really didn't have the Avengers initiative, at least not with the heroes that, that came to be, um, that we know, obviously, of that original six in that lineup. And there's again, there's a whole murder mystery plot following here, um, and and that kind of sets the stage for everything that we see over the course of this episode. But you know, with all of that said, man, what did you just think about this overall concept of what if in episode three? To be honest, I loved it. Um, this is a, another, I think, one of those story things uh, that I was looking for in what if, because that is this is not a in the grand scheme of the MCU, this is not a small idea. It's like no, these people are dying. Like Iron Man died, <laughs> like Iron Man died like early, like right. Iron Man two days, like the man died, and like we just said, the Hulk exploded. I'm, it's just it was it was just really wild to see. Um, and so, uh, to be honest, man, I I, I loved it. Uh, I uh, I I just like playing with ideas like that, and I think they did a good job of doing it. Um. You know, some some of the things I think were were predictable just a little bit. But I think the small moments just made up for it for me. Like there was just so many small moments um, that were either slightly changed or slightly the same where, you know, there's there's a moment where or the moment where him and Nick Fury are in the um, are in the diner and his neck is all. Oh yeah, veiny and he's dying like, pretty early. Yeah, if you like go back to the, the, the Iron Man, it literally looks like that. It look, it's the small details like that. I think um, that were really keeping me in the episode. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Um, and again, uh, I didn't think they were going to kill all of them, but they did. They killed all of them, mm-hmm. all of them. Um, and yeah, again, just little moments like that. Seeing Black Widow die again. I'm like, God damn! Can the woman no live? For Natasha at all? Like, this can't be the one time she lives. <laughs> Shit. Um, but even like, you know, Coulson and 
just just everything. Um, I kind of I kind of seen the twist coming towards the end um, mm-hmm. of 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 Hank and the I didn't well I didn't think it was gonna be full Yellow Jacket. Right. But, after, right. but but after a while when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I know who this is. Um, but again, initially I was just like, God damn, did did the Hawkeye really just fuck up Thor like that? You know, it was like shit. Um, but yeah, I, I again I enjoyed it. Um, I, I I was having a good time uh, with the ideas that they played with. Yeah, I think that uh, I really appreciated how dark this was. Like we we don't see the MCU get this dark typically. They're they're mm-hmm. typically a little bit more of a lighthearted um, sort of approach to their to their storytelling. Obviously, some exceptions there that we've seen, such as you know Infinity War, Endgame, things like that. But this was a really dark turn on this concept, which I, I was I was waiting for. You know, we talked about it with the first episode um, that a lot of what if comics. It was like, well, what if. What if all these heroes just died, or what if it was the end of the universe by the end of the of the story that we're telling? And this is kind of taking that approach literally, like we're killing mm-hmm. off most of the main Avengers, with the exception of Steve Steve Rogers, who was still under the ice by the end of it. But I just love that 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 concept because you you don't see it coming. I, I suspected, I thought that this what if concept was going to be like, oh well, what if Loki ended up on Earth instead of Thor? Because the previews. Mm-hmm we see like Loki is absolutely a part of this episode. So I'm thinking like, Oh, he's probably the one that got banished instead of Thor, but went in a completely opposite direction that I didn't expect. Um, and, and it's also interesting too, that we're revisiting a time where the MCU was still in the foundational building stages of becoming what it became, of course. And like, we're looking at three properties that aren't like, the most loved, right? Like Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk doesn't get that much respect anymore. Iron Man Two is often at the bottom of people's lists. Um, mm-hmm. Thor, your your mileage may vary. Some people really like it. Some people think it's okay. You know, it just kind of depends on who you ask. But these are not like the most well known and well beloved like MCU properties. So it was also interesting going back to that time period where things were still very early. Of course, Nick Fury was still assembling the team, but yeah, just to see everybody get picked off was. I, I like that a lot. And I also mm-hmm. like, I like when multiple events happen at the same time and you see like the climactic moment all coalesce at the same time. So that the last yeah. like 10 minutes of the episode would, they were just like riveting to me. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. seeing the events of the incredible Hulk with Bruce Banner play out with Natasha. And then the, on the opposite side, you have Nick Fury trying to deal with Loki mm-hmm. um, in, in New Mexico. And that event, Loki's like coming down to earth to avenge the death of his brother. I like when stuff like ha- that happens at the same time. And the cutting and the editing was really impressive. Um, as far as the twist itself, I, I thought it was okay. It wasn't the strongest thing ever. I mean, mm-hmm. it almost made me like it. I don't know. It almost seemed kind of unfair. And the only reason I say that is because like typically with like a murder mystery, you know, you know who the suspects are. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. know who it is, but you have like an idea of like who all the potential suspects are. You really don't get any sort of clue that <laughs> right. Yellow Jacket slash Hank Pym is the guy behind this until like they introduce that 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 hope clue, mm-hmm. which comes like right before we find out. But you don't have any clue that it's him. Like, you can't really know. Um, unless, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, unless you're just, like, super ahead of the curve like that. But that was the only thing, and the reveal itself was like, ah, it's fine, but, you know, whatever. But overall, like, solid episode, though. Um, yeah. Definitely, for me, better than the first. Not as good mm-hmm. as the second, but still a still a worthwhile and interesting concept to, to sort of, like, revisit here. And also, again, bringing, bringing the events of, like, everything that happened over the course of this week into this sort of murder mystery style. I just like seeing the MCU tackle tackle a new genre in that way. 
Yeah, I wish I wish they introduced. Uh, maybe it would have gave it away too much, but of course, there's two what ifs here, right? One, what if the Avengers are dying, and two is what if Hope ended up working for Shield and died, you know, in in the line of duty. Um, and I wonder if they would have just introduced that a little bit earlier, had it had it been fair, you know, like had it been like, oh, I think we know one other person, you know, that that, sure. uh, that, that could be up to this. But I don't know if that was too much or I don't know. It just would have been interesting if they, if they would have switched or put that uh, detail a little bit earlier. Um, I think I agree with you. I think I like the 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 this one is right in the middle for me. Uh, the first one being my least favorite, and then T'Challa Star Lord being my most favorite. Um, but there are things about this again that I that I do like better than the Star Lord episode, even though I, I, I'll put that one at the top overall. Like you just said, the darkness that is that was great for me. It really was, um, and we need more of that. Uh, and I hope. Look, they they got the chance, right? We talked yeah. about how crazy what if could be, how you, you could. There are dark stories in Marvel, too. You know, everyone's like, well, DC's darker. I mean, maybe at the end of the day, yes. But, like, Marvel has dark stories as well. Um, and and this was one of them. This could have even been darker. Um, but, yeah, I just hope they continue to explore that, man. But, again, a solid episode. I liked it. I, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Same. And I think the last thing here, we, we, we talked about it with the other two episodes, it seems and appears as if this is all building towards something bigger because at the end of the episode, again, we see that Fury, um, he goes to see that, you know, Steve Rogers is still under the ice um, because he wipes off his shield and we can see the Captain America shield underneath the ice. And then right behind him, um, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel appears on Earth because earlier in the episode he used that uh, that beeper that he that she gave him, um, we know, in the movie to, to call her. And so it seems as if, you know, now now that our original Avengers are off the chessboard now, this makes way for a new team, right? You know, we've suspected that there's going to be like a new Avengers team in this in this universe, in this this multiverse of what if. Uh, it looks mm-hmm. like that in the trailers. We see a similar moment of, of the Avengers assembling like we did in the first movie in 2012. It looks like they're trying to recreate that moment in this series. Um it, it, it appears that they're building towards that, and it looks like, you know, potentially Carol will be a part of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, T'Challa, Star-Lord might possibly be a part of that team. I'm wondering who else at this point. We we know that the, the, the new episode that's about to come out is the is the Doctor Strange-focused episode. Right. Um, I'm not sure of what the exact what-if of it all is, but it looks like some sort of, like, evilness might be a part of it like what if dr strange was evil or something like that i don't know um i'm just kind of wondering what else you know or who else will be a part of that team and again who's going to be if there is another villain at play if there is a, a foe to face who that will be we suspect that it might be ego and quill teamed mm-hmm. up um but i wonder if we might get some new information presented you know in this new episode that's coming out or just get another clue i think we'll just have to you know we'll just have to see but it looks like they are building up to something which I guess works, you know, again, it's different than I think the what if concept and what they typically would do in like the mm-hmm. comics, but obviously the MCU is all, all about connecting the puzzle pieces. So it seems like it's all going to, again, you know, sort of like lead to a conclusion that brings these different multiverses and these different occurrences together, I think, at least. Yeah, it's interesting how many characters are are missing because of these what if prompts, right? Now that Iron Man has died so early, there is no Ultron. Because there's no Ultron, there's no Vision. Oh, wow. Because, yeah. because there's no Vision, you know, maybe 
Um, may, now maybe the Maximoff twins don't get exposed to the Mind Stone. And, it's like butterfly effect, yeah. Yeah, like there's just a lot of like is Wanda off the table now uh, of of being somebody who pops up. Um, do we still find Jane Foster? Is she somewhere like in the universe? Thor dead. He don't get to meet her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, just little things like that um, that are both interesting, but they could also use as tools, right? Uh, in their pocket to continue to, I think, surprise audiences. Um, I think we'll have to see, but yeah, I, 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 who knows? Maybe those people start to become, you know, Jane, maybe we see Jane Foster Thor here. That would mm. be really dope. I don't know how, but it's what if, right? Anything is possible. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think it's a cool idea um, that they, they should follow up with. For sure. Um, and with this episode, Samuel Jackson officially made his 13th appearance in the MCU as Nick Fury, um, wow. which certainly has to be the record. Uh, real, really, the the elder statesman of the MCU yeah. has been there since the beginning, since that post credit scene in Iron Man, and mm-hmm. here still doing voiceover work. And we know he's going to be in future things. Obviously, Secret Invasion coming. So really right. dope to see him still being utilized in a, in a really meaningful way. So those are our thoughts on this week's episode of What If. If you've seen the episode, definitely hit us up and let us know what you think. Changeable. Changeable. Who are you in this vast multiverse? Follow me. Enter the multiverse. Here we go. Of infinite possibilities. Oh. Let's be honest, we've been through weirder. Now, episode four just recently premiered, and we're here to talk about it and break it down and give our full review, thoughts, and analysis on the episode. Episode four is entitled, What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands? Very interesting concept there. So, Mm -hmm. we talked this past week about episode three of What If and how it took a little bit of a darker turn for the MCU than what we're typically used to. We saw some murder mystery things happening. We saw some really really, really interesting turns and switches in terms of tone and style for the MCU in episode three of What If. And surprisingly enough, episode four went even darker. It went mm-hmm. even even crazier than, than yeah. episode three did. I thought we might have seen the darkest thus far, but uh, episode four said, hold my beer and really pulled out its trump card <laughs> and just, you know, completely took it in a, in a crazy direction that I was just not anticipating. Um, before we get to your thoughts and, and my thoughts on this episode, Absolutely want to go ahead and give a full spoiler warning. If you've not seen episode four or the previous episodes of What If, this is your official spoiler warning. Go check those out right now on Disney Plus and then come back and listen to the episode. So you are officially warned. Let's get into it, man. What did you think about episode four of What If? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Man, we we, we celebrated um, the darkness in, in episode three of what if, and you really just spoke on it, man, we got even darker here in episode four and I was not ready. And, you know, I'll, I'll go deeper later, but this is required viewing for any MCU fan. And there is a very specific reason. 
um, in in theory that we we have, we have to get into at some point. But uh, you know, actually, the first ten minutes of the episode, I was a little worried. I was like, uh oh, not the groundhog. <laughs> not the groundhog are we doing this um but after that first 10 minutes it really does begin to morph and change into i think what i was looking for um out of a what if episode and i really began to just love it from there on out um and now i love the beginning even more technically you know after after seeing the payoff because it, it really is important um, how how they they need you to feel kind of at the beginning of the episode, uh, but uh, man, what what to say here, dude? I mean, there's there's of course a lot of standout moments um, with some of the action, some of the dark things that's going on. Of course, a lot of the plot points. Um, one one of the only things that didn't work for me is probably still still the length of that first ten minutes. I think this could have been a slightly shorter episode if they just. I'm like, all right, we didn't have to do. Maybe the the fourth and fifth time of the <laughs> of the Groundhog Day uh, scenario here, but um, and, and another little small nitpick was um, the 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 Doctor Strange voice actor just a little bit. Um, there's a couple moments when you, I was like, "Are you sure that's how you wanted to say that?" Mm-hmm. or um, things like that. Uh, but other than that, like on paper. I, I really do think a lot of this is very interesting and it has bigger implications for the MCU. And I liked it, man. I really did. Um, because there's so much to talk about now, I think, um, and, and what this could mean. But um, I liked it. Maybe I didn't like super love it, but I really did like it. Yeah, this was uh, certainly a different turn and approach to this what if concept than what we've seen. I think this does feel a little closer to what we've seen in the comics because by the end of this episode, the note that it ends on is completely dark and hopeless in in all regards. And I just wasn't anticipating that. Although I appreciated that because I feel like if you're going to take these big swings, if you're going to take risks and do things that um, we aren't accustomed to necessarily seeing with our usual MCU fare, then, then why not use this platform and this show to do so? Because there aren't really any consequences, at least, you know, from what we know so far. And I, I really appreciated how this just served as a as a cautionary tale, right? And Doctor Strange is he, he the potential of him to be such an immensely powerful character within the MCU is something that we've scratched the surface on, but we haven't completely seen. I think to to, to its fullest extent um, in the movie appearances, at least. And this episode felt like they dove headfirst, completely in to mm-hmm. showcase how truly powerful Strange can be, especially when he's dealing with an obsession, right? And he's dealing with a feeling of hopelessness and despair and his back is against the wall and he absolutely is utilizing his arrogance to to test the limits of what magic and sorcery can accomplish in this world. And I really appreciate seeing that, you know, roll out over the course of this, you know, 35, 36 minute episode. Yes. And ultimately for me, by the end of it, when you get to the climax and you see what it, what's actually happening here and we have, you know, one version of Doctor Strange versus another, um, I, I know the MCU, we've been critical and other people have been critical mm-hmm. about this whole idea of like, oh, the villain typically is just a, 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 the evil version of whoever the hero is. It, it's basically right. the same thing. But here... It felt different for me just because, like, again, when you have a character like Doctor Strange who can take advantage of this immense power, although Mm -hmm. a lot of the time he chooses not to because it's the right thing to do, I'm actually fascinated by the idea of seeing two versions of the same character go against each other. You have this really 
evil corrupt version versus this more um this this more good version who's done a little bit of the work to move on from this tragic tragic incident of christine you know ultimately dying in every in every possible scenario so i really really enjoyed it i I liked it a couple of nitpicks i think the the ones you mentioned are are similar for me we could have gotten to we could have gotten to the 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 meat of the episode maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit quicker um and i mean listen when you end on such a down note as this episode (laughs) did it's it's hard to feel any like happiness about it like what you just watched it's like oh my god that was like amazing it's hard to feel that way when you see something that just goes completely left and essentially the entire universe that universe is destroyed Mm -hmm. um that being said i i I just love the risk here i really do i love just the 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 attention to detail with strange's character having the voice actors from that franchise um was i think mostly helpful like benedict wong being back benedict cumberbatch um Mm -hmm. tilda swin rachel mcadams like it felt very connected to the film, so I really appreciated right. that. And I think, lastly, that the art style, I keep talking about this every week, but the art style and the animation style for this series, it works in some places and it doesn't work as well in others. Anytime mm-hmm. we get the really cosmic, magic sort of side of the MCU with this animation style, I think it really, really works. And so once yeah. we got that fight between the two Doctor Stranges at the end of the episode, I just thought it was gorgeous. I thought it looked mm-hmm. spectacular um, because I think that it really fit the animation style that they've employed here more so than, you know, some of the other episodes that we've seen. But that being said, man, I really liked it. I thought it was a pretty, pretty, pretty great episode. Um, yeah. I don't know how it fits within the other one so far. I mean, obviously I think that the Chala one is still up there, but this is, this is kind of right there for me. So we, mm-hmm. we can definitely absolutely talk about some of the, you know, the specifics here. Um, I do want to start with, you know, strange himself, of course, obviously he's the focal point here. We're seeing that the, 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 the real conflict of this episode is that, you know, Christine Palmer, you know, his, his love in this world, you know, played by Rachel McAdams, she uh, she ultimately is is part of a timeline where her death is inevitable, no matter the mm-hmm. outcome. And uh, Tilda Swinton, who plays the ancient one, she refers to it as the absolute point, um, mm-hmm. essentially a point in time that cannot be unmoved, it cannot be reversed, and cannot be undone. It is an inevitability that no matter what he does, she's going to die. And we see that play out over the course of probably 9, 10, 11 different attempts probably even more in reality, but on screen we see so many attempts of Strange um, trying to alter the scenario, alter the circumstances to save Christine, and he's he's unable to do so. And that leads him down a really dark path, right? He seeks out the library of Cagliostro to figure out a way to manipulate this absolute point in time, figure out a way to reverse things. And that leads him on a journey to become so powerful, so immensely powerful, that he actually has to consume other beings. And, And we see him carry that out. He's consuming probably in reality probably thousands and thousands of creatures we never see a human but we see a bunch mm-hmm. of creatures a bunch of alternate dimension monster-like beings things that we're not used to seeing these sort of fantasy um elevated type of creatures that he's consuming to just you know gather his power to to be able to um to undo these actions and he he just goes again he goes down a really dark path and becomes just very evil um did you ever desire like while watching this did you ever desire like what if we saw this on screen? Wouldn't it be cool to actually see this play out in a live action movie? Because um, I, I kind of felt that way. Like, I, we want Strange to be a hero ultimately, but it would be kind of cool if we got this really dark side of him more so than he's ever been before, like play out in a live action movie. I'm going to be real, bro. I have a wild ass goddamn theory. Uh oh. <laughs> we, love, we love theories here, so let's go for it. 
I believe the reason I think this this is this is a must-see episode is because I believe we have just met a version of a live-action MCU villain um, in Dark Doctor Strange for a, a number of reasons. Um, one, uh, again, we see the the episode in the despair uh, in Doctor Strange again, kind of being in this I don't know void of of, of nothingness. Um, but but it's also clear that um, he would fit perfect in a multiverse of madness villain, uh, and the reason is because they're they're building a movie up for Wanda to be the villain, and what better way to clear her name but for there to be someone else who's actually behind it who is also dealing with grief the same way that he is. So I was thinking, man, what if this is like a literal setup for dark, evil Doctor Strange to be the villain of the Multiverse of Madness? Mm. It like makes sense in my head. Um, it, it, there's, I don't know. It, it just, there's like no strings that pulls me away from that theory, from that happening um, because of the way everything goes down. Um. So yeah, that, that, that's where I'm at. I really do think we might see it um, at some point in time that that uh, this is happening because again, we see this man is shape shifting. We can see he can turn into different creatures. Um, it's supposed to be a horror film. Mm, this this felt a little horrorish mm-hmm. in it. Uh, I was just really getting a lot of a lot of multiverse of madness potential vibes here. Um, of course, we still have Mordo on the table, right? Who could still be involved in some way. But I was, uh, man, if they they're saying this this means more than we think it does. Like this whole what if series, what if, what if this is this is one of the ones um, that that could come to fruition. So yeah, man, I, I that was literally my thought process. You saying like if it could happen, I'm like eh, in my mind it, <laughs> right now it's happening. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. I mean, listen, you're not crazy for thinking that by any stretch. Even in the episode itself, there's a couple of instances where they're making sure to reinforce the fact that all of this is happening within this universe, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, the ancient one is talking about how she she split she split this universe into two so that mm-hmm. two Doctor Stranges did exist. And even the Watcher, you know, when we see him become involved more involved in this episode than we've seen him become involved up up until this point like he's talking about if i could save this universe and punish you i would but i can't um so i think that's not accidental that they that they point that out which would ultimately mean i mean because by the end of this yes the universe collapses and and is destroyed by his actions but he's not dead Mm -hmm. he's he's very much still alive he's very much still present everything around him is just completely gone at that point. So who's to say that he doesn't figure out a way because he has become so powerful, Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Sorcerer Armani. um, He's become so powerful (laughs) that he figures out a way to, to, to find a different universe and to find a different multiverse. Mm -hmm. And in that multiverse, Christine Palmer is absolutely still alive, which is the one that we exist in, right? That's the one Mm -hmm. that we've seen. Rachel McAdams is obviously still a part of this universe. She will be a multiverse of madness. 
I mean, damn, man, you're, you you might be onto something right there. That actually might be yeah. a really good thought because um, we we're, we're speculating a lot about who the villain's going to be. Like you mentioned, Wanda. Um, you know, I'm not going to say his name. Is also you know up in the air. They've talked even about Nightmare as well. But they're they mm-hmm. it, it it makes sense. It, it could it could lead to. I, so I'll say that I don't think that there's it can't just be one villain. Like even if it is mm-hmm. Wanda is like one of the primary antagonists. Yep. By the end of it, we have to get some sort of redemption with her, right? Like she can't mm-hmm. just stay exactly. evil. She won't. right. So yeah, right. she won't. She's grieving right now though, and I think uh, you know it's really interesting that I think an evil strange can manipulate her, you know, to do his bidding um, to get rid of maybe the strange in that timeline you know what i mean um so yeah uh, it's it's crazy to think about but i hey we'll we'll see man man uh this is uh yeah this is this is getting really really interesting and the timing of this obviously is all just compounded by the fact like we literally just talked about the spider-man no way home trailer we know his involvement in that movie or at least an, an extent of it and the connections here um Again, this What If series feels a little bit more intentional than I think any of us initially imagined. And I also wonder if this if this comes back into the storyline for the rest of the season. There, there's still that Spider-Man episode where he's wearing Doctor Strange's cape. Like, what mm-hmm. what is that? You know, I'm sure it's a different <laughs> different universe, but what what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's there's a lot to there's a lot to think about there. Uh, what did you what did you think about you know ultimately the fact that I, I talked about how the watcher became a little bit more involved here yeah. uh, than, than than we've seen. We we actually probably at the midway point we see the watcher like commenting on what's happening, which he's done before. But he he's actively saying like, yeah, he's down a he's down a really dark path here, um, and 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 I can't really I can't interfere. And then even yeah. by the end of the episode, as the universe is collapsing um, and everything is falling around, strange everything is disappearing. He has a conversation with the watcher like I've known about you. I've read about mm-hmm. you. I know your existence. You're you have godlike power and the watcher's like, "No, actually I don't." And mm-hmm. even if I wanted to punish you, even if I could reverse this, there's no way that I can interfere. So, you're going to have to deal with these consequences and deal with the actions and the watcher literally just what, you know, he, for lack of a better word, he watches an entire universe just destroy itself and be, you know, become just float away into oblivion almost and so yeah. i was just very surprised by that because i a part of me thought like he's gonna do something to 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 change this outcome like he's gonna do <laughs> something that just like brings all of this back and may, mm-hmm. maybe he removes you know dark doctor strange out of this universe and just places him somewhere else to deal with him later but yeah. but he didn't everything just ends and it's and, and it's him in isolation strange by the end of it but what did you think about the watcher having literal you know a a literal conversation with strange in this episode and becoming a little bit more of a focal point here it's another actually one of the bigger things in the episode i think more than uh people would realize because um comics right the watcher aka watu who's our watcher anyways of course this is a, a group a race of people um our watcher does help uh people like the fantastic four right in 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 different instances but there, there are times where he gets in trouble for it, too, in comics. Um, and here, I really do think it's just interesting for people to know that he can know. Like, no, nah, he can talk to people anytime he won't. <laughs> and he, hey, buddy, but he, you might want to think he, about doing that right there. Yeah, but it's, it's in his name, though, right? He's the watcher. He just sits mm-hmm. back. And I think there are times in which maybe his reality 
is being, um, I guess, threatened in which I think at some point he will step in, but maybe this isn't his reality, right? He's, a, mm. he's, a, and I think it's also important to recognize that him, him calling himself not a God, right? He's just a cosmic being. He's not, you know, he's, he's, he's not a God. Like he can't, I don't know, <laughs> do wild things. You know mm. what I mean? He can't take strange out of that situation and try to fix everything um, because it's literally out of his power. So I, I really think it was important for his personality, but also for maybe future things that happen in the MCU. Right. I think at some point, um, if something happens and he he might pop up and help or, you know what I mean? Like, look, I seen this over here because this is what, really what he is. He's like a big snitch in a way. Like he can see it all. Um, and he can, he can tell on other things happening within universes. So uh yeah man i just thought it was really interesting and i thought uh that that people not necessarily need to read more into it but to take it as like uatu was here like in the like in the mcu we have seen him we like stanley you know what i mean like it's all here but don't discount him um as being somebody that's active in the in the universe some weird shit man some really weird <laughs> shit uh uatu he says in the episode uh, i think at the end of it after everything is over one life, one choice, one moment can destroy the entire universe. And we mm. see here that this one choice that Strange makes um, to, to, you know, consume these beings and to, to go after this power and to revive Christine in, in, in an attempt to save his love, it, it results in disastrous consequences. It, it also reinforces the fact that Strange is very much capable of destroying entire realities. Like, yeah. can we just not brush over the fact that, like, this one man can use this power that he's responsible for to do so. Like we see mm -hmm. the eye of Agamotto used here. We've talked, you know, again recently about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer and how all of a sudden Strange is willing to risk the yeah. fate of the universe to help mm -hmm. out Peter Parker in that scenario, which it does come off as an odd choice. Mm -hmm. um, although I know we've both, you know, come to his defense. Well, not this defense but rationalizing his his decision making the fact that right. he is an arrogant person and he's mm -hmm. willing to test the limits of all of this stuff um here we see it go a little bit too far but uh, it's just you know it, it really is fascinating to think about because to your point earlier if this is more important than we think if if this does become something that that directly ties into no way home or multiverse of madness i, I damn near might need to just call it the multiverse of sadness at this point because this mm -hmm. shit was just sad right. by the end of it but <laughs> yeah. um mm -hmm. If this does become very much connected to those things, do you see it as a as a point of concern that there's becoming more and more to be responsible for in terms of the knowledge that we that we mm. bring to these movies? You know, I think mm -hmm. in the Infinity Saga, it was literally just watch this movie, then watch the next movie, then watch the next movie. And you didn't necessarily have to see everything to mm -hmm. understand what was going on by the end of it. But if you did see everything, it would enrich your experience. Mm -hmm. Um but now we have TV shows, we have an animated series, there's still multiple, multiple movies coming out at a very rapid rate now. Are they getting a little bit too deep into this process of all these things may connect and they all might have some significance? Because I don't know if the average person is going to keep up with a lot of this. Yeah. Like somebody that I know, you know, close to me, who typically sees every movie, didn't even know that this animated show was a thing, right? So. Mm. Is it going to be a problem that these things ultimately tie in together? Like, oh, yeah, you did have to see Loki to understand why he's even a part of Multiverse of Madness. Or, yeah, you had to watch episode four of What If to know mm -hmm. what was happening mm -hmm. 
um, in this movie to know that there was a, an evil Doctor Strange. Right. Do you think that they're going that route and they might have to deal with that as this you know sort of homework that they're giving out, or or, or or is it possible that they'll find a creative way to bring in the casual people who probably didn't see any of this shit and they're just arriving <laughs> to the next Spider-Man movie because they like Tom Holland, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's just the only reason they're there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because um, I can see both sides so much, man, where it, it's hard to, to tell such weird and bad stories um, without while having to kind of hold people's hand too at the same time, like it, how do you get to, um, cause I know there's going to be a lot of people that are watching, uh, no way home and they're going to see the screen flip upside down and they have never seen <laughs> Dr. Strange. They ain't watch into the spider verse. They ain't watched infinity war. Maybe even they're going to be like, what the hell did I sign myself up for? Um, but part of me also thinks there's some, there's some, uh, some, some, I don't know, some personality in that too, right? Where mm. I think there will be people who go into those movies who don't know what's going on, who maybe can don't have to, you know, connect the dots too much. Like maybe as isolated movies, Marvel can get good enough with telling stories um, to where people can fill out, fill out the little lines by themselves and everything else is supplementary, right? Where... Um, Let's say let's say everything I'm saying about this episode of What If is right. Mm-hmm. You get to the multiverse of madness, and you don't need to know this story per se. You just need to know there's a dark strange, and they sure. they do that work. They do that legwork. Um, maybe you do get to again multiverse of madness, and at the beginning of it, there's a maybe not news, but Do- Doctor Strange is in the sanctum or something. And they're like, hey, Doctor Strange. Wanda has gone crazy because she lost her kids. It's like, it could be a quick line like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think they can like start to tie things together. It really just depends on how they decide to do it because I can, or oh, it's a slippery slope. You could, you could, I could, you could, you could go real fall down real quick into something where you like, what the hell's going on? Um, and what is all this? So yeah, man, I really don't know. Uh, this is one of those things that will have to play out. I think it's possible Again, because movie magic exists, and there are movies where where I'm like, huh. Even though I've seen the original, I'm like, huh. They cover that pretty well, and I think mm-hmm. anybody watching this movie will get that. Um, the one thing I will say is, people just if they don't see it, be ready for weirdness. Like that's like the new thing. I think people oh, yeah. just need to be ready for weirdness, even if you haven't seen anything. Just be ready for it to be weird, and if they can get past that. If they can get past, I don't know, Samuel Jackson turned into a scroll or something, you know what I mean? Like small shit like that and it like not alert them too much. And I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we spoke on this when the Eternals trailer came out. But the fact that the, at the point we're at, we're getting Watu <laughs> the Watcher and Arishim the Judge, the <laughs> Celestial. It's like this shit is... This is deep as it can go, damn near, when you're talking about Marvel Comics. And we know even comic history, comics comics can become very convoluted and complex Mm -hmm. and confusing, which is why over the course of decades they've always typically reset them and and then you know they they just start over because it just gets it gets too much it becomes too much of a tangled web here and i I, i'm a little concerned Mm -hmm. that we might be heading that way with the mcu because 
Loki was was far out, and this show is far out, and everything that we're seeing for the future project seems just very, very far, deep comics lore. And we're in the minority of people who do keep up with the stuff, who watch the explainer videos, who read comics, who just know this stuff, right? Because we've been yeah. sort of consuming it for so many years. Mm-hmm. The majority of folks just don't have a clue. And I guess on the flip side of that is that the MCU has had so much success up until this point. They have introduced a few weird things. It hasn't been to this degree, but they've managed to obviously still become the most successful franchise. And I guess when you think about like other Hollywood franchises, they've they've out, they've also asked us, and you talked a little bit about this. Like they've asked us to like suspend disbelief, and it tends to work out, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, we, we've had. I don't know. We, we we've had how many Halloween reboots? How many Friday the Thirteenth yeah. reboots? Where the mm-hmm. the history and the timeline just doesn't make sense. You know, is this connected? Did this really happen? Mm-hmm. And th- the most recent Halloween film made hella money. It was hella successful, right? Yeah. So maybe it just comes down to if the movie's good, it doesn't really matter. You know, mm. maybe if it's just a really good movie mm-hmm. and you do the work that needs to be done to just give the simple explanation to catch people up and that's all that really matters. And if they do watch these other things, that'll help just, you know, broaden and enrich the experience even more. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see how they how they address it. The, the last thing I do want to quickly talk about, we got to talk about that fight because that was yeah. the highlight episode for me. Absolutely. Like, seeing Strange versus Strange. I mean, oh my God. Like, they were pulling out all sorts of crazy shit, all sorts Bruh. of magic spells on each other. Um, we, once we once we found out that there were two timelines and two strange Doctor Stranges that existed in the same timeline, uh, we, we knew that they were going to collide ultimately, and that became just a battle of the dark Doctor Strange wanting to consume the other one. Um, he needed them to be one in order to, to, to carry out his act of, of bringing Christine back, but my goodness, that was just a hell of a fight. It was beautiful to look at. I think the best action that we've seen thus far in this What If series, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just to see them two go at it. And I'm just like, I want to see more of Strange in this universe. So I do hope that this dark version comes back as a villain in this show, potentially further, you know, beyond the show. But definitely in this show, I want to see more of that because the animation was gorgeous. Obviously, the shape shifting and the creatures and the cloaks were fighting each other and just all yeah. that crazy, wacky shit. I'm like, man, this looks gorgeous and phenomenal. And it was it was really impressive. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, man, that cloak off was a treat. <laughs> um, it, it was definitely just really, bro, they got some nerds out there, bro. In order to come up with like this entire fight, you got to you gotta have some nerdy people in the corner. You got to have some geeks. You got to read comics, like, too. You, you know? got to read comics. You got to just have the, uh, the imagination, too, uh, in order to, to pull out a lot of these stuff, uh, a lot of this stuff on screen, man. Um, it, it was... Again, the the whole fight is the standout for me, right? That, like you said, this is the the greatest part of the episode. It was just so cool to see everything they had in their arsenal going down. Because we had just talked about um, Doctor Strange and that fight with Thanos, and he was doing all the weird shit um, that was going on. And uh, you know, also we didn't we didn't get enough of like Ebony Maul, you know, who also does a lot of um, weird shit. But man, the the uh, just the talent. It was actually a lot of animation talent just in that um, part of the episode by itself, man. So it was really just in- incredibly fun. And uh, I-, I was really happy to see, um, of course, the powers of like the different mythical creatures and stuff, too, in the episode. But, yeah, really dope, man. Really dope. Absolutely, man. Well, those are our thoughts on this week's episode of What If. If you've seen episode four, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Definitely hit us up on social media and let us know what you think.
follow me. Enter the multiverse of infinite possibilities. Reality is not a straight line. Every passing moment is a chance for a new offshoot, a new variation. In fact, there are more realities than you can possibly fathom. An infinite number of what is. Where the stories you thought you knew are nothing like you remember. Now, episode five just recently premiered on Disney Plus. As always, we review and talk about the latest episode of What If each week on this show. And we just got our newest episode entitled What If Zombies? And so it's uh, (laughs) something we've absolutely been waiting for and been anticipating. The zombie sort of aesthetic and style that's been brought to What If is something that was popularized in the comics, Marvel Zombies, um, and we've been waiting on that to be one of the big concepts that they did in this animated series. Of course, again, as I mentioned, we've been breaking down the show every week. It's been, I think, been sort of an up-and-down experience, some things that have been really great, some things we've hoped you know, for with, uh, with other elements of the show that could have been improved upon. But overall, definitely an interesting episode here. Um, it's set around the events of Avengers Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp, so that 2018 time period. Um, um, really sort of the whole premise is that, you know, oh, and, and again, before we get into it, spoilers, like if you've not seen episode five of What If, go watch it and come back and listen to this as usual. Um, so we will be doing spoilers here. Um, with that said, Hank Pym, he, inter- he, he enters the quantum realm to, you know, retrieve his long lost wife, Janet Van Dyne, which is, again, a big part of the plot of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. We find out, though, that she's been infected with a virus within the quantum realm that's affected her brain, effectively turning her into a zombie. And so she bites him. They both get out of the quantum realm, and shit just goes off the rails from there. Obviously, one person bites another, then they bite the, the next, and next thing you know, you have a massive worldwide zombie apocalypse that, that that's taking over everybody, and that sort of is the, is the setup here. Um, and we also see that members of the Avenger, Avengers also become zombies, um, which, which continues to sort of initiate this worldwide apocalypse. Um, Captain America... Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Wong, so many of them already have been um, sort of bitten and have contracted the zombie virus, and they're just spreading it. And we, we get we get a series of survivors that, mm-hmm. have, that have actually been able to make it through the other side, this, this sort of ragtag team um, that consists of Hope Van Dyne, Peter Parker, Bruce Banner, Bucky Barnes, Okoye, Sharon Carter, Happy Hogan, and Kurt from the Ant-Man franchise, uh, played by David Dasmalshian, who was just recently in the Suicide Squad. So they're sort of our surviving team amongst others that we, that we get over the course of the the 30 minutes or so in this episode but um before we get like deeper into some of the elements of this episode what what did you overall think about the the latest episode of what if this is the kind of fun that i wish most people had all the time we are literally living in a world where we are we have what 25 now mcu films Mm -hmm. um and we we just need to have more fun. That's all I'm gonna like. That's I'm just gonna put it like that, man. Because this episode of What If is going with everything that the 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 Marvel Zombies comic was. It's just really ridiculous, and there's so many Easter eggs, and there's so much fun being had in this episode. Um, that I, again, I wish we just did all the time. A lot of it, you know, a lot of stuff can be business ventures nowadays or. Um, you hear you hear us in uh, in, in um, kind of spoiler, but not really in Shang Chi. How you know uh, you Jordan kind of specifically talked about the color grading. Um, mm-hmm. of, it's like just have fun with it, bro. Like it doesn't have to be 
this very, you know, specific thing. We get it, it's a business venture, but all of that will come because it's a Marvel property. And here in, in this episode of What If, bro, it's like, this is, this is what I was looking for in the show. Like, give me a story that I've never seen in pretty much ever in anything animated <laughs> um, and, and have a good time with it. And that's what I got, man. I enjoyed myself thoroughly, to be honest. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. We're, we're doing spoilers. So, bro. Yo, 100%. Bro, zombie Wanda. Like, oh, God. that is just <laughs> a concept that is just like. Yes, <laughs> like yes, like because what's crazy is in a lot of ways, she she is that right now, right? Like she's mm. so driven by her grief, in 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 getting her kids back right now, and in, in the timeline that that is that is almost what she she will almost do anything, whatever it takes to get her children back. And so it's like okay, but let's bring that here, but more mindlessly, like to somebody who can't come back from the depths of grief, right? And that's like damn. Zombie Wanda, like unstoppable. Like I would, heck no. Or let's do something crazy, like a a, a giant wasp zombie. Mm. That is like some crazy shit that you would just never see <laughs> <laughs> anywhere. Like you know, um, and and I think it it, it really just meant uh, the world to me. I think as a comic fan, being able to see all this crazy stuff that they were actually able to pack in this episode, like jam packing this episode. Um, you know, and it's not an episode that I felt like had to have some greater meaning, right? Uh, as like, you know, as like episode four did with like Doctor Strange and stuff. It was just like, no, let's just do some Marvel zombie shit. And that's what I got. And so I, I, I really did have a, I had a great time with this episode, man. Uh, we'll, t we'll talk about more and all the other crazy stuff that happened, but I, I have to say, I really liked it just because it was like, dang, I've never seen that before. And that, that is, that, that's what's up. That's what I want what if to be. Certainly, this was this was just a tremendously fun episode, and I know that this has also been an episode that's been somewhat divisive amongst audiences because I think certain people were were expecting a tone very similar to last week's episode, the mm -hmm. Doctor Strange episode, where the the whole idea of like having a zombie apocalypse was going to be darker and more grim than it actually was. Although yeah. I do think that there were some very dark moments in this episode, like it wasn't it wasn't void of like some some really bleak shit. Mm -hmm. The tone of it, although you know, I think went more into the the traditional Marvel like comedic aspect of it. But I, I hadn't I still had fun with it. I thought it was a great time. Um, it's great to always see zombies a part of anything. We're living in in, in a really really excellent time. I think for zombies in 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 media, whether yeah. it's television or movies, like we're getting so much like really good stuff mm -hmm. and presenting new rules and new styles and new choices of like what zombies can be in, in, in a particular um, film or TV show. And then you throw in the aspect of like having the Avengers be a part of this, trying to survive this apocalypse. It was just like great fun. And surprisingly enough, the characters that they chose to be the survivors, um, very smart. You mm -hmm. know, I think uh, the Russo brothers, when they were developing Infinity War and Endgame, they talked a lot about this, this, this concept called strange alchemy. And that was for them, that was pitting characters together from the Avengers universe that hadn't really interacted from each other to see what would happen you know so that's how you get you know Stephen Strange and Tony Stark together that's how you get Peter Parker um alongside um alongside Mantis you know for example or Thor meeting the Guardians just like these weird combinations and to see more of that that also leans into the idea of what if right like yeah. not only is the zombie concept like what if like what if this were to happen this is crazy and ridiculous and we'd probably never get this in a movie but even just these pairings of people like kurt from the ant-man franchise yeah. like why would he be a part of anything <laughs> but like 
it's actually really fun to have him here. Mm-hmm. Or even like Happy Hogan, you know, he's not a superhero by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a pretty good driver, so he can get him places, right? right. Like he's a chauffeur. So uh, I think that that's just like a really cool concept to again like stack on these different these different levels and ideas of what if can be. Mm-hmm. And overall, it was just like really fun. So let's talk a little bit more about the specifics. I mean, one of the big things about zombies in general, right? Like that we see whether it's The Walking Dead or uh, uh, the, you know, Night of the Living Dead, or any of the George Romero movies, or just mm-hmm. like any of these zombie franchises that we that we get. There's always like rules that have to be established, right? Like right. you have to you have to sort of set set up what your rules are going to be for the zombies. And I know we talked a lot about this with Army of the Dead earlier this year with Zack Snyder. Um, those were somewhat different zombies because they had like a hierarchy. They had like mm-hmm. a damn near like a political class system within their zombie population, which we hadn't really seen all that much before. These zombies in this episode of What If. I mean, if you were a Marvel hero, you pretty much retained all of your faculties and all of your powers. Like, we saw Tony yeah. Stark still using his suit, still mm-hmm. using his repulsor technology. We saw Wong and Doctor Strange still using sort of the twirling magic to create portals, or Wanda herself, like, utilizing her powers as a zombie. Uh, we, we, it's a, it's an interesting take on things. Like, I, I didn't expect that coming into it, because I think typically when you think about the undead and you think about zombies, I mean... I mean, they're literally brain dead at that right. point, right? Like, you're, you're rotting away, you're brain dead. You really aren't supposed to be able to do all that much besides feed. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of like the concept of what we've seen a lot of zombies do in different, in different films and TV series. But this is uh, absolutely a different take. I mean, what did you think about just, like, the rules of the zombies, how they were able to, you know, do a lot more than what we're t- typically accustomed to seeing? Yeah, I think it raised the horror in the in the series right because if there's iron man zombie iron man you can't use a suit he's just a normal person um and i think i actually like the choice right because it adds that layer um and it and we know that the disease again is coming from something as wild as the quantum realm which is uh which first and foremost is also uh, uh, literally what happens in the comic. It also came from the quantum realm in the comic. So it wasn't like it was like super far fetched, uh, to me in terms of like just pulling something out of a hat. It was already, they already had the source material. Um, so they just followed suit. And I think, uh, yeah, man, it just added another layer. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was well done. I mean, that's scary, right? Even more like zombie. I, I think about like World War Z zombies where they are the mm. fastest. Freaking group Usain of, Bolt type bruh, shit. They be <laughs> they be making ladders on top of each other kind of zombies. Where like they're uh, I'm sure they're like parts of their brain are uh, are dead, right? But not all of their mm-hmm. brain is dead. And that's like that. I like those new takes on zombies where like uh, that stuff can be added. You know, even again we were talking about um um what what's the name of the movie? Uh, we were just talking about uh, Netflix Army of the Dead. Uh, yeah, uh, Army of the Dead. I actually like how Zack Snyder wanted to sit down and like let's make a zombie hierarchy you know and it's Mm -hmm. like that's cool like nobody you know people don't think about those things all the time um it's another way to elevate the genre i think and so yeah i i i I think they were doing the same thing here like what if not all of their brain was dead if they could still use all their powers and you know do all these things again which is what makes freaking zombie wanda so much so as scary as (laughs) any anybody else in the world right so yeah i thought it was well done yeah, I think some uh, some some pop culture zombie aficionados might nitpick at the fact that like they shouldn't really know how to like still use that stuff if they're zombies. But I think at the end, at the end of the day, like 
this is a purely conceptual show for the most part that's mm-hmm. just meant to like take these concepts and have fun with them and in order to keep like this the genre the subgenre of horror like zombies fresh like you have to present new challenges and right. new things for them to do um in order to make this a legitimate threat for the avengers because the avengers are already you know super powered or uh, metahuman or whatever they might be and mm-hmm. so i think to to, co- to create an equal threat on the other side of it to have them still be able to like utilize their powers very smart choice and it gives us like cool shit like you meant like zombie wanda is just like wow that that's horrifying if like that if that really happened we're pretty fucked like <laughs> we're done. zombie wanda that's is it. just a completely different look because now she has no remorse end of the world, no bro. concern yes yeah, it's, it's, it's over at that point like we're talking dark phoenix level extinction level <laughs> event at that point so like take it home um so yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty cool i mean uh, alongside of that we had the person delivering like the zombie rules to us this episode was peter parker who was really central to to (laughs) this entire episode and he actually uh very much in the spirit of tom holland and what we've seen in the spider-man films and the mcu Mm -hmm. created a home video it was uh it was it was the zombie how do do you want to survive a zombie apocalypse and and in a very fun way delivered what the rules of this of this particular episode was with the zombies that we were dealing with Mm -hmm. um but even beyond that i mean peter was a really central part of this team this uh the, the the events of this episode very central in driving it uh we saw that the cloak of levitation actually gravitated towards him now i know we suspected what that was going to be uh damn near thought it was going to be an entire episode like if doc if you know peter parker was the sorcerer supreme turned out it wasn't that deep it was literally just like the cloak needed somewhere to go the, the cloak isn't a zombie so so the cloak's <laughs> gonna go wherever the survivors are peter i guess he got enough he got enough magic swag to, to be able to like wear the cloak at this point but uh i mean what did you think about you know him being sort of the central focus of this episode did he work for you and you know we didn't have tom holland here um we had another voice actor stepping into the role of uh this version of spider-man but also comes from like other spider-man animated series before like this this voice actor i can't remember their name i'm um, off the top of my head but this voice actor is definitely voice spider-man before in other projects and other animated series and things of that nature so um yeah just want to hear your thoughts on spider-man in this episode yeah man i think it was it might be hudson thames maybe um, yes i think you're right hudson thames yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. who he voiced spider-man on a on a different show right um, i think it was the uh the the it might have been the spectacular spider-man series spectacular that came Spider-Man? out a few years yeah, ago yeah and i was yeah. like dang this dude sounds familiar i kept saying it i was like dang who is this um but yeah he killed it of course uh, yeah, bro I'm, I'm always gonna welcome spider-man in the center of anything um but who else to put in the center of this but the movie aficionado man the one who's gonna <laughs> keep making pop culture references the one who's gonna like give us the zombie land-esque you know, rules of the world. Who else but Peter Parker? Uh, it, if it, like, who else? Like, I, I really couldn't imagine anybody else playing this role. It just doesn't work. And I think this is another reason why Spider-Man is so essential to the MCU. He, like, he literally provides something some of the other heroes don't provide. And that's, like, uh, being a little bit more down to earth, right? Like, we can, we relate to him. And I, uh I thoroughly enjoyed everything he brought. He was funny, man. Uh, there, there was just so much going on um, all the time, and I liked all the references, pop culture references he was making. I'm pretty sure he said something about like Sex in the City at some point. I don't know. Um, he did. No, he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? Also, did they say something about Uncle Ben in this episode? Am I tripping? He meant no. He mentioned Uncle Ben uh, when when he was having the conversation with Hope, and Hope was you know asking him how is he able to you know, just maintain yeah. such a positive outlook mm-hmm. on things, even in the worst of situations. And he talked about losing Uncle Ben and losing um, Mr. Stark, you know, as he always refers to him, losing all these really important people in his life and just like still being able to find a smile through all of it. For the first time ever, 
He's never. Yeah, that we've actually. He's yeah, never. They, right. They've always alluded to Uncle Ben existing um, mm-hmm. in Homecoming and Far From Home, but they've never directly referenced Uncle Ben until now, which is really interesting. I wonder if uh, anything will pop up in the next film. But yeah, I was just thinking about that. But man, uh, great job. You know, simple as yeah. that. He's been Spider-Man before, so it wasn't like it was like a new thing for him. It literally was a, a, a glove fit. So welcome. Yeah, S- smart on them to, to definitely pull from somebody who's very well versed with the character. But I, yeah, I also thought like having Spider-Man be like the really central figure here was a tremendous choice and to provide that levity like if they're going mm-hmm. for comedy and levity like what better character than him like he has this youthful exuberance about him mm-hmm. um that one i think allows him to survive more than some of the you know more adult characters because mm. that that's that's a i think that's a really important distinction like who survives the zombie apocalypse like who are the typically the people that make it out like mm-hmm. i think usually like younger people are going to make it out right like yeah. they just have like more energy they're thinking about the world in a different way mm-hmm. they're probably a little bit more resourceful yeah. whereas like once we get to a certain age as adults, like, I mean, we're just damn near afraid of anything. If you try to jump off some shit, you're going to bust a <laughs> knee probably. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and then you're not willing to sacrifice certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it, it becomes a little bit too difficult as you get older. So I think it made all the sense in the world. Um, an- another big, you know, point of this episode, like, is they're trying to figure out how to how to find a cure. They, 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 they get the information that a potential cure might exist at Camp Lehigh in New Jersey, which we know in the MCU, um, Camp Lehigh is the place that was the birthplace of, of Captain America. That's where yeah. they gave him the super soldier serum and you know he was born and so they go to camp lehigh to figure out if there's a cure there they run into vision who cannot be you know bitten and turned into a zombie because of the the the, the power of the mind stone Mm -hmm. um and actually prevents him from from actually becoming a zombie and they find out that the mind stone actually might have the the capacity to reverse the virus's effects and actually be a cure um and and very soon here we get a horrific, a horrific occurrence as they're talking to Vision, getting information. We find out that uh, Vision has been keeping zombified Wanda alive, and she's been, he's been, he's been feeding parts of T'Challa to Wanda to, 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 you know, keep her, keep her fed, you know, to, to, to make sure that she's not, you know, too rabid. I mean, wow. Listen, Wanda and Vision just got to, we just got to say, they they are toxic as fuck at this point. Like, it's no way around it. Like, Wanda taking over an entire town in New Jersey, Uh, mm -hmm. putting them under her control and creating a fucking sitcom world just so that she can retain this, 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 this illusion of keeping Vision alive. Vision's out here doing the same shit in this animated world, keeping Wanda alive, doesn't want her to die officially. And he's taking T'Challa hostage and is feeding parts of him to Wanda. I don't know. Feels kind of racist to me. It also just feels toxic <laughs> as fuck to me. Like it's really, really crazy that he's doing this shit. Like, what is going on with these two? I, I don't know if I can have much more sympathy for Wanda and Vision at this point. Yeah, they they are they're overboard, bro. I mean, like what what what's so crazy to me is Wakanda literally protected him. This one person, like, <laughs> like. Like they did all this for you, and then you're yeah, sacrificing wait, you the leg of their king. That is like the most. Excuse me, like the audacity, first and foremost. That uh, just ridiculous. Like you said, it, it does feel a little racist. Watch Ashala. Why not? <laughs> I don't Why the king of Wakanda, bro? You this is go, not it. You could go pick up Iron Man or Cap or you know somebody. Go pick up somebody else. Not the king of Wakanda. Like, what's going on here, man? Maybe it's like the royal blood. I don't know what was going on, bro. I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, we can't trust them anymore. They have too much going on. They're they're breaking too many timelines. There's too much. <laughs> <laughs> there's too much. 
they really are too much uh we're we're, we're losing too many people and uh, yeah i just i can't <laughs> i don't know if i can support it was it just really blew me i'm like they 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 did it again like wanda vision did this shit again not like again. this is not this is not acceptable. Uh, we we also you mentioned it earlier. We did get that really cool version of like uh, a giant wasp. You know, she she turned into a giant to help them. You know, make it across the zombie the zombie horde. But yeah. then she of course turned into a zombie herself at the end of this episode. Um, and we see at the end that essentially you know Peter Parker, T'Challa, and Scott Lang, mm-hmm. um, the new Ant Man, they're able to escape to Wakanda um, because that's apparently the last place on Earth that's been able to to hold off the zombies. Although. By the end of this episode, we see that Wakanda has absolutely been taken over by zombies. Yeah. And Thanos is there with the damn Infinity Gauntlet. Um, and he has all the stones with the exception of the Mind Stone, and they're about to bring it right to him. Zombie yeah. Thanos by the end of this. I mean, just crazy. Um, we also get that moment of like Hulk. He hulks out to 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 to, to fend off the zombies and to yeah. fight Wanda. That was really cool. Um, so definitely just like a lot of cool imagery again playing up to that concept of what if. Another thing that I do want to mention though, like this is the second episode where the Ant-Man side of things and the Hank Pym side of things is extremely integral to the story. Like mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, we got the we got the what if episode where Hank Pym was murdering the Avengers, the original six. Yeah. And now we get this episode where he goes into the quantum realm and Janet is the one that, you know, contracted the virus initially and she spreads it across the world. I, just quickly, you know, what do you think about just like the, the importance that they're placing on like this Ant-Man side of the universe within the MCU? Because I know a lot of people have. I think I underestimated the character in that side of, of things for a long time, just because it is a lot smaller scale, right? Like this is a very contained story typically, but we've seen recently, like even in Endgame, the importance of the quantum realm. We know Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is going to be, uh, it looks like a huge movie with, you know, Kang the Conqueror being the, the, the main foe in that film. Mm-hmm. And then also just in these episodes, we're seeing just a lot more Hank Pym, Hank Pym be integrated into this stuff now. Yeah. I think it's ketchup or it's makeup for the things they didn't do initially. Like people, I think one of the things when Avengers was first coming out is I've always had this criticism that why not include Ant-Man? Because literally, historically, Ant-Man is the one who decided they should become the Avengers. Wasp is the one that came up with the name the Avengers. Why aren't they more, you know, do people just think they're not cool? I don't know. I just like couldn't figure out why you know that this was happening i'm like damn what did hank pym do to y'all like what did you know what a gen event like i and i i really do think they're just playing makeup for that i think they want people to know that hank is important i really do i think people they want people to know that all both ant-mans and both wasps are important gen event dine's important like hope is important i i think they're really just trying to reiterate that um and they're making up for lost time and that people can start to remember their names and plant them that way when ant-man quantumadium comes out they're like oh we know who the, these people are you know and and we're more familiar with them or when the trailer comes out like dang i remember in that what if episode where hank kind of went crazy and uh yeah i think they're just trying to put them more in the conversation because it's never been about them never uh, since the mcu uh, has been a thing it's never been about them and i really think they're playing catch up agreed i mean you know hank pym is Traditionally in Marvel Comics, I mean, alongside Tony Stark, Bruce, uh, Reed Richards, he's one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe, right? Like, yep. he's he's a genius. And so um, there's definitely an element that they haven't tapped into as much within the live-action films that I think that they're starting to get to here. And also, I mean, we just got to be real. Like, 
Michael Douglas is not a young man anymore. You know, he, he's very old, right? Absolutely. So he, he, can, he can only do this so, for so much longer. So to have him included in this show, I think is a really creative way to to give the, the characters definitely more importance, more of a spotlight here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see more. Again, I, I think I think Ant-Man as a character is a property already an underdog, right? Because right. he of just the nature of the powers in Wasp as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're playing up to that, and we're going to be very surprised to see just like how important these characters will continue to be in the to you yeah um but yeah man overall i think it was a great episode i had a lot of fun with it uh it, it damn near might be my favorite thus far mm-hmm. um i think it's at least up there it's top two probably at this point just because of how fun it was Same. so um i think that this is also maybe a concept that they can you know revisit in the future but the last thing that i do want to touch on before we, we move on to our next topic is just like this idea of like horror within marvel in general like we're starting to see that this is becoming more of a thing like doctor strange in the multiverse of madness is supposed to have like a lot of horror elements and it's directed mm-hmm. by Sam Raimi, who's a he's a he's a king of horror, you know, yeah. films. He's he's you know sort of the the creator and the maker of the Evil Dead franchise, franchise, which is you know hugely successful. Right. Um, we know that Blade is coming, right? Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about you know whether or not Ghost Rider is going to be a thing in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I know What If again is a different concept. It's more conceptual in nature. Not everything will necessarily stick from this series into into the live action films, but. Do you think that this is just like another way for them to tap into this genre that they haven't dived into as much? Because there's there's absolutely a pocket of the Marvel universe that exists within like the horror mm-hmm. realm of things that they, they. I mean, there's there's an embarrassment of riches there. I feel like that yeah. they, if they wanted to tap into, they absolutely could. Yeah, man. I think this is their their the beginning and their way is of easing us into uh, uh, these concepts. In a lot of ways, the end of Infinity War is a horror film. Everybody loses. That's like. It's it, of course it's sad, but it's like scary too in a lot of ways, right? It's like ooh, like what is going on in this universe? And I, I really do think we're easing um, again not only into more losses but into more horror. You just brought up Sam Raimi in the in in these uh, in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. What if you know we we are, we're watching? What if ease us into that entire movie? Like <laughs> to be honest, like we already got the Strange episode. Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. We get this episode, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. It's like literally setting setting us up um, to begin to enter these darker realms of the MCU. I think, and I think the Marvel realizes that it's time to get darker. The light, the lightheartedness is a lot of the origins, and the Infinity Saga has has done that, you know. And the, like I said, the end of it has gotten into those dark places. So I think they're literally preparing us. Um, Again, for more horror and for more losses, to be honest, for more horror and for, and for more L's to be taken, because that is that is the nature, again, of these comics. And it has to become the nature of the movies because we're, we're entering Moon Knight territory. You said you said Blade. We're entering a lot of the cosmic stuff is not supposed to be pretty. And, you know, when, when X-Men comes back around and Dark Phoenix has to be scary. That's just how mm-hmm. it works. That is literally yeah. the nature of these stories. And I and I think. Uh, I think this preparation is is just well needed, but I think like things like what if uh, is is a good place to get people started. Yeah, and and the great thing about what if that we've seen is that you can you can kill people, <laughs> and that's just like right. <laughs> that in and of itself is like a scary and you know thing to be afraid of, and so lots of potential here. We'll see what they do, but those are our thoughts on episode five of what if. Of course, we'll be back next week to talk about episode six. But hit us up and let us know what you think about it. Yeah, peace. I love peace. I'd be out of a job with peace.
we know each other? Reality is not a straight line. Every passing moment. It appears we have a common enemy. I guess I have to freestyle then. There's a chance for a new offshoot. A new variation. In fact, there are more realities than you can possibly fathom. Now, episode six just premiered this past week on Disney Plus, and it's entitled What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark? Now, this is another episode that we saw heavily featured in the previews. We knew that Killmonger was going to make a return, voiced by Michael B. Jordan, who obviously played Killmonger in the live action Black Panther movie. Um, and the and the what if concept actually was pretty much close to, I think, what we what we thought it was going to be, what the preview showed us, that he rescues Tony Stark, which sets off an inevitable chain of events that that actually is really consequential because if you think about it if tony stark was never kidnapped by the 10 ring organization he never Mm -hmm. becomes iron man thus the avengers are never formed so on and so forth a lot a lot of stuff is 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 very much affected uh by this change and this 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 you know sort of universe altering event that happens um so as i mentioned the episode starts off with Tony Stark basically taking us back to the beginning of Iron Man 1. Um, He's ambushed by the Ten Rings organization, which we just heavily talked about at our Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings review. Um, But this time he's saved by Killmonger, Eric Killmonger, um, who's coming in to save Tony Stark. And after, you know, a series of events, we see that Killmonger is basically, um, he's basically enacting a plan to, to take over not only the Stark Industries empire, but to find himself back into Wakanda and to find himself back as the Black Panther and the King of Wakanda. Very similar to his motivations in the film, right? Like very much similar to that. Just a, just an alternative route to get there. And so, um, after Killmonger sort of um, becomes a confidant to Tony. He eventually exposes Obadiah Stane, who was featured in Iron Man 1. Um, he, he exposes his involvement in that ambush because we know that Obadiah Stane, in that movie played by Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. was responsible for the Ten Rings, um, or at least contacting the Ten Rings to kidnap Stoney. Um, and then we see that this is all a play to get more vibranium, basically, to create this drone ar- drone army. Um, and this is, you know, sort of his plan to, to again, get in Wakanda, take it over, and to, to you know, sort of carry things out through his own vision so um we'll get into some more of the details here uh, in terms of what this episode is but um i think it you know goes without saying spoiler alert if you've not seen this episode um definitely go watch it and come back and listen to it before we talk about more specific elements of what happened here but um overall i mean what did you think about this most recent episode of what if that just premiered yeah man it was uh it was okay you know it was cool it wasn't uh i don't know if i really expected this to be my favorite episode even coming in um just because you know uh i like killmonger but he's already he was already kind of not my favorite um and then they're talking about the iron man timeline which can be interesting but they got to do it right and it's not that it didn't do it right it just wasn't like a i don't know like this it wasn't a lot of surprises i think for me uh uh when it when it came to a what if episode i kind of seen a lot of this coming and i think you know, a lot of people did. They kind of wanted you to see it coming, which was weird, too, I think. Um, and, and it kind of just made for an OK episode, you know, in my mind. There's just a lot of energy that always comes from Killmonger. You're like, all right, what are you up to? And, and that's really the episode. It's like, oh, what is he up to this part of the the, the episode? Oh, what is Killmonger going to do now? And I think that kind of put it, again, a little damper on the episode for me because it was so predictable in, in, in a couple of different parts. What I did like about it 
um, in a lot of ways uh, was, um, of course, I love everything Black Panther man. I just, I just do. Um, the, I think it was beautiful. I really, I was like, yes, this looks amazing. <laughs> when you know, when a lot of the parallels between Black Panther um, and this episode was happening, uh, you get the 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 um, the plane, you get just Wakanda in general. I don't know, just a, a lot of different things. You get you get the deserty kind of part in in between the shield of Wakanda and the actual city of Wakanda that just looks good to me. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of those things were the things I think keeping me in the episode um, in a way in, by way of like, man, this is beautiful. Uh, Michael B. Jordan did this uh, this cringy thing that he always does, where he like has to tell people that he likes anime, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he he does this all the time. Um, and you know, again, it was another line where he was like, you know, he was like, it's a, he was like, what do you, uh, what what did Iron Man say? He was like, man, you like him, something something. He was like, what are you trying to? And he's just like, I like anime. That's why he has like a freaking Gundam suit looking thing kind of going on. And I was mm-hmm. like, you. I was like, okay, I get like maybe if you didn't use this as like a personality trait, it would have been a fine line. But like because in his everyday life, he kind of does this weird thing of like having to force people that tell people they like anime kind of felt weird. But you know, again, it's just little stuff like that um, that just made it all right. Also, I don't know, making King Tashaka so gullible was interesting too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I I I can kind of see it from one end, but another end I'm like, eh. Uh, but oh, another thing I loved, of course, was um, Angela Bassett and Denai Guerrero as per usual, man. I, to be able to see the queen whoop ass <laughs> uh, was amazing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Her her and the door Milaje. Um, I even like that part with Killmonger too. I think they're all were like really kicking ass, and I, and I thought it looked good. Um, again, that's another thing I love that was surrounding around the visuals, um, a lot of it, but not necessarily the story. So yeah, man, I'm leave it there. We keep going back and forth, but, um, a lot of the standout for me was the visuals, not so much the story, just because a lot of it felt predictable. For sure. Yeah. This episode for me, um, I, I honestly, I don't know if I even really enjoyed it. Like, I don't know if I enjoyed much of it. Like going mm-hmm. back to Wakanda was definitely nice i think my big problem there's a couple of big problems one big problem is less about this episode and i think more about the formula of the show that they try to cover a lot of ground in a very short amount of time Mm -hmm. like they only they only typically take about 30 minutes 32 minutes 33 minutes and they're trying to cover a lot of ground and this episode in particular we're going from iron man one there's stuff from age of ultron there's stuff from black panther like that's expansive and to do all of that in 30 minutes um can feel rushed and 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 Mm -hmm. underdeveloped and i think it leaves it leaves a big opportunity for us to like nitpick at a lot of things and be like "Eh, would this happen does this make sense like you Mm -hmm. mentioned um even king t'chaka being is just gullible and like open to him as he was yeah it just doesn't necessarily make sense and there's like a couple of other things that we could talk about in a second but i think that's one big problem and then secondly you also alluded to it. Killmonger's not my favorite either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of that is the character itself. Like, I I don't know. I, I think I think Killmonger is a character. I'm not in the I'm not on the train or on the the side of the argument of wanting him back. I think mm-hmm. his story was very much complete in yeah. Black Panther. Mm-hmm. He was very much um, intended to be this threat to Wakanda and to T'Challa that absolutely had a misguided perception on how to 
how to carry things out. Although right. he made some points, some some points mm-hmm. that people can agree with and understand from a certain perspective, his execution was obviously just in a, in a very terrible and violent place. Right. But ultimately, he was responsible for changing the perspective of T'Challa and to opening him up to be a little bit more receptive to the idea of having Wakanda be available and open to the world. And so he was very much an influential character in that way, but I felt like his story was very much complete. So to see him come back here, I just wasn't that excited. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, I don't know if he really helps out with that because the voice acting here did not did not help out with that um, as much for me, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which I think has been, a, again, another consistent you know issue with the show. And lastly, uh, just truth be told, I was I was actually bored a while watching mm. this. I just wasn't all that interested. It was kind of mm-hmm. boring to me at times. Um, this is the first episode that I've not watched multiple times. I watched it once and I just really had no desire to revisit it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It just didn't do it for me. So it it I don't know if it's my least favorite. The first episode, you know, um Captain Carter, it probably still has that, but it mm-hmm. would it might be my second, you know, least favorite episode that they've done thus far. But I didn't I you know, I think you, you make a good point. I also didn't expect that much out of it either. Mm-hmm. So have some problems with it. Some things that were okay about it. Um it wasn't a train wreck, but just overall wasn't wasn't the story that I was really all that involved or invested in revisiting. So um, yeah, you know those are sort of some high level thoughts. Let's get let's get into you know a few details about this about this episode. So obviously Killmonger is the focus. He's the he's the central character. One of the big things that happens is that he's pretty much the same guy. You know, this is a Same different dude. universe. This is what if, right? Exploring exploring multiversal mm-hmm. ideas and mm-hmm. seeing how characters and situations would be altered just by, you know, the, the changing of one event or something not happening or somebody dying, whatever the case may be. Killmonger is virtually the same here uh, as he was in Black Panther, which I think on one end makes sense because earlier this season we talked about T'Challa and how much yeah. he stayed the same, really. He 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 still stayed this this noble um really really inspirational and aspirational figure although his his circumstances were changed he was with Yandu and the Ravagers he wasn't in Wakanda but he was still this very the, the, very much a hero right and he still mm-hmm. very much did heroic things although he had been taken from his home and i guess that makes sense here because Killmonger is virtually the same although his circumstances have changed but mm-hmm. did that work for you was that interesting were you hoping to maybe see Maybe see a different side of Killmonger. Like, what if Killmonger actually didn't go this really sinister route and want to take over Wakanda? Like, what if he was more of a, what if he's more of a noble person instead? Were you interested in seeing that, or did did, did it make sense for you to for him to just you know be the same as he was before? Yeah, man, I think that's where I thought it was going. You know, uh, I mean, of course they want you to think that they're like, what if Killmonger saves Tony Stark? So in your head, you're like, okay, what if he was a better person? In my head, what if King Tashaka? never kills his father or maybe what if he grows up in Wakanda you know he learns all these things uh because again a lot of it is him chasing Wakanda you know just him even trying to get into into the nation of Wakanda and so I'm like okay what what if that was the what if maybe he's here because he's part of the Wakanda I don't know maybe him and and T'Challa grew up really close and now maybe this they do something crazy where there's like two Black Panthers and they're both good you know, and, and he got he was on some mission to come save Tony Stark for whatever reason. In my mind, something like that is just where I thought we were going and we didn't go there at all. So, yeah, I would I would have been really interested, I think, in seeing one of those things, uh, you know, if Killmonger grew up in, in Wakanda or uh, King T'Chaka didn't kill his father, because that's also part of the big thing. It's like, yep, 
you killed my dad or you know like my dad is no longer here for for this reason so seeing what that would have been like um yeah i i, I think would have would have propelled me a little bit more into the episode yeah i think they tried to keep us on our toes like for most of this episode because there were times where you could you could sort of see the the the, the turn almost happen like mm-hmm. well is he actually going to be good here is that where they're going because he had that moment at the end where he's fighting on behalf of wakanda he's out on the battlefield and he's destroying the drones and so you think like oh uh, maybe maybe he does have like really honest and noble intentions and then ultimately mm-hmm. we find out that he does not um so they, they they played around with that a lot i think to keep us on our toes and to keep the mystery going um i, I too thought that they might have gone a different direction with it maybe to see if his circumstances around him had changed, would he just become a different person? But that right. did not end up being the case, which, you know, I think just naturally makes it a little bit less interesting. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it can be the equivalent to what we see with T'Challa. Like we want T'Challa to be heroic. We don't want, <laughs> I don't know anybody that wants T'Challa to be a, an evil person like right. that that's not where he comes from that's not who he was growing up ever mm-hmm. really he was always like this good guy that did really good things yep. whereas like a doctor strange always has a dark side you yep. know we we see ultimately doctor strange he takes the path of like going good being heroic although he has his moments where you can kind of question like oh is he is he sort of relapsing back into his old tendencies mm-hmm. and i think in his, in his episode we saw that like one small thing well not small but one thing can really change the course of of, of his trajectory um but but you know killmonger is just like flat out bad this entire time mm-hmm. which could be could be interesting for certain folks to just like know and see him as a villain um but for other people and i think for us in particular it just doesn't necessarily create the most uh the most intriguing story that we probably could have gotten yeah um the last thing that i'll mention on this do you think that this might open up an opportunity for him to maybe come back because i think this what if concept is playing with a lot of these ideas like what if this actually happened in live action like what if we got these concepts that played out in movies obviously Mm -hmm. the multiverse is a big thing now um we still really don't know what Black Panther 2 is about, like, mm. at all. We we, yeah. we have an idea mm. that Shuri might be the person to take all the mantle. Um, we know that Ironheart's going to be in it. There's been rumors about Michael B. Jordan um, coming back in that movie. Uh, we also know Ryan Coogler makes movies with Michael B. Jordan every time mm-hmm. out, you know. Do you think there's a space for him in that movie? Is it is it in a flashback? Is it him coming back to life and maybe turning to the good side i don't know what do you think uh, is the future for killmonger and the mcu if if any at all yeah man um it really just depends on on where they plan on going with it if they do decide to bring him back i hope it's more uh of course back cd right i do not want him to be a main villain again <laughs> i don't think uh a lot of us do but um again marvel has something that is very similar to the lazarus pit and it resides in wakanda um and if he is like the first example i think of someone who does get brought back you know become uh be, begins to be i don't know if tainted is the word but but again just just i guess stays bad or you know and and or gets even worse um than what they were when they were alive i'm kind of okay with that as long as it's a backseat for a reason you know if they use him as a vehicle for another villain or for something else i'd actually probably be okay with that mm-hmm. um as long as we're just not doing hey auntie again or like you know what i mean we can't do that whole ruse of killmonger being like this you know too cool dude <laughs> too too cool for school kind of kind of cat um coming onto the scene as long as they don't do that i would actually be okay with that but we'll 
we we just have to see like in my mind i know ryan coogler wouldn't do something like that like mm-hmm. to make him like the forefront again because that's not for me in my mind that's not how ryan coogler works i think he gets more so what the people want but also what he wants and i i, I just i have a feeling he doesn't want that so yeah man as, as long as it's something something like that i don't mind yeah absolutely uh one of my i think big issues with this episode that we alluded to earlier um that we can nitpick at is how easy it was for killmonger to just outsmart everybody every like body the entire time you know he uh i mean there, there's there's definitely betrayal happening on all sides but i don't know it just i don't know if it adds up like the killmonger that we see in black panther um definitely somebody that's formidable right definitely somebody that's smart you know is 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 a physical threat as well as a as well as a uh i think a more uh, mental threat as well mm-hmm. you know a strategic threat but right. Can he really outsmart Tony Stark? Like at this point in the game, and this is also, yeah. I mean, theoretically at this stage, like Iron Man happened in two thousand and eight, so this should even be a younger Killmonger, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't know was necessarily reflected in the animation style. Like he looked the exact That's same true. from the movie, same uh, length hair and everything. Yeah, exactly right. Same outfit basically, but this theoretically should be a younger Killmonger while he's still like a part of the military. Um, but he figures out a way to outsmart Tony and Obadiah mm-hmm. and Rhodey and. He even defeats Black Panther in combat pretty pretty succinctly. Um, you know, it was it was a very mm-hmm. convincing win, which even yeah. in their battle in the first movie, like he beat he beat T'Challa, but it was definitely a back and forth battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe you can say it was an element of surprise. Maybe he caught he caught T'Challa off guard again and was able yeah. to overcome. But I don't know if that that was just one of the things that kind of bothered me watching mm-hmm. this was like, how does he just come in so quickly and just, you know, carry out this plan that i'm sure he absolutely has been working on for years and years and developing that we you know we see doesn't happen in this episode it happens off screen we're just left to assume that but we're dealing with some really smart people pepper also like these are people that know tony uh also tony's super gullible as well like the mm-hmm. fact that he makes killmonger like what was it the coo of the organization yep. like the, C- the the chief operating officer it's like mm-hmm. you just met this dude like yep. how how are, how is he all of a sudden you know in a high ranking executive position? I don't know. That stuff just kind of felt weird to me. And I think again mm-hmm. that kind of goes back to the conversation of the the time constraints. Like they have to try to do so much in thirty minutes, but in doing so, I think you sacrifice um, logic sometimes with with mm-hmm. some of these story elements. I don't know if it I don't know if it really worked out as as well as they thought that they as, as they thought that it would have. Yeah, man. Iron Man has now been in the show three times and has died all three times uh whatever that's about i guess he's like the black sheep of the damn what if now i don't know they what's want going us to on. accept like robert downey <laughs> jr is gone y'all he ain't coming back this nigga is dead uh that is crazy but then they you know again they decide to kill black panther in such a way which whatever the damn weapon he had in his hand the sonic thing yeah. I, I guess i can kind of get like i, I guess i kind of get that but the, the 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 tony stark thing is just beyond me um again they try to fix it later in the episode where they're like oh well tony can do these these things or you know what i mean or tony uh clearly had a fail safe in place what were you doing here uh mr killmonger sir and then he just kills him i mean i I don't know it's so weird right because also tony doesn't have suits yet like Mm -hmm. it never happened you never got kidnapped by 10 rings so it's like it is what it is. Like, I don't know. You know, at the same time, what in what ways he could have defended himself beyond, again, he tried to use his own technology against him, which which makes sense. But 
his man is smarter than that, clearly. Um, <laughs> clearly. Uh, and, and I think the only part of that that I do like, again, everything you said is true. I just, you got to sacrifice logic. You know, you're just like throwing stuff out the window because, I mean, like you just said it, bro. Obadiah, shoot, uh, uh, Tony Stark, and Tashala. First of all, Tony Stark and Tashala by themselves are like. Yeah. Them, them some Illuminati niggas, bro. Come on. Um, yeah, it's kind of a reach, for <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a, it's, it's a reach. Uh, but then, uh, again, the, the only part I do like is the ending, where we get like a Pepper Shuri team up. And I'm like, if this is what it was all for, I guess I'm okay. Like, mm. you know, it was kind of like the the little Band-Aid over the wound. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm fine with this, because that, that's, this is like the content I want. You know, I'm like, oh, Shuri and Pepper? We get some, mm. you know, so... Uh, but yeah, I c- completely agree, man. I, w- I was just thinking about it. I was like, there's no way this dude is just out here taking out everybody. Fooling to Shaka, fooling, I mean, the, the Queen too, the Dora Milaje. I'm, I'm like, everybody? Don't know, not a one person except Pepper know what the hell going on here. Pepper and Shuri, the only, um, yeah, at the end of the day, you just gotta be like, yeah, I, I guess, I, I, I guess. That's all you can say. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I guess it's part of what if. So, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. We're we're definitely. Uh, I think by the nature of like exploring some of these darker themes, we're we're taking these these characters that have a little bit more of a villainous side to them, and 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 putting them in certain circumstances that 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 help expose how ingenious that they could be sometimes like if mm-hmm. things were to really just go in their favor if all of the the pieces just lined up for them shit can go really bad as the watcher i think alludes to each and every week um t'challa had that line that he that he uttered to killmonger when he went to the ancestral plane um he says that power unearned can be a very volatile force cousin it'll get the best of you eventually on your plane or on ours you know so sort of those cautionary words from T'Challa um, to his cousin saying like, you know, this power play that you're after, you're using suffering to try to liberate other suffering. How does that make sense? You know, um, all of these different things are interesting concepts to explore. Yeah. It's just the way that we're getting to them. I think at the expense of some of our heroic characters where we are seeing a lot of that. We we're seeing Tony die repeatedly. We're seeing T'Challa either die or be victimized repeatedly. And it's like, Okay, okay, you know, I, I, I appreciate the darkness to this. I do, I do. Um, I just do wish it made a little bit more sense, like if the time was put into to making it make, make make a little bit more sense for us mm-hmm. and, and more palatable, I think, because as nerds, we're going to have these conversations like, uh, I don't know if I don't know if Killmonger's beating T'Challa <laughs> just straight up like that, like Sonic <laughs> Boom or not. Like, mm-hmm. come on now, you know, let's just be real about it. But be that as it may, it happened. Um, I, I did mention The Watcher. I'm noticing Watu's getting a lot closer to shit. He's he's very much getting yeah. into more of the foreground lately. Like when Absolutely. this show started, very much in the background, very much unseen, not really around. But as these later episodes have progressed, we're seeing his silhouette and his face just be very much more apparent. So much so in the Doctor Strange episode a few weeks ago, like he actually yep. had a conversation with Strange. Um, he's actually out here, and I think even at the end of this episode, when we see Uatu one last time, you can just see the disgust and the disappointment on his face by by what's happening with Killmonger. Rightfully so. Um, just quickly, do you think he's going to be involved? Because ultimately, the Watcher is not supposed to get involved into shit. He's not supposed mm-hmm. to interfere. That's that's the whole that's the whole credo of being a Watcher. Like you're you're just here to just sort of sit back, see things unfold. But you got to think 
will it get so fucking terrible and so bad at some point that he's just like, I got to get off my ass now. Like, I got to do something. This is really, really bad. Or does he just let it all unfold as the way that it? I guess it's meant to be? Man, my hope is that he makes like his 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 MCU actual debut. Um, not necessarily again, not uh, in in what if yet, you know, but actually like something wild. Like he's, he's I don't know, he's watching Spider Man No Way Home, and he's like, all right, we gotta talk about this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and like right. and like Uatu has to pop up and say something, you know. Uh, again, because I talked about it before, Uatu, he's I. I I keep calling him this. He's like our watcher, of course, right? There's like several watchers. Right. But Watu was like the one that like finally, you know, put his toe uh, in the water. Like he's the one that actually is like, look, y'all, I seen this and this and this. I'm a professional snitch and I can help y'all out. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, I'm hoping we actually get that in the MCU at some point. Uh, and it would be cool if it was still Jeffrey Wright, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it will happen. Uh, but I'm hoping they they wait for a live action for it to happen. And even though, like, keep making them get close and what if, put them as close as possible, and they end the show. And then they're like, dang, that's it. I guess <laughs> guess he's not going to say anything. And then he says something in in live action. Now I think that would be really cool. Yeah, that could be super impactful. Because then then you know, like, the shit's on. If he's getting involved now, it <laughs> yeah. must be pretty bad. That I think that's an easy that's an easy identifiable way. Like for those who've watched What If to know, like. Okay, this dude is very much like God level type threat. Mm-hmm. Well, not even a threat, but just like a God level character almost. And so yeah. at the point that he may be become involved in the storyline of what's happening, you know it's going to be something that's really important and obviously possibly even detrimental to to, you know, whatever universe we're operating out of at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, man, that you know, those are kind of my thoughts on what if you talked about it any other any other notable things from this week's episode, um, you know, with Killmonger, Tony, any of the Wakanda stuff? um and all the stuff you know that just sort of went down nah man uh i just know you know this this sherry pepper thing has to continue right i think this is one of the more not well all of them all of them are really open-ended you know but it's one of the this is like pepper and sherry like young sherry and pepper this is like the one that ends without like already obvious superhero dumb to it you know um where a lot of the episodes is like well dr strange went into this and then spider-man went in you know what i mean like this is like the one that's like okay what are they about to do you know um so i think that's really interesting that the, the people with no powers Mm, yeah yeah absolutely they could turn out to be the most important characters at a Mm -hmm. a certain point right so it'll definitely be interesting to see if they continue so those are our thoughts on this week's episode of what if of course we'll be back next week to talk about episode seven but if you've seen episode six hit us up let us know what you think about it that's the moment that created a new universe Whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power. Slow down a little bit. There's a few people in the room that don't understand. Not me. I, I get it. Why stop at one hero? Great idea. Give time and reality are a construct. What if we could rebuild it? When we can show you all of them. Oh. What if?
Now, this is episode seven of this brand new series from Marvel Studios, and this episode was entitled, What If Thor Were an Only Child? This was one that I wasn't expecting to get. I did not know that they were going to explore Thor <laughs> in an entire episode. We've obviously been seeing previews and poster art and some teases here and there about what some of these episodes were going to be. We suspected the, the the Doctor Strange episode. We suspected the Tony Stark and Killmonger episode. The Thor episode was one of those ones that kind of kind of snuck by me that I wasn't expecting to see. I knew Thor was going to appear, obviously, in this in the series. I just didn't know that we were going to get an entire episode focused on him. Right. Um, but with that said, we certainly did and it takes us to a time back to the 2011 version of Thor as he's starting to to really come into his own as a young man and the directions that that takes but uh before we you know move for further with this this is another sort of spoiler warning if you've not seen the latest episode of what if we will be diving into the details and review and analysis of this episode so go watch it and come back and listen to this when you've done so so with that said man what did you think about episode seven of what if yeah it was um just okay to me i think i think for me uh, all the episodes of What If that I enjoy is Disney slash Marvel being able to to step into the darkness, right? And this episode, um, as fun as that is, as, as it is, I love the cameos. I love uh, the the Easter eggs that are in it. It's a fun episode. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't the one that grabbed me. Um, uh, I, though, again, it, I laughed. I liked it. You know, I love the energy. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't have much to say, man. It just didn't pull me how a lot of the ep- other episodes pulled me. It's not what I expected, I don't think, which is fine. You know, uh, the unexpected can be can be good. Uh, but yeah, just didn't, just didn't pull me as much. I think because that 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 element of darkness and some of the other episodes that I like so much wasn't there. I've seen a lot of mixed reactions about this episode, really about this entire series. I think there's been just like generally mixed <laughs> reactions across the board because people's tastes and what they want out of this type of show, because it's exploring multiversal concepts and it is animation. Yeah. Uh, mileage will absolutely vary. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I fucking loved this episode. Like <laughs> this was a fun ass time to me. And I might just be, I'm, it, it might just be the manipulation of Marvel because we got mm-hmm. so many dark episodes back to back. Like we got the Dr. Strange episode and then the what if zombies, yeah. although it had a little bit of comedy, a lot of people died. And then we got the, the, the Killmonger and Tony Stark episode. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, damn, like this is a real, mm-hmm. this is a real bad streak here. We're doing some <laughs> really dark stuff, which I, you know, be careful what you ask for. Cause we did, we did ask for that on this show. Like yeah, if you're going to take chances, go there kill people do all of that stuff because you won't really get the opportunity to do so mm-hmm. but damn you know i definitely uh didn't realize how much i just needed a, a quick good time out of the mcu and this is what this episode did for me i mean thor one of the most beloved characters in marvel of course and having yeah. the spotlight be on him i'm never going to be mad or upset at that to have chris hemsworth here again doing the voice wonderful because we haven't gotten that with a lot of the main characters like a tony stark or steve rogers so to have chris hemsworth here love that i mean really the entire episode had like all the original players i think probably more so than any other episode they Mm -hmm. had all the the people including natalie portman coming back to do jane foster which crazy technically this is the first time she's been back in this role since the dark world because that footage that they had in endgame was old footage that they reused from that movie she Mm -hmm. didn't technically shoot anything they used a body double and old footage so yeah this is her first time stepping back into the role um we'll, we'll of course see her in love and thunder make her full return to the mcu but i just i mean i just 
love the cameos, as you mentioned. The voice work was particularly strong, stronger in this episode mm-hmm. in comparison to previous episodes. Obviously, the fight between Thor and Captain Marvel, which we'll talk about, was yes. wonderful, I thought. Um, and then just like the the differences that, that occurred because Thor is now an only child. Mm-hmm. Although... I don't know how different he really is. Like, if, yeah. if we're being truthfully honest, like, yeah, he he went a little nuts in this episode, but he's not all that different mm-hmm. compared to what he actually turned out to be in the main MC, MCU continuity. But I, I just I love the good time of it all. I think I think it was extremely necessary after you know sort of the past few weeks that we've had with this series. So yeah. um, again, it might just be it might uh, it just might be <laughs> you know them manipulating my emotions and completely doing what they want me to do as a, as a, as a viewer as an audience member yeah. but if so they got me they mm-hmm. really did so i had a good time but let's talk about this more in detail so um again the whole concept here is if thor was an only child if he was not raised alongside loki that was sort of the setup for this episode um and because because odin decides to return loki to the frost giants loki actually go grows up as a frost giant he grows up as loki of jotunheim i mean he doesn't have that whole lineage and that story as growing up as the as the as the brother who who's in his older brother's shadow he's not in thor's shadow and he doesn't have that jealousy and that resentment built up for him and so we actually get to see a thor unleash really and just I, th- I think have a lot more a lot more strict guidelines as a as a young as a young man and as a young teenager growing up and because because of that he gets to this he gets to this adolescent um, sort of young man stage and just decides to let loose once he has a little bit of freedom. Um, Odin is you know going through the Odin sleep and Frigga she's she's away from Asgard and so Thor just decides to show his entire ass um, and, and he goes to Earth. <laughs> And he's basically hosting the biggest party in the galaxy from aliens and species and different characters from across the MCU that we yeah. that we're familiar with. They all show up to this party and they're just having a grand old time. But what did you just think about this 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 iteration of Thor, this version of Thor that we saw from Chris Hemsworth? Yeah. First and foremost, where's his where's his beard? Um, is it like because Loki wasn't there, he had more time to tend to his face? I don't know. I was like. <laughs> Trying to figure out where his facial hair was. Maybe I'm thinking too hard and they're just trying to separate the characters, you know? Like, oh, this is the what if Thor's face or whatever. Um, but yeah, this 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 Thor is he's just as much as a good time, right? As the other Thor, I think. Um, but a lot of a lot of the Thor we know, a lot of his celebrations were masked, I think, by deeper, darker things. Like he'd have fun, you know. For their therapeutic reasons, where here it didn't feel like that. Here is like ah, uh, he's a prince and he's like legit, uh, spoiled, right? Like I'm gonna do whatever I want, kind of kid. Um, and we really did get like a high school, I don't know, <laughs> part, house party type, <laughs> house party type <laughs> Thor here, man, who just felt like uh, uh, being a teenager for a day and doing some wild stuff while your mom's not watching. Uh, but yeah, uh, again, I must add, he was, he was really fun though. I, uh, I, I think I liked the, the no boundary part of him. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the idea that he still could make with these relationships with a lot of the people, he could still see Jane Foster and go, Ooh, and he can still see, you know, uh, Loki even crazy, whatever their relationship turned into, um, and be like brother and like, you know, um, so I, I, I like how they, they kept, uh, uh, most of it actually they kept they kept most of his personality yeah this uh this reminded me a lot of you know where he was in the 2011 version but it also felt like 
some some of the style and character choices that Chris Hemsworth made with with Thor. Um, a lot of inspiration from Ragnarok for sure. Like mm-hmm. once he got to that period, by the time we get to Ragnarok and we see Thor, he's a little bit more accustomed to um, Earth and sort of the social cues that 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 exist exist amongst humans. He's been around Tony Stark for a while, so he develops like a real sense of humor he's not as literal as he used to be so i think we're getting a little bit of that still mixed in with like the entitlement that he had in the 2011 version um when he certainly felt like he was he was next up he's going to be the king of asgard and he's going to be you know the protector of the nine realms he very much was smelling his own shit at this point but he's also kind of an idiot right like he's kind (laughs) of an annoying idiot that's just Mm -hmm. like I I hate to be I hate to be this way and say it, but listen, he, he's just like a dumb blonde, just yeah. like a male version of it, right? Uh-huh. So, um, he's just deciding to use Earth as his canvas for this big high school party. Essentially, it's mm-hmm. very much like Project X, but on Earth, and I'm just gonna take over every city, every notable monument to make as my canvas. And again, just like <laughs> completely ridiculous, and like they could never do this in the live action movies, but yeah. you get the opportunity to do this in animation. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna use the St. Louis is a slingshot like the world's <laughs> biggest slingshot the it's just like what who's thinking of this but i'm just like i appreciate that because yeah we just won't ever see this type of stuff or surter is like flirting with the statue it's, of liberty okay. it's so stupid but, but it's hilarious 10. to me it's 10 like, out of 10 hey the... and then he burns her arm off like it is it is just so wacky and out there and I wouldn't be surprised if this was a little bit of taste of like what we may see in Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it might not be as expansive and as ridiculous as that, but listen, right. Ragnarok is is no is no walk in the park on, <laughs> on the antics in and of right. itself, right? And you're just gonna get Taika Waititi with a bigger budget and more cast members to just like go crazy. So mm-hmm. it might be a future sort of a future taste and look at what that what that movie may bring when we see it next year. But I, I just loved I just loved like how ridiculous it got at certain points. Yeah, I hope so because the the Easter eggs and all of this were was absolutely ridiculous, bro. First of all, Grandmaster as a D as a DJ release <laughs> release the foam. Boom, tick a boom, ta doom, ta doom. I was like, what is happening in this thing, bro? Um there was just so much going on between uh Nebula rolling dice, blowing these for me. Mama needs a new eye. <laughs> I was like, wh- who is writing this stuff down? I mean What's happening? I'm pretty sure Kurt Russell was Elvis. Yeah, he was impersonating Elvis. Impersonating Elvis uh, as yeah. they were getting married, Darcy and uh and, and Howard, Howard the, the Duck. duck. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was some oh, wild wow. stuff. Um, I have to I have to talk about this Easter egg, bro. When Rocket is in the bathtub is the most genius Easter egg I think I've ever seen. They literally put the hangover inside of a what if episode because yeah. Rocket is voiced by Bradley Cooper. I almost like threw yeah. something at my TV <laughs> when I seen that because it's so good. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the greatest Easter egg. I got. It's got to be top five Easter eggs I've ever seen. And it's, it's going to go over a lot of people's heads, bro. As Deadpool said uh, in his movie, a fourth wall break inside of a fourth wall break. <laughs> that's like what? 16 walls? <laughs> 16 it felt, walls. I, I immediately thought about that. I'm like, that's 16 walls right there. Bruh, it is. That was just actually out of control. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, this episode was great. Uh, <laughs> because there was just, just so much ridiculous stuff happening again. And um the 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 cameos were just it's just so many like and i think this was one of my favorite i think payoffs as an mcu fan so far in the series 
because you just see something and you get it. You know, there's like a, a lot of people who haven't maybe haven't seen a lot of these movies. I mean, you literally for to get everything in this, you had to see Guardians and all the Thors and, you know, like there's just so much you had to watch and Captain Marvel and you just had Age to of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like you just had mm-hmm. to get it. And uh, I, I think so far, again, this is one of the ones it's like, oh, man, I'm really in this. Like, oh, shoot, I, I am a fan. And the payoffs are, are crazy. I can imagine somebody watching this episode for the first time, never seeing anything in the MCU, and be like, what the hell am I watching? Um, <laughs> and because it was like get, a circus. It's yeah. a circus. They wouldn't get a lot of it. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a really great thing um, that they're able to do. Again, with what if like that you mentioned, man? Yeah, I think it's time to consider an animated Howard the Duck show. I think it might be time to consider that. Yes, please. Like, and let's like go there, like really, like let's go, go there with there. Howard the Duck, right? Like, cause that type of character could. I mean, I I don't know if it'd be on Disney Plus, probably not. But like, let's get a mature <laughs> style. Put a Hulu. Hulu, yeah. yeah, Hulu would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, like a mature style Howard the Duck show, voiced by Seth Green. I think that there's a lot of potential there, especially if he's about to marry Darcy. That's just like what? <laughs> like what's happening here? Um, let's talk about the other side of this coin because this is about Thor being an only child. So he doesn't grow up with Loki. You know, him and Loki are cool. They like right. buddies, brothers from another mother, as they mm-hmm. like to say in this episode. But they don't live in the same household. They're not both occupying Asgard. Therefore, that resentment doesn't grow between them. They actually have a great relationship. Yeah. Loki can, you know, exist and have his own identity. Thor can do the same. Uh, Loki, again, is a, is a frost giant, which mm-hmm. means he literally looks like a frost giant. Huge. He's enormous. He's like, mm-hmm. what, 15 feet tall? Yeah. <laughs> He's blue, like the whole night. Like we got a we got a very sneak preview of that in the first Thor movie where he had that moment where his skin turned blue. But that's like the only time we've ever got a hint of that. But here we actually get to see him again just show up this way. I mean, Tom Hiddleston is well on his way to MVP status in terms mm-hmm. of just like appearances in the MCU. Like how important has he become? I mean, he's always been important. Yeah. We talked about that a lot. Go back and listen to our whole breakdown of every Loki episode. From the beginning, like since he first popped onto the scene in in 2011 in Thor, all the Mm -hmm. way until now, he just continues to iterate and develop and present surprises with this character. Mm -hmm. I I, I really find it fascinating that we're still being shocked by Loki as a character. And here we finally get like Loki of Jotunheim as a frost giant. Very mellow, very laid back. He's here for the antics too. He's here for the party. What's up, bro? Like, what's good? Let's have fun. And then he bounces and he can live his own life. I just really appreciated that different side of him that we saw. No, absolutely, man. I love how, um, I guess how just they leaned into it all the way. Like like you already said, he looks like a frost giant. Um, and again, as, as people who have been playing God of War, you know, it's like, hmm, Loki, huh? The, <laughs> what, what, what they got going on here? And I think it's a, it's always a dope idea, I think, to, to mess with, uh, to, with Norse gods. Again, even in, in the episode, she's like, Nor- she's like Thor, the Norse god of thunder. He's like, I don't know what Norse is, but I can bring the thunder or whatever he <laughs> said. <laughs> um, and yeah, man, I just love how they just continue to, to lean into this stuff, man. And man, Tom Tom Hiddleston, dude. Man, I mean, big, big now, right? Uh, I mean, you, we have to start putting them. It's time to start putting them up there in the conversations with the big three, right? Your your, your caps, your your Iron Man's, your Thor. Like he is just slowly climbing, climbing that totem uh, to the to the top of the MCU ness. Uh, his fandom is already there. Like, yeah, they are 
he has a cult following. I mean, stand him. It's kind of scary, actually. It might be. <laughs> I think it's more ridiculous than Chris Hemsworth. Like, I'm pretty sure. Probably actually. so. Yeah. I think it is. Uh, it, 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 it's pretty wild. But uh, I agree, man. I, I I love this take take on him, too. Yeah. One of the big draws of this episode, which cannot be denied, is, again, the what-if nature of it all, which we've seen a little bit of flavor in terms of heroes fighting heroes, heroes fighting villains, what that would look like. I know we ran raved about the Doctor Strange versus uh, Strange Supreme back in episode four a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we actually got Thor versus Captain Marvel, which something, again, I was not anticipating. This is obviously, I think, a conversation amongst nerds. Like, many nerds have asked, like, if you could put Thor versus Captain Marvel, especially the MCU versions, who's gonna win, bro? Especially, they teased it in Avengers Endgame, you know, yeah. the marketing teased their interaction and their face-off. But we, outside of that, we never really got to see them interact or fight alongside each other in Endgame. So here, mm-hmm. they're absolutely taking it there. Uh, again, probably because it's too expensive and, and, and un- unreasonable to do in a movie, but we got it here. We got a Thor versus Captain Marvel fight um we actually see the return of maria hill who's acting as the shield director at this point mm-hmm. and she summons carol danvers to end all of this destruction that's caused by thor's antics on earth this big party so she comes in to be the party pooper which thor <laughs> i find it so funny that uh thor says that so many times uh, listen captain marvel's not the most beloved character in the mcu mm-hmm. especially by like big haters um i just find it funny that they leaned into that and i think that they're acknowledging some of the the negative criticisms that have been that have been mm-hmm. said about Brie Larson and her portrayal of Captain Marvel. There was even that whole thing about the fact that she needs to smile more. And Thor like literally says that in his episode, like mm-hmm. you should smile more. And that was a whole thing leading up to Captain Marvel. <laughs> like people were criticizing Brie Larson for not smiling in the movie. Oh, and then man. she clapped back on Instagram with the with the Photoshop posters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Marvel here hears everybody and hears everything. So they're 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 definitely leaning into that stuff. But the fight itself, um, What'd you think about it, man? Did did was the resolution satisfying? Was the fight satisfying? How did how did this all play out for you? It was a good ass time. I know that. Um, the episode does such a good job, like setting up. I think Carol's like power level, you know, by having her fight Thor, while like she was holding back and he kind of really wasn't holding back, you know, kind of type thing. Um, I I will always I always love a big middle finger to any misogyny. <laughs> at all at any times man because uh they they really came with it here i think it looked beautiful first and foremost i was like damn this looks great uh but also she was whooping his ass <laughs> mopping the floor with this mopping <laughs> the floor with this man um and it, it's not something you see a lot right like i mean like the hulk will like whip his ass every now and you know <laughs> or like uh uh but she she was really going to town um and I, I think I enjoyed that a lot about it, man. I is the resolution satisfying for me? I think so because this like is no resolution, and that is cool to me because keep the conversation going. That's what makes Nerdomit what it is you know what it is is these conversations. Who be two? Who does this? It's it's always gonna be like that. Some people be wilding. Don't get me wrong because there's a lot of disrespect on the table for some people. But like I bro, like this is it's. Captain Marvel should have been upgraded, I think, to a goddess at some point. You know, like, mm. come, like, come on, she's a cosmic. She, she eventually became a cosmic being, though she is of Earth. What is inside of her is now cosmic. You know, so it's like, think, people, <laughs> think, <laughs> like, of course, she's, she's like, you know. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was really dope again, man. I, I enjoyed every bit of it. 
I, I was fucking fanning out. I'm not gonna lie. This 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 got a pop for me. I was like, oh <laughs> shit, they're doing it. Thor versus Captain Marvel. We'll probably never really actually see this. This is good. This is gonna get. I loved it. Uh, I loved the, the 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 back and forth punching that they did when they would fly across the earth. Mm-hmm. It was very much Looney Tune style. You you saw the name of the country on the map, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you knew that Thor got punched from the United States to the United Kingdom. Um, and you know they even say like Carol, she has the power. Her punch has the power of nine nuclear bombs, which, you know, we see that evident here. But Thor's a he's a he's a, he's a god or, you know, a demigod mm-hmm. at least. And so he can withstand that. But um, although it's very clear and evident that she was pretty much whooping his ass the entire fight, as you mentioned, there is no definitive clear cut winner because uh, it still ends with Thor dropping Mjolnir on her chest and she can't move. Right. So he still had that moment that he can he can walk away with. He can have that feather in his cap. And they always do that with their fights, which I think is an it's a brilliant move because it does keep that conversation going. Even the fight between Thor and Hulk and Ragnarok. I think Thor was whooping Hulk's ass the whole time he was getting that ass. Mm-hmm. However, it ended before he could deliver a final blow because Grandmaster got interfered. Yep. Um, there's always some sort of shenanigans that, that that pulls away a decisive winner for us, but that's fine. You know, I think the fact that we got it was incredible. Thor trying to use the lightning of Mjolnir and it not working at all on Carol <laughs> was like, damn, I, I, I didn't predict that. I, you know, in my mind, when I was imagining this mm-hmm. fight, countless nights before I go to sleep, because that's what I do. Um, I'm thinking like, okay, if Thor has Mjolnir and if he uses the lightning, it's probably going to be a wrap for her ass. Like, I don't know if she got anything to combat that lightning, <laughs> but I failed to think about the fact that her cosmic power, her infinity stone power her is energy. like yep. that energy can take all of that. That lightning ain't going to do a damn thing here. Mm-hmm. So the one ace in the hole that Thor would have over her doesn't work because in yeah. terms of everything else, speed, strength, agility, all of that stuff. They're probably equal, if not, you know, yep. more so in her favor. So the lightning being, you know, out of the equation, I'm like, oh well, that that tells me everything I need to know. So they're both okay. great to see. I'm glad that we got it. Um, do you think that this will get people like who are not who are not big fans of Captain Marvel as a character? Do you think that this like watching this might get them a little bit more excited about the Marvels, like removing the Kamala Khan of it, removing mm-hmm. the the uh, the the Monica Rambo? Um, yeah, Monica Rambo of it all. Uh-huh. Her as a character in them to you, because again, she she's not the most beloved. You know, I remember watching Endgame. Mm-hmm. There were cheers, tons of cheers all around for everybody appearing on screen. But when Carol came back, nobody cheered. I was like, damn, y'all don't, <laughs> y'all don't fuck with her. Like, what's going on? Um, and maybe that's just because of the newness, right? Like, she hasn't really mm-hmm. earned that longevity like mm-hmm. a Cap or a Thor. But do you think that somebody watching this might say like, oh, that gets me like really amped up for the Marvels when it comes out next year? You know, it depends on the people we're talking about, right? Is it is it the misogynist who is just like, she needs to smile more? You know, like, is it those people? Because if, if so, they're not going to care, <laughs> I don't think. Um, but if if it's like the new casual Captain Marvel watcher, right, who literally watch, maybe they maybe they watch Captain Marvel, they watch Endgame, and they watch this. Uh, I, I think there is a chance, you know, that like this is it's just a woman that whoops ass. She's OP, just like Thor is OP. Right. You, we just haven't had as much time with her uh, like like you mentioned before. And again, the Russos, I think, did a good job of of not making it 100 percent her fight um, in in game. You know, it was like it was like, where's Captain Marvel? And in my mind, I'm like writing wise. This isn't her fight. And so they exactly. I, and, and, and so they took they, they, they took her out of it. And I think they did that the right way. Um, and I think hopefully watching something like this will get people interested in the Marvels because in my mind, if I'm watching this for the first time, I'm like, okay, this woman is OP. 
what threat or conflict could they possibly come up with for something that she can't handle? And mm-hmm. I, and that interests me, like as just a person, not even as a nerd or mo- just as a person. Like, man, what? How do you stop an unmovable force, right? Like, isn't that, isn't that like a whole thing? Um, so I. I would hope a lot of people think that same thing. Like, man, this woman is OP, just like Thor's OP. What can they do? Um, and 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 hopefully that'll get get that'll get them going. Certainly. Um, and this episode started as it starts to wind down. We see that Frigga returns to Earth, where she's she's about to head to Earth. She she's she's suspicious of Thor that he's doing some activities that he should not be doing. Thor's panicking, and he needs the help of all the all the people across the galaxy that he invited to this big party to clean up his mess. So no more slingshot with the St. <laughs> Louis Arch. No more no more playing around with the Statue of Liberty. Uh, no more leaning Tower of Pisa, leaning a little bit too far. They get everything cleaned up. Frigga comes back, and you know he. He's having this fake study session. He's studying with all of his uh, friends across the galaxy. Although, you know, he gives himself up because they forget to clean off Mjolnir and there's a ton of shit like Mardi Gras beads. And there was some draws graffiti. on there for sure. <laughs> some pair of draws on Mjolnir. Like, what? Whose were those? Like, who's getting busy with Mjolnir? Them was, was Jane's, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, Thor's really, he's really he on that because he's really back and forth. Which, that was also another nice thing to see. Like, again, seeing the interaction between Thor and Jane as characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know that's one of the things that like a lot of people didn't like about those first movies. Like, mm. oh, Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth don't really have chemistry and da 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 da. You know, which I didn't. I didn't totally buy into. Although I do think that their romance kind of got in the way of certain things. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that there's a lot that they can still do with that. Um, they're both extremely talented, of course. And yeah. as we know, the Jane Foster of it all, she becomes Thor, and she's yep. going to become Thor at some point in Love and Thunder. Yep. We've already been teased that, so mm-hmm. I think there's a lot there. Um, and then, like, the big final scene of this, another big cliffhanger, as we've gotten every week with What If, um, we see Ultron, but it's Vision as Ultron, and he has all of the Infinity Stones embedded in the Ultron outfit, um, yeah. which was a crazy a crazy visual. I will say, the one thing that I didn't like about this episode, and the one thing that I've, I'm starting to get a little annoyed by all these What If episodes, are the cliffhangers at the end, mm-hmm. just because I'm like... Where are we going with these? Like, are they mm-hmm. actually going to develop into stories that we tell? Because we get one, like, every week at this point. Yeah. And this Ultron vision combination actually looks like it's going to be, you know, uh, the, the the focus of this week's upcoming episode based on the poster that they just released. But all that other stuff that we saw, whether it was Ego approaching, um, you know, Star-Lord or Dairy Queen, or the interaction from last week between Shuri and Pepper, or the cliffhanger of Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet as a zombie in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. All these cliffhangers every week have not led to anything, and we're not really sure if they ever will. Like, I, maybe this is season two stuff, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. We just don't have any direction. So that's the only thing that kind of annoyed me about this episode and just really everything that we've gotten at the at the conclusion of all of these what if episodes. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because we know the team up is coming. That's what is is the part that we can't figure out, right? Uh again, you we you go through the teasers, the the trailers, you literally see uh the this Thor that we see in this episode in those teasers and trailers. We see uh, uh, the the T'Challa Star Lord. We see, you know, literally any and everybody um, that we've seen so far in all these episodes. Even even uh, um, Sup- Doctor Strange, Supreme, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's like, but they all have villains. <laughs> so you know, and they all are like pulling up on people. We got like a whole, what was it? Was it Zombie Thanos? What was it? It was Zombie. Uh, 
Yeah, it was what zombies was, that went, went, yeah. when uh yeah when he had yeah. the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, we had we got zombies Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet pulling up, and we got freaking Vision inside of an Ultron suit with Infinity Stones as well. Like yeah, how does this so, work? Like is the, is the team up really more like a Sinister Six? Like you know what I mean? Like are all mm. these villains coming together? Maybe mm. is that where they're going? But I, I'm worried because the the time's running out. Like we don't we don't have a lot of episodes left um, unless they're gonna like surprise us. The last two episodes are movies, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah, it's, it's just it, it just doesn't make sense right now. So I think I agree. Um, part of me is like, ooh, a new cliffhanger. This is the crazy thing they decide to do. Another part of me, I'm like, but what's next? Like, yeah. what what when is the fight happening? Like, tell us. It's about time to start putting these people together. Put the yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it could be season two stuff, but I, I think they can't just leave. You know, Thor doesn't look at uh, Ultron Vision and just walk out to go fight somebody else. You know what I mean? Like these has these things have to be resolved. So I'm 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 also just as lost. Hopefully they can pull it together in the right you know uh, kind of concrete way. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how episode nine ends specifically. That'll be the season finale. Because they, they did announce that this initially was going to be a 10-episode season, but they mm-hmm. decided to take that 10th episode and move it to season two. So I'm very curious to see how things are going to be left off here. So lots to look forward to. Um, any other thoughts about this episode? Any of the like, Easter eggs you picked up or just like notable things? I know we co- we covered a lot of all the different cameos. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Clancy Brown back as Surtur. That was just hilarious. Um Taika Waititi was back here as Korg. Um, you already mentioned Jeff Goldblum as Grandmaster, which he's just, I mean. I love that dude, bro. What on earth? Like, he, they had scooters by the end of it, and he just. He's like, I'm he taking these hoes. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he get those from? Like, did he go to Walmart and just take those out of a Walmart? Like, bro, I forgot what it was insanity. Said, by the way, I'm taking the scoot scoots or whatever they're called. I was <laughs> the like. Scoot scoot, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, I can't deal with y'all. Yo, Jeff Goldblum is a national treasure. Uh, but yeah, any any other thoughts about this episode before we move on? Yeah, man, not too much. Um, shout out to the uh, Superman three homage by putting together back together everything um, in the world. I thought that was dope too. Even though it's like, damn, Superman and in Marvel, it's like it's like it's okay. You know, they can they can the two can meet sometimes. Um, and the other only other thing is the weird eerie silhouette of the vision the vision. Uh, Ultron thing going on kind of looks mm-hmm. like Galactus a little bit, but whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Like, it, there's no way it's on accident because it's, it's even like the things coming out like this, like yeah. around the head thing that they're doing. Galactus literally has those. I, I'm not saying it's like intentional, but I'm like, there's no way you're not drawing that and going like, damn, this look kind of like Galactus. Like, yeah, just, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, whatever. But yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. They might you, you never know with them. Anything anything can become canon and can become real for us before we even know it. So you never know. But those are our thoughts on this week's episode of What If We'll of course be back next week to break down episode eight. Please put down the sword. 
great idea. Journey to face the unknown. And ponder the question. Now, we just got episode eight of What If. We're barreling towards the end of this series. We are almost near the finish line. And the most recent episode was entitled What If Ultron Won? So this is an episode that we expected, that we were looking forward to. We saw some teasers and some promotional artwork about Ultron and Vision and the combination of of those two characters in particular. And so they actually just went straight forward with this story and, Mm -hmm. and talked about, you know, if Ultron actually came on top after the events of Avengers Age of Ultron back in 2015. So with that said, if you haven't seen this episode, definitely go ahead and duck out now because we will, as we always do, spoil this episode and talk um, exact details about it. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go watch it and come back and pick up our discussion about what if. So um, with that said, man, overall, just you know, general high-level thoughts, tell me what you thought about what if. Man, you know me. I, I love the darkness. Um, and this gave me the action and the darkness, man. Uh, I'm gonna just come straight out and say this is probably this is top three for me, easy of the series. I really loved everything I think going on in this episode because, uh, uh, again, I, I I guess I'll talk about it later. Not 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 yet, right in the spoiler section. But um, this is one of those again moments where what if is allowed to shine, and it gives us so much comic book so much comic book-esque things that Marvel could felt like, you could tell they felt like they couldn't do in a lot of their live action films. And they come back here and they literally, again, I think they knock it um, out of the park in a lot of different ways. Sure, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect episode, but there are, um, it, it, it means more for, for a comic book nerd to what is going on in the world, right? Like things are kind of starting to come together a little bit. Uh, and I think a lot of payoffs, again, are about to happen. And that is just one that's really interesting. Uh, the animation in this episode, Whew. I think it, I think it's the best. Top-notch. I think it's, I think it's out of, out of all the episodes, I think animation wise, this is the one mm-hmm. like there's so many shots and things happening and action and, and it all just looks beautiful. There's even a moment they pause for you. And they're like, look how beautiful this is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we're able to, to embrace uh, uh, that beauty, man. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting because the the style, you know, you've talked about it before. It, it works for some things and it doesn't work so much for other things. And we've gotten, I think, we've hit that stride in the show where I think it's just going to be good from here on out because there's so much action and cosmic things happening um, to where it's like episode nine is probably going to be just as beautiful as this one is, you know? Um, and, I, and I think that's really uh, interesting, too. Uh, so, yeah, man, there's a lot of, again, implications in this episode. There's a lot of things to dig into and to talk about. I mean, it's, it's a lot to talk about. Um, but again, overall, I really did love this episode and I'm actually have to revisit, uh, maybe zombies and maybe T'Challa as Star-Lord to figure out what my order of my top three is. We've had a lot of questions about what if things that we've been curious about, not knowing exactly where this story was going to end by the end of this season. This seems to be a constant trend with these Marvel shows. There's, there's typically a, a mystery at the center that has to be figured out. And we finally have some answers and we have a sense of direction as we get towards this final episode that'll come out. And watching this was just, it was just a sight to behold. It was beautiful. I think it was everything that I I wanted What If to be from the beginning. 
and it rectifies a big problem with a movie in the MCU. I mean, listen, Avengers yes. Age of Ultron, it's an okay movie. It's not terrible by any stretch. You could do right. you could do much worse than Avengers Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. believe me. Absolutely. The biggest problem for me with that movie, beyond some of the smaller things, beyond it being overcrowded and, and being pretty much a setup movie for the rest of the Infinity Saga, the biggest problem for me is that the Age of Ultron lasted like five minutes. Like, it wasn't really the Age of Ultron. It was like the three days of Ultron type shit. Like he didn't really do anything. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like he, Mm -hmm. he took over the AI. He had the Avengers, you know, sort of reeling and he was planning to, 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 to cleanse the world, you know, to make the world a, you know, a more peaceful place without the Avengers in it. And his plan ultimately failed. You know, they were never going to lose and they, they defeated him in Sokovia. Now there's obviously ramifications within the MCU about the Sokovia Accords and how that led to civil war, so on and so forth. But Ultron himself, we know from the comic books, he is one of the most deadly villains in Marvel universe lore like he absolutely Mm -hmm. is top tier and so when you see that movie although given a great performance by James Spader as the voice of Ultron um, and I believe the motion capture as well it just didn't satisfy how how much of a threat that you wanted him to be not to the level of Mm -hmm. Thanos of course like they put they put all their chips on Thanos in the live action stuff here fuck Ultron is the he's the guy he is the big bad like they literally have a moment here where Ultron just eviscerates Thanos. He laser beams him out of existence like within two seconds of, of seeing <laughs> Thanos. There's no questions asked. Thanos walks through a portal and it's over for him. So instantly Ultron becomes the biggest threat in the Marvel Universe and it makes you question like, damn, if this actually happened, if Ultron did win, in fact, if he was able to reach his perfect form with Vision as a part of him, would he have been mm-hmm. the most powerful villain in all of Marvel? And I think that this makes a great case that he would have been because of just the ambition yeah. that he had, the the vision that he had, no pun intended, and of course just the the unrelenting hunger that he had, which the hunger aspect we'll we'll talk about as well because there, I mean, you mentioned it last week. There are so many nods to to other things, but regardless of that, I, I just think that this was a great episode. It does it does a lot of good work to set up, you know, obviously the excitement for next week to see how it all ends and and ultimately. Mm-hmm this becomes a story that ultimately is connected. It's not as much of an anthology as we thought, which some people will be critical of, and I think rightfully so. I think that that's a fair thing. You know, mm-hmm. we, we could argue and, and, and think about the, the idea of like, well, you know, would Marvel be satisfied with, you know, truly making a, an isolated anthology story that has no ramifications for anything? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. have I expressed a desire for that? Absolutely. I've expressed a desire to just do something that's not connected to the MCU. Like, for fuck's sake, let's just do something that has no repercussions. This doesn't seem like it'll 100% be that, but it might still be. We don't really know. We'll have to see the next episode. Be that as it may, I still just had so much fun with this. Um, I think it's probably top two for me, uh, to be honest with you. I think that this is mm-hmm. this and the Doctor Strange episode for me are just like really the true mm-hmm. high watermarks of this show. Um, and so I just had a great time with it. We're going to talk about the specific details here, of course. Um, so let's just start off with Ultron, obviously, because this show, this episode specifically was about him. So the beginning of it sees him, again, reach his perfect form with Vision. So we know that in Avengers Age of Ultron, that's what he was attempting to do. He was unsuccessful. Uh, I think it was Dr. Helen Cho in that movie was able to stop Ultron from reaching that perfect form and merging with Vision and having the Mind Stone at his disposal. But here he's able to do that. Tony dies again for the fifth time in this show. I mean, for fuck's sake, they're just like, <laughs> what they got against Tony and Robert Downey Jr.? I mean, I th- maybe they're just trying to get us to really move past him. I don't know. But he kills Tony mm-hmm. again. He kills other Avengers. And he has this vibranium body again with Vision. And he kills Thanos for the Infinity Stones. We see Thanos come through a portal, similar how he how he did in Infinity War, and he has most of the stones. So he's trying to approach Vision to get the Mind Stone. That's the final stone that he needs. Vision just 
completely just eviscerates him, you know, laser beams him in half, uh, very gruesome, and takes the Infinity Stones for himself. And now all of a sudden, he's the most powerful being in the universe. And from there, he yeah. launches this global nuclear holocaust and then proceeds to conquer the entire universe. He goes to, you know, most planets that we've seen in the MCU. He goes to Asgard, destroys it. He goes to the Sovereign, where the Guardians of the Galaxy are. Mm-hmm. annihilates that then he goes to sakar you know which is the, the the garbage planet that the grand master is in charge of and completely just you know gets rid of that he even destroys ego which you know ego is a celestial and he destroys ego and then the final stop he makes is on xandar and we see captain marvel attempts to stop him from you know decimating that planet but she's unsuccessful and he continues he continues his annihilation there and um ultimately after he's conquered all of these different worlds he's conquered pretty much the entire universe at this point He's obviously not done. He obviously wants more. He wants to conquer more. He's not satisfied. And then he hears the voice of Uatu the Watcher. He hears him speaking. Ultron is able to sense and and feel the presence of this other being, this otherworldly being that we've seen hinted at before. We know that Doctor Strange also had a similar moment in his episode. We see that Ultron mm-hmm. is having that same moment here, and ultimately that, that leads to a confrontation between the two. But before we get to that, man, just what did you think about just this whole setup with Ultron and just like seeing him on this path of destruction, you know, for this entire episode? Yeah, man. Uh, again, we talked about it. This is closer, I think, to to some of the comic book Ultron that we were looking for and I think uh, a lot of common nerds are going to be satisfied with this um, and be happy that Ultron really is a force to be reckoned with like imagine destroying everything in the world and you know Ultron does have that Thanos moment right where he's like damn I guess I completed it because as a, as a machine as still something who was built off AI at the end of the day he was like well I guess my my mission is done, right? That my programming has been complete. Now what? Then he enters another level of consciousness because there's nothing else. Um, and to be able to to come into the same place as, as as Uatu is like beyond me, right? We've never seen anybody really touch anything like that again, except for a Wanda and Doctor Strange. Like you know, like nobody has ever been able to do anything of the sorts. Not Thanos is, has always been more of a physical threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he ain't got he ain't out here with no cosmic powers thinking about Uatu, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like this it's it's wild to see um the the ways in which, you know, this is turning out. It actually reminds me a lot of a uh, you know, uh, I, I always praise Doctor Doom as one of the best of Marvel villains of all time. And one of those reasons is um the uh, the Marvel game. What is it called? Um, what's the name of that dang game? I know what you're talking uh, about, and I can't think about it. Um, uh, it's Avengers. It's Avengers something, game? right? Um, uh, or I could I could be I could be mistaken, but he was he was one of the central antagonists of a Marvel game that yeah, they yeah, yeah. a long time ago. And it and he was just kicking ass yeah. and killing. I mean, he was killing X Men. He was killing Avengers. You know what I mean? He was really killing everybody, and that's what this reminds me of that ability um just to 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 get in and, and and be that force. And I think and what's also so interesting and something they did so well here is they still kept all the best and I guess worst parts of Tony Stark, right? Um um in this story where uh again what they did change for Ultron was a lot of that came from Hank Pym before. Um and it's still it's still crazy. I like how they honed more into like you know how Ultron forgets the word children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, and, and you still feel feel that here, where a lot of a lot of um, Tony Stark's darkness 
it's still coming through Ultron in all the worst ways. Um, and it's just good, man. It's just it's just it's just really dark um, and really entertaining. And I, I honestly can't. I know we're going to see more, but like, oh, man, like who's going to stop this guy? You know, like, and how are you going to stop this guy? Um, and I, I love all the callbacks too. you know, um, the, the only person that can, uh, destroy, destroy, uh, Ultron is, uh, our boy, uh, Zeno, Z, Z, Oh, Zola. Yeah. Arnim Zola. Zola, yeah. man, I'm having all the brain parts today, <laughs> but, uh, but Zola, man. And I, I just, I just love how I think they're construction, uh, constructing this, um, in the right ways. Yeah. I mean, just a true force to be reckoned with here. Just, uh, the, the way that they, envisioned Ultron in this episode was just, you know, this unstoppable force spreading across the galaxy, spreading across the universe, and just decimation and annihilation followed him. And I really enjoyed seeing that just because I wanted to see that 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 due diligence paid to a, a really beloved Marvel villain who is extremely powerful, can be if you if you portray him correctly and you know give him the the weight and the gravity gravity that you need to in order to get people mm-hmm. to really buy into the story. And this is one of those things that, you know, they I, you know, I understand that they, they just really couldn't achieve in live action, especially in 2015. Like, they, we hadn't even visited many of these places by that point. Like, we didn't know about mm-hmm. the Sovereign. We didn't know about Saqqara. We hadn't explored Ego. Like, a lot of these locations that he went and conquered, we, haven't even, we hadn't even visited yet in the MCU. So, there's a sense of, you know, history and lineage to the show that we just didn't have, right? Like, having yeah. all of this new context, everything that they did in the Infinity Saga, we've been exposed to more planets and more characters and more species, more of the galactic elements of marvel that that we all you know really dearly love and wanted to see portray on screen so now that we have that context and we have that work that's been completed we can take something from a prior movie you know that might not have worked as well and recontextualize it with this you know this what if story this multiverse story and then create something totally new much more in line with what we what we wanted to see out of ultron my big question you know out of this because he does reach a new level of consciousness does this make mm-hmm. Ultron a Nexus being? Because we've explored Nexus beings before. We we suspect that Wanda is one. There were clues hinted to that, uh, her being the Scarlet Witch, that she can exist across multiple timelines and multiple, you know, mm-hmm. multiversal universes, for lack of a better term. Does this also make Ultron that same type of presence that he's able to just like hop and go across different multiverse timelines at his at his own will? Uh, I think he has to be at this point, right? Like who else? Uh, you know that I think that's always the question when you're trying to figure out who's the nexus being or who's an omega level mutant. <laughs> you know, it's like who else can do this? Uh, <laughs> and when like the answer is probably like five people on the list or three, even two or one, it's like yeah, he, this, he might have to be considered a nexus being, man. Um, again, uh, you you heard me say last episode where he. He started to kind of look like Galactus, and here we are here in like some near Galactus-looking form, uh, uh, and you know, um, I, I knew I wasn't the only person that felt like that after, uh, after the because after the episode aired, Galactus was actually trending on Twitter. I said, "Oh, I wasn't tripping." <laughs> yeah, I said, I, "I knew I wasn't tripping after I seen that." I said, "Yep, I'm not crazy," um, but again, be, even for us to even being able to make that comparison, I think kind of answers the question um, that he he. It may not say it on paper, but the the man that reached Nexus being level, um, for sure. So yeah. Well, him even being able to reach that larger form and literally take a bite out of the galaxy was very Galactus. Like we know Galactus yeah. is a planet eating type of villain. Mm-hmm. He doesn't literally eat them, you know, in, in a lot of his iterations. But here, I right. think we just get a pure nod to it. Just like 
oh yeah, you know, this is something we can always come back to. Like, yeah, we're going to do it with Ultron mm-hmm. now in animated form, but obviously Galactus is in their back pocket for, for down the line. We'll see. The only thing about Ultron in this episode that I wish we would have had, uh, and I guess it just wasn't fe- feasible, I just really wish James Spader was the voice because it was kind of weird yeah. to have... It, 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 I don't, so Ross Marquand was the voice of Ultron here, and Ross Marquand, he's worked with you know the MCU before. He actually did Red Skull and Infinity War because Hugo Weaving, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't going to come back for that role. So Ross Marquand does an incredible Hugo Weaving Red Skull impression, and so they used him <laughs> for that movie. And I mean, phenomenal! Like you really can't tell the difference if you're not paying mm-hmm. close, close attention. Um, here is a voice actor in this particular role was he was fine, you know, but I, I think. Man, James Spader just has such a deep, heavy, big voice, big bombastic creepy. voice. Yeah, and all yeah, a little <laughs> creepy as well. It's you know, it's hard to it's hard to try to replicate that. So I did miss him being in this episode, but you know, small nitpick, just something to mention. Um, another big mm-hmm. focus of this episode, which I didn't expect, um, Nat and Clint were the only surviving yes. Avengers here, right? Like we see Black Widow and Hawkeye developing their relationship even further they're pretty much the only two surviving avengers working actively against ultron and they have to go on a mission so they figure out a way that they could potentially defeat him um they actually have to download arnim zola's artificial intelligence from a hydra base and then upload it to ultron's mind to be able to destroy him that's that's the way that they figured out after talking to zola they go back to that hydra base um that we saw i believe it was in captain america civil war it was that same base that tony bucky and cap ended up at the end of the movie so they go to that Mm -hmm. same hydra base and they have this conversation with zola obviously there's a bit of conflict they're going back and forth zola doesn't want to help them but then they convince him to and they're going to utilize his ai in order to destroy ultron and then we ultimately see Clint sacrifices himself to save Natasha. They have a very, Mm -hmm. very similar moment to what happened in Avengers Endgame, the back and forth Mm -hmm. and who's going to survive, who's going to sacrifice themselves. This time around, Clint, he is pretty much at the end of his run. He doesn't want to fight anymore. He's all out of motivation. He's out of gas. He just doesn't feel like going through this anymore, especially because in this nuclear holocaust that Ultron has uh, launched, he's lost his family. He's lost his wife and his children, um, presumably. Mm -hmm. And so he just really doesn't feel like he has anything left to live for. And so he gives himself up in order to save Nat. So what did you just ultimately think about, you know, Nat and Clint, the two Avengers with no powers, being the center of the story against the most powerful villain we've seen in Marvel thus far? Yeah, the first like weird fun fact about all of this is a, in the original Age of Ultron, uh, one of the runs in the comics, it was actually Nat and Moon uh, Moon Knight. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, but also, you know, this dude Hawkeye, how are, how is he even alive? Like, is his cloak <laughs> like is it like a Harry Potter cloak? He, he like, bought he bought that just, from Young Harry. He had to, bro. Can they can they just not see him? Because I was like, bro, how? There's no way this dude's alive. Um, but I think, you know, this is another one of those kind of semi-smart decisions, right? Um, where, of course, we see that moment where Captain Marvel uh, makes the Skynet joke, right? Yep. And Ultron is supposed to feel very Terminator-ish. Well, we've seen a lot of movies. I don't know. I, Robot, whatever. All kind of movies where, uh, even like Resident Evil, when Nemesis is around, mm-hmm. where he'll scan the area. And he'll look at certain people and be like, hey, he's a threat. He's not a threat. He's not a threat. He's not a threat. And there's, I just think there's a flaw in, in Ultron's programming that doesn't make the two people without powers uh, a, uh, a priority, right? Mm. Um, and so that's that's why I think we're like, we're, we got Clinton at, again, the two people who don't have powers. And in my mind, that's brilliant, right? Because who else to save the world but the two people Ultron kind of 
maybe doesn't care about at this point in time um, who are still Avengers. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was really great, great writing on this part. But I loved every bit of this. You know, this is something I actually didn't think I was going to get to see again. Right. Be- I mean, the, the woman's dead. <laughs> the, the woman's dead. Right. Um, and and uh, this is another one of those things I think is what what if is about uh, to, to its core. Um, being able to switch the situation. Uh, they have to save the world again. Because you think about Endgame. You, you, we don't have this back and forth between them two. What happens in Endgame? Everything's over. <laughs> you know, yeah. everything's over. You don't have a stone. So, you know, we're, 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 we're back here um, in, in, in Age of, of Ultron or this, this Age of Ultron story. And we're, again, just playing with this dynamic of, of Nat and, and Clint again, man. And it's just really, I think they just did a good job. I think they did. Like, they just understood the assignment. Marvel understood the assignment, I think. Um, because it, we always talk about it in every what if episode, there's just multiple what ifs. Every episode, there's just multiple what ifs. This one is what if Clint gave his life instead of um, uh, Black Widow. And uh, yeah, man, I, very enjoyable across the board. One of my favorite moments uh, is when Nat gets hold of the Red Guardian shield. I mean, mm, yeah. 10 out of 10. Um, the moment where all the, the, the Ultron bots, I mean, we we have to talk about this part where all the Ultron bots are chasing uh, Nat and Clint up the I don't even know what it's called shaft. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like yeah, it's uh, like this tower almost that they have to explain. silo. Yeah, it's like a tower. Yeah, um, and again we get the shot when Clint is like, "Fuck it, it's my time," mm-hmm. um, and uh, he goes and sacrifices himself, and the and everything pauses, and you see one man against many you know being able to sacrifice himself y'all better put respect on hawkeye's name okay i also have to say this is probably my favorite opening of a what if episode mm. um where clint is just going crazy <laughs> um yeah. and and it's and it's very reminiscent of what he was doing to the chitauri and avengers right um it, it kind of reminded me of the same thing but uh yeah a lot of i don't, I don't think any of the openings like really open like that we're just like which is also interesting because Age of Ultron opened like that, right? The Avengers were just whooping ass at the beginning of Age of Ultron. Um, and here uh, we get Clint doing that, that 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 same thing. So, yeah, man. Um, shout out to to also the random Indiana Jones. Oh, the Raiders uh, reference. Ra- 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 Raiders yeah. reference made in this, in this episode, too. There's also some Star Wars in here, low-key, um, where, like, there's there's a beacon that they press that, like, oh, uh, yeah. reminded me crazy yeah. um i was like hmm we see what you're doing here marvel slash disney slash star wars uh but yeah um what, again lucasfilm indiana jones reference right but uh a uh, really cool uh dynamic again that we got here with nat and clint i appreciate marvel's insistence on placing importance on the most human characters out of the original six avengers Nat and Clint have gotten a lot of shit for being humans with no powers or part of this, mm-hmm. you know, overpowered team. You have a Thor, the right. God of Thunder. You have Captain America, Super Soldier. You have the incredible fucking Hulk, right? You have billionaire Tony Stark. And then you got Nat and Clint. You know, one has a bow and arrow. One <laughs> shoots guns and has, like, you know, electro sort of things that she batons. shoots. Yeah, batons and stuff that she, shoot, you know, wields. So they've they've caught a lot of shit, but... Time and time again, Marvel Studios, they continue to place importance on these two characters and how and how much they really are integral to the story that they tell every time out to the Avengers. You know, we've seen it 
in the team-up movies, and we've seen it individually happen. Again, as you mentioned, in Endgame, none of that works if one of them doesn't sacrifice themselves to save half of the universe, literally half of the universe. Natasha's sacrifice allows him to do that. Clint, you know, funnily enough, in the Age of Ultron movie, him having a family and being able to escape allows the Avengers mm-hmm. to recoup and, and and gather themselves in order to prepare for the fight against Ultron. They did they they were they were basically you know shoved out of out of out of Avengers headquarters. They had nowhere to go, and Clint he was the only one that had you know a place for them to stay so that they can mm-hmm. you know gather themselves and prepare. Um, and there's other moments here and there. You know, we obviously just got the Black Widow film, and we know how much you know how important that was to set up. Obviously, Elaine in the future. We're going to get Hawkeye later this year. So they just continue to place importance on these characters that that don't have powers, and I appreciate that. And here we just get more time to spend with Nat and Clint. We get to see that that brother and sister bond develop even more that we've that that established itself way back in 2012 in the original Avengers film, and that continues to de- to de- develop over the course of these films and TV series, even with one of them being gone and dead. You know, and I think that that's just like mm-hmm. I think this is just great work, and I enjoyed it. You know, and I think that. Um, it ultimately allows just a spotlight to be shined on on other folks. Now, you risk killing Tony Stark seven times within a season, but they've done that. You know, I mean, Tony Tony had his time. Clear, clearly, Marvel's like, yeah, Robert Downey, bro, you had your time. You led this whole thing mm-hmm. for ten years. It's time to go ahead and shine a light on other people. Did yeah. they have to kill him this many times in a series? I don't know about that, but be that as it may, you know, I'm glad that. Nat and Kling got this time to, 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 you know, have this, have this, this character interaction and this important story moment for themselves. Um, but the big thing in this episode that we've been speculating yep. about for a few weeks that we've been wondering and, and, you know, just assuming would happen the watcher, he's very integral to this episode. I know a few weeks ago we asked the question, is he going to get involved? When is he going to get involved? That nigga keeps getting closer and closer, closer and closer. And, closer. Yep. and by this episode, he's completely shook. He is absolutely taken aback by the power of Ultron and how significant the stakes are at this point. And the Watcher inadvertently becomes involved. You know, he very much still wants to step back. He very much wants to not be involved and interfere, but he really has no choice. He's forced to. Um, so much so that he he has that moment with Nat and Clint in the middle of the episode where they're looking for information about how to destroy Ultron and they're looking through the files at the Hydra base and they can't find stuff. Clint's ready to give mm-hmm. up. And Watsu's just there like, no, wait, don't give up. Like, you're human. <laughs> you're supposed to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. Like, continue. Keep going. And you just, yeah. you're sitting there looking at the screen like, I'm leaning forward on the couch like, Watsu, bro. Like, do something, bro. Knock the shit off just the shelf. To do something. Yeah, like, do anything. <laughs> anything. Like, we gotta, we gotta, like, everything is at stake now. We gotta do something. And he doesn't. But ultimately, Ultron and the, and the power of Ultron is able to discover Watsu. And he's able to cross the multiverse he's able to go outside the lines and he finds uatu because he hears his voice and they have a confrontation and these two fight it out in this episode Mm -hmm. and by god i think it's the best fight that we've gotten in the series thus far it's it's my favorite fight i mean the doctor strange fight was incredible the thor and captain marvel fight was also very much awesome but this was just another level i I just loved Everything about this battle between these two, we see Uatu go in full fucking form. He leveled up. He went Super Mm -hmm. Saiyan, basically, and it just was on from there. What did you just think about, you know, Uatu's involvement in this episode and ultimately the fight between him and Ultron? I love the fact that Jeffrey Wright is playing this character um, because I just keep putting black connotation on Uatu all the time now. I was like, yep, he ain't no bitch. Like, this this nigga really just, he ain't taking no shit. This nigga just be like leveling up, man. 
Um, and it, it really just shows, but seriously, how powerful Watu is, right? We just seen this dude, Ultron, cut Thanos in half. Balance is all things should be, right? No, but it it it's like we're finally, I think, I think we're finally starting to understand power levels of certain things and certain people. Mm. Um, and now that we're touching someone like a watcher, they they had to make it uh, uh, in the way they did, right? Nothing could should happen to Watu like it happened to again uh, uh, the Guardians or Captain Marvel or Thanos, you know, um, because he is literally supposed to be that powerful. Um, he may not be like a fighter, right? In the in the sense of the original sense of the word, but he can fight mm. uh, because because he has that power. And so uh, I think that was one of the most important things for this fight for me. It was like, yep, Uatu ain't no bitch. Like, let's go. Like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. um, but it also does show how powerful Ultron really is, too. Mm, yeah. Toe to toe. It did. Yeah, it did such a good job, I think, at mo- making both things important and powerful. And it, it, it did a little bit of lifting uh, to help people understand, again, these power dynamics and how strong these 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 two beings are at this point in the universe in this episode of what if uh so yeah man i I, of course i just thought it was really dope like you said it's probably my favorite fight that i've seen thus far and again i think it's because like damn like when in live action have we said have we have ever said we are watching uatu the watcher and ultron if he had actually gotten vision's body Mm. fighting yeah what like I would if you told me something like that would happen five years ago. I'd be like, "Go home! Like you're lying. <laughs> like there's it, it, there's no way." Right. But you know, like here here we are, um, and we talked about it again after we watched Wandavision. The weird shit is here, um, and, and it's just really dope to see me, and I enjoyed it. That's excellent, you know, perspective on Uatsu's place in this entire series and his place in the universe and how he's sat back, he's allowed things to happen, even even the darkest of things, such as what happened with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange literally mm-hmm. destroyed an entire universe on his own, you know, so yeah. he's existing in a place mm-hmm. that doesn't exist anymore in parallel to all these other universes that still exist. Um, but furthermore, when these two fight, I mean, it just goes completely into Jack Kirby territory. It was beautiful to see... I love yeah. the, the 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 glass breaking aesthetic of going through different mm-hmm. multiverses. Like we ended up in Times Square, and then all of a sudden they're in Wakanda, and they're traveling different yep. planets because of all these different timelines that they're going through. They even had the Kirby crackle up here a couple of times. It was just mm-hmm. gorgeous. I'm just like, what the? F- this is what we've been waiting to see for such a long time, <laughs> and we have, we have, we have to see this suit that Uatu has in live action. I don't care. We need to see this armor, yes. this suit that he's wearing in live action. If we don't get Jeffrey Wright as Uatu in live <laughs> action, wearing this fucking outfit, I am going to riot because it is so gorgeous. And when he just levels up and powers up, it's like, oh, shit. Like, and it's just so well done because we've been waiting on it. We we waited yeah. eight episodes for it, right? It wouldn't be as meaningful mm-hmm. If in episode two they they whipped that out, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and did it too early. Instead, they allowed us to get frustrated even at times. Like again with the Doctor Strange episode, because that obviously connects to this one. It's like, damn, bro, you really could have done something. Like you just let this entire mm-hmm. universe collapse. Like I was really frustrated with Uatu after that. And then there's three more episodes. He still doesn't do shit, right? So it's not until episode mm-hmm. eight that he becomes involved, even though it might have been inadvertently. And 
you just absolutely root for him because you know that he's still a protector at the end of the day. Like he's not out to annihilate and conquer. He's he's here to protect and he just doesn't interfere, but he is all powerful and just on another level entirely. And that does equally make Ultron even scarier because Ultron was whooping his ass for a lot of the fight. Not all of the fight, you know. No, for sure. Watsu got his licks mm-hmm. in, but Ultron was going nuts. So crazy. Um, mm-hmm. It was beautiful to see. I just loved it. The animation was gorgeous. It, it worked, I think, the best here for sure. Um, and then the end of the episode, you know, Watsu is reeling. He is he he doesn't know what to do. And ultimately, he finds Strange Supreme, the the you know the more mm-hmm. dark, sinister version of Doctor Strange that we got in Episode Four that was responsible for the collapse of his universe. And he seeks him out for help. He needs the help of Strange Supreme, and that sets us up for Episode Nine, which seemingly yeah. is going to be what we've been speculating this entire season: a group of Avengers, a, a, a team of Avengers from multiple universes coming together to defeat this one true villain of this show. And uh, it looks like T'Challa Star-Lord will come back. We just got the release of the poster for Gamora um, in, in, in the Thanos armor. So it seems like mm-hmm. she's going to be in the episode. Strange Supreme. I think Thor's going to come back from from preview footage that I've seen. So it looks like we're going to get a, a, a cross-galaxy, cross-dimensional Avengers team, which, you know, again, who would have thought that we would have ended up here? But uh, any expectations or hopes for the season finale for What If next week? Nah, man, not really. Uh, I'm I'm trying to keep everything low <laughs> on purpose. Uh, I think it's in their interest to make it a slightly longer episode. I'll say that. Mm. Um, hopefully they do that because um, even though we like understand the team up already, it's still like, okay, bro, why why are you coming over from this dimension? How do you meet up here? And I, I think a lot of that stuff takes time. Um, but again, in the trailers, we've already seen a lot of these people meeting, right? Whether it's um, Strange Supreme and Thor or like, you know, we, we really have seen um, a lot of these people already together. And I, it, it seems like Strange is going to do most of the recruiting um, for Uatu or I don't know how it's going to work, <laughs> but that, that seems like that's kind of what's going on. So, again, no really uh, big expectations. I just really hope they make it good um, and that. Gamora shows up also whipping ass because we haven't seen her yet. Uh, so I, I hope this. Uh, I hope they utilize her um, how I how I want them to. But that's it for sure. Well, we will of course be back next week to talk about the season finale for What If. So if you've seen this episode, episode eight of What If, What If Ultron won, hit us up and let us know. What if, what if, the Watcher broke his oath? Follow me. Enter the multiverse of infinite possibilities. Heroes are not born. They're forged in darkness. So, where's the fight? Shaped in battle. Defined by sacrifice. Hi. We do not back down from a fight. Witness the biggest heroes. Of the multiverse. As I mentioned, this is the season finale, and the title of this episode, episode nine, was What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? So, 
Spoiler warning is in full effect. If you've not seen the season finale of What If, definitely go check it out. Duck out right now. Go check it out and then come back and listen to our thoughts on this. We will be spoiling this episode as we've done each and every week. So we're here, man. We're at the, at the end of the show. We've been waiting on the season finale to see what was going to unfold in the final episode of What If here. And mm-hmm. we got a lot of setup last week, obviously, with the Ultron episode. What if Ultron won? That really sort of set in motion what we were going to get in this episode. And we've been speculating all season what this team <laughs> was going to be, that we were going to see. What were these heroes and the combination of these heroes going to be? Why were they going to come together? There's been Easter eggs and different teases and things mentioned all throughout this season that have led to this moment. And we officially got the Guardians of the Multiverse. That was the team that we got in this episode, and they were going to take on Ultron. So we'll talk about the specifics of what we saw in this episode. But just quickly, like general, you know, your sort of like high top level thoughts on what you thought about not only this episode of What If, but just like did it work for uh, as a finale for this entire season and did it wrap things up nicely for you? Yeah, man, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, It doesn't crack my top three. Uh, I think some reason, a lot of times I'll just do like some of the smaller stories. It just depends, right? Um, But I think it was a good uh, finale. Uh, There was just like maybe like one plot point that was too predictable. Other than that, I had a good time. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, I loved um, all the Easter eggs that were brought in from previous episodes. I thought that was well done. Um, there's a, there is a setup for season two. I thought that was good. You know that um, that we we were able to get that in this episode. The animation and design still going crazy, man. Uh, I I mean, shoot, they I can't wait to see more. I wonder if they're gonna upgrade for season two because I'm like, how can you <laughs> get? Can you get better than like they they've really been killing it? I think. Um, again, once we got used to that, that the way it looked, it all just again started to be to come together, and it really did uh, uh, get beautiful. I love how there's also um, again not even Easter eggs from previous episodes, but Easter eggs in, from the entire MCU that was being said. Right? There's even like a Black Widow Easter, not necessarily Easter egg, but a mention. I was like, oh, they actually mm-hmm. said that. Um, good job. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to checking out season two. Uh, and you know, again, seeing the continuation of some of these stories because there's still some people missing um, that we'll talk about later that they haven't, you know, kind of brought up. But uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think What If as a series uh, has been, has done what they set it out to do. Um, and it's been good, not perfect, but it has been good. Um, and I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed myself watching these every week, man. I'm happy it exists. And yeah, man, that's how I feel. I had a good time too. Uh, I agree. Probably not my top three, but still a still a solid episode. I think that this was this was going to be the inevitable conclusion, especially after what we saw last week. Like it was going to be a team versus Ultron, mm-hmm. and that was that was really all I expected and signed up for. If I got anything more, then that's just like a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it mostly worked because the action was really good. It was really fun to see this this new team, this new dynamic. I think that's what the MCU always delivers. Just like how can we create you know sort of these dynamics between characters that have never really interacted, don't mm-hmm. know each other, but now they have to come together and work together all of a sudden and save the entire universe or the multiverse in this in this particular instance so for the most part it works a couple of things i have problems with that you know i'll get into in a in a, in a bit here and then mm-hmm. on, a, on a you know sort of a larger scale i think what if is uh it's been good it's been a mixed bag for sure like mm-hmm. some of these episodes that we've talked about of course each week like you know the killmonger episode and the captain carter episode that opened yeah. up the season i'm just like uh I don't really understand like why we needed to tell this story or why are we just recapping a specific movie. But then there have been other ones where I was just like having a grand time, such as the Party Thor episode, him being an only child, or T'Challa is Star-Lord, mm-hmm. or the Doctor Strange episode, which was like 
the saddest shit that the MCU has damn near done outside of Infinity Wars. So yeah. they've given so many different things. It's so many different tones and variety um, that exists within the show. So I think there's something there for everybody. Yeah. Thus making it also something that won't be universally loved because it doesn't have a consistent tone all throughout. But mm -hmm. I think there's something there for everybody that if, even if you watch one or two episodes, you'll probably find some elements of it that you liked. And this is also their first animated show ever. So they have room to grow mm -hmm. and learn. And they will grow and learn. We've seen them grow and learn. And they've had growing pains with certain things. But they'll get there. So yeah. overall, I think it was a success. As you mentioned, it set out and achieved what it, what it initially wanted to do. And there will be more. There will be more stories to tell in this What If universe. So with that said, man, let's go ahead and get into the specifics of this episode. So as I mentioned at the beginning... The Guardians of the Multiverse have been formed here. The opening of the episode sees the Watcher going across the multiverse, recruiting a new team of different superheroes to help defeat Ultron, this this perfect version of Ultron, so to say. So we have Strange Supreme, who we saw at the end of the last episode, sort of helping out the Watcher and leading this initiative. We also have Captain Carter, throwing us all the way back to the first episode. We mm -hmm. have Star-Lord T'Challa, so this is Chadwick Boseman's final performance as T'Challa. We also have Party Thor, again, coming from the Only Child Thor episode. Black Panther Killmonger, this was a bit of a surprise, he's coming in, Black Panther Killmonger was here. And then we have Gamora, who is a variant version of Gamora that... Mm -hmm killed Thanos and created a weapon called the Infinity Crusher with Tony Stark. Now, before we move on, um, this came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, this version of Kimura, we have not seen before. We've mm -hmm. seen all the other characters before. There's a very specific reason why. Um, mm -hmm. This was allegedly going to be the 10th episode of a 10-episode season for What If. However, they were unable to finish the episode that was specifically focused on Gamora's story because of COVID-19 and production schedule issues. Yep. Therefore, this turned into a nine-episode season, and they pushed this episode. Apparently, they'll push it in, into season two. So we're supposed to still see this story in the future, mm -hmm. although I'm curious as to how that works. I, I, I don't know. I feel like they have to. they probably have to rewrite it because I think the story that mm -hmm. they would have told would have been within the context of what this season was trying to do, ultimately leading to this Ultron episode. Do you think that they'll go in a different direction now that it's going to actually be be a part of season two instead of season one now? Yeah, slightly. I remember um, part of the reason we even knew uh, uh, that this was happening was because of that Lego leak, right? Um, it oh, was yeah. it was a it was a Tony Stark Sakarian Iron Man um, Lego set uh, that we had seen, and so uh, I my guess is that they will start the next season with that um, in order to, again, not only introduce the Gamora that we know, but to kind of get a peek at that Tony Stark that we also seen in the episode. And I think they'll just cut, they'll cut the second half, right? They'll still have wow. like a small introduction in the first part of the episode. And I think the second part of the episode will actually be more tailored towards season two rather than it being tailored towards season one. It'll have a different ending than I think, than, uh, than, a, than a different, um, uh, than it would have before, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, even in the specific scene in this episode, when we see the Watcher go to recruit Gamora, Gamora is with Tony on Nidavellir, creating this Infinity Crusher weapon with Itri, the dwarf there, uh, mm -hmm. who was played by Peter Dinklage in the movie. Um, but I'm sure that there's more context to that that we may may or may not see in the future. Uh, hopefully, Tony does not die again. Um, we don't need to see that. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about this team, the Guardians of the Multiverse. We've been wondering and speculating like who was going to be on it. We knew that Star-Lord T'Challa was going to be on it. We knew that Gamora was going to be on it, just based off of the previews. Um, like I mentioned, for me, Black Panther Killmonger was a surprise uh, because not the greatest human, not the greatest person, 
person and we're <laughs> using him as a part of this team that has to be cohesive and work together. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I, I enjoyed this iteration of, of a new team in the MCU. I thought that this was a really cool, cool sort of collection of heroes. Obviously, again, these folks don't know each other. They all come from different parts of the multiverse, but they have to use their specific skill set in order to defeat Ultron. And I think on paper, when we think about like team ups and, and how these work, like it's easy to go to like the most OP heroes that you can think of. Like, oh, let me get Thor and Doctor Strange and, you know, whoever else has like godlike abilities, Captain Marvel, you know, but yeah. that doesn't always necessarily create the best story. And I think that Marvel and the MCU specifically, they typically put these teams together to create the best story mm-hmm. and not necessarily try to get the people with the best power sets to combine and take down whoever the foe or the villain is. So I thought that seeing Strange Supreme here sort of be like the leader because he knows so much about the multiverse. He's done so much work to, to mm-hmm. acquire the power that he has. So he's able to pass off this knowledge. But then you have like the more strategic, tactile leader like Captain Carter, who's going to yeah. be boots on the ground, giving directions, telling people where to go and what to do. But then you have this like weird dynamic of Thor, who's like dumb as hell, very, very <laughs> unaware of his surroundings, very much only concerned with himself. He's just trying to have fun. So there's a little bit of levity there. But then you also have a Gamora, who's like a trained assassin and killer. Yeah. And she has this weapon that can, you know, sort of defeat Ultron and destroy the Infinity Stones. But the really interesting dynamic for me was Star-Lord T'Challa and Black Panther Killmonger. We know Mm -hmm. in the main MCU timeline that we're familiar with, they're cousins. And here, theoretically, they still would be cousins, but they're from different multiverses. But there's even that moment where Black Panther Killmonger's like, you're not my cousin, bro. Like You ain't my cousin, bro. Yeah, like those rules don't exist here. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious, man. What did you think about just the whole makeup of this team? Yeah, I... Um, I, I'll start with, again, Killmonger and Black Panther, man. One of the most interesting things about that whole dynamic was who killed who, right? Uh, uh, Killmonger, this Killmonger that we know um, is from a, a place where we know he killed Tony Stark. But when we find him, when by the time Watsu gets to him, it's clear that he's also killed um, um, T'Challa, right? Uh, uh, and it's like, oh, shoot, what is going on here? But in the movie our movie, our Black Panther movie, uh, T'Challa ends up killing Killmonger. And I I think that's like a a very interesting twist um, that we see here. Another interesting thing I wanted to talk about, just I think on the show overall, is even though it's what if, we kind of talked about it during the If T'Challa Was Star-Lord episode, how people's natures stay the same. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and T'Challa here is still inherently good and the Killmonger we get here is still inherently bad. Uh, (laughs) uh, even strange, you know, Sorcerer Supreme as dark as he is still was like here, like, all right, give us the stones. You know what I mean? Like, like he's still a good guy, even though he's done some dark shit. Like he's still trying to, trying to save, uh, uh, the universe and atone for his sins the best way that he knows how. Um, and I think I think that's a really interesting part of the show. What I would have liked to just have like one villain who was good, or you know what I mean, or something oh, okay. who who like yeah. ended like Baron Zemo was here and he's not gonna turn on anybody, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. I would I would have liked to have something like that. Um, but I still enjoyed uh, uh, again that interaction between um, Killmonger. Um, and T'Challa, and I'm I'm even sure it was super emotional for Michael B. Jordan, right? Being part of that cast, being I'm sure he he, he probably watches the episode and get emotional, bro, because uh, that's yeah. probably like the last time he ever gets to work with Chadwick Boseman. So uh, even even that being in the back of my head, I was just enjoying all of it, you know, and kind of soak soaking all of that in. Um, I even though we get a lot of Gamora, I still think she's cool. I can't wait to see more of her because it's like, damn, that's dope. Um, I do. I mean, there is like a story where. Um, 
I'm pretty sure like she didn't go all the way through with her domination, right? Because like that's why they're like melting the Infinity Gauntlet or whatever they mm-hmm. have going on, right? Uh, so I, I just think that's cool because again, nature's right. At the end of the day, Gamora was inherently still good, and that's why she never went through. That's why she's like, we gotta melt this goddamn gauntlet, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that's why she ends up being there. Ah, uh, bro, between Captain Carter and Black Widow, I I love them in this episode. I really did. I love how, um, oh, the Easter egg I was talking about before was them actually bringing up Alexi, right? I was just like, what? Yes. They actually, yeah. they mm-hmm. actually said that? <laughs> I was really surprised. Like, oh, shit. They said, uh, Captain Carter said Alexi is your father. I was like, ah, that's adorable. Mm-hmm. This is great. Um, but I love, uh, that. in my mind, they're like the sisters with shields, right? Because like, she had her father's ah, yeah. shield and she had her own shield. And I just thought, bro, they was fucking that man up with them shields. That's like oh, they my, was whooping his ass, bro. My favorite part of the episode, I was actually laughing because he was getting his ass kicked. Because <laughs> all you hear, yeah. I'm telling you, you can look away from the screen and all you hear is ting, 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 ting. <laughs> <laughs> just getting tagged repeatedly with these fucking shields bro, all over the them place. Them shields was tearing him up. Um, and honestly, I would have loved to see something like that in live action, where like we end up with Lexi shield. I'm not saying we won't, because we might, right? Like Lexi is a whole thing now. We have Red Guardian, right? Um, so we might. It, it won't be with Widow, but. Who knows? Right. You know, it might be like Falcon and some in in uh in uh what you call her? Her little sister. Uh oh, Elena. You know, yeah, Elena. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be cool. You know, something something random like that. But uh, I I really did like them a lot in this episode. Them just being as close as friends as her and Tony were. Um, I uh, or not her and Tony, but her and Cap. Um, mm-hmm. which, which I thought was a good call to everything happening in the Winter Soldier. I was like, just good job um, all around there, I think. Uh, and then um, another, like you said, Thor's just an idiot. Uh, I don't know what he had going on. But again, I like this team because it is so different. It is so misfit. Um, and then, like you said, it was more story, not necessarily how, uh, not, not how everyone really like, you know, meshed. It, it was more so... Uh, well, it was Watu's agenda <laughs> more than anything, uh, and and I think I like that um, that aspect of it. Even Watu at the end, he really didn't do anything. He put them together and walked away. Uh, yeah. And and I thought that was interesting because at at the end of the day, he is the Watcher, right? He's not gonna. I don't think he's always gonna fight Ultron like he had to. He's a very defensive person. Um, and so that was another one of the things that made sense to me. Uh, but yeah, that's what I thought of the team. I thought it was cool. Again, just to see them exactly what we expected. Um, and the dynamics uh, were interesting, man. Uh, because again, there was like bad people in here or like, you know, some some darkness in almost everybody. Uh, uh, except for like a Captain Carter and Thor, maybe, you know. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. I'm judging Watu based on the fact that he brought Killmonger into this. Like, what what are you doing? That, that yeah. just the way that it ended. I'm just like, come on, bro. Like, you gotta make better think? decisions. <laughs> yeah. Like, what what were you thinking? And what like why? What 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 was the dynamic that he added? I guess there's like a a, a rawness to him. A sort mm-hmm. of a um. Uh, I mean, he 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 lacks empathy and he's kind of remorseless. So I guess yeah. maybe that was necessary. Uh, but mm-hmm. we saw that it kind of backfired at the end because of the you know the stuff between him and and, and Arnim Zola. We'll get to, but. Um, yeah, I, I also found it interesting too, just quickly that 
we we asked like about those you know cliffhanger moments and all the, these episodes like what were those going to be were those going to be mm-hmm. like set up for season two well no they weren't they were basically just the moments in which uatsu the watcher went to go find these people so yeah. the cliffhanger that we got with shuri and pepper Potts from the killmonger episode mm-hmm. or ego and star lord at the dairy queen like all of these moments yeah. that just like left on unsolved and unfinished notes at the end of each week. Um, those were the moments that Uatsu decided to go get this team. So um, it, it worked. I think it worked out well. And like now that we have the full story, um, but the big chunk of this episode, listen, was a, was a fight. It was a battle between the guardians versus Ultron. And it kind of took place in like two different parts. We had the first part take place on a desolate planet that, you know, Dr. Strange or strange Supreme, excuse me, took them to because technology didn't really um, exist there. Ultron couldn't really monitor or detect technology, technology on this planet so they had an advantage in that sense um and we see dr strange he created this protective spell to to keep everybody safe in this fight so you know allow them to have a little bit more endurability as they're 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 going against ultron and we just saw crazy shit happen throughout this fight like and it was just (laughs) getting started i mean there were so many moments that 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 went down strange for me strange supreme mvp because like without that protective spell they would have been done probably a lot earlier than they were because that actually gave them a lot of life and a lot of leeway because ultron was throwing a lot of shit at at him and it didn't really do anything because mm-hmm. he put the cheat code in and was like no we're gonna add this little protective spell and then we got that moment of the mjolnir copies when thor threw mjolnir yeah. at ultron and strange duplicated in, into mm-hmm. like 75 mjolnirs out of nowhere yeah. that was fucking amazing that was spectacular yep. and you see them just like swirling around ultron you even see a moment where captain carter like grabs onto one so that she can like fly across you know and and, and you know give ultron another nab before she she lands back on the on the on the surface mm-hmm. and then that final moment where he combines them all and creates this this ball of mjolnirs this trapping ultron within it and then thor takes his mjolnir and strikes the lightning up against it. and i'm just like this is <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy animation and crazy, you know, yeah. sort of fight choreography that we're seeing here. But just like that's the stuff that we dream about and think about when we, you know, when we like read comics and then we want to see it translate to like these stories, whether it's in live action or animation. Um, and then even Strange is like teleporting the zombie horde from the What If Zombie episode mm-hmm. through a portal. And they just completely smother Ultron and he's unable to escape for a long time. I'm just like, we're, we're, we're pulling out yeah. again, just so many power sets that Strange has like. Mm-hmm. can we do that in live can we do that in multiverse of madness please hey, like man. all of this crazy stuff can we see that in march when that movie comes out because he was just going absolutely nuts and we saw this like in infinity war but that was kind of like light work compared to what he was doing here i'm just like here he is again just showing his ass throughout this entire fight yeah man that boy is crazy uh i think even um so looking at that protection spell actually reminds me of what we're seeing right now in the internals and you know we'll talk about that at some point but like there's like mm. sm- there, the, the the symbols that's kind of over like surrounding them i feel like i've seen yeah. that in the eternals trailer like the eternals kind of have these very similar looking looking shapes so i'm wondering if you know that 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 could be a relation there i'm still you know um i'm, I'm gonna sit on that theory for a little bit uh so we, we, we'll see what happens but um i i thought that we were gonna get like Hulk or Spidey out of that that zombie thing, bro. Because like, <laughs> through, yeah. hey, the Hulk never got you know he his his story's kind of kind of open in that zombie world. Like we don't yeah, know if he's dead true. or he's a zombie. Regard either one would have been cool to see zombie Hulk or just Hulk being alive in general uh, would have been dope. I was like, oh, he's opening the portal. Is Hulk coming? Is Spider Man coming? Because they're still there, right? I'm like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? Um, and I get that, but it was it was still cool to see uh, zombie cat Falcon, um, and them. So that that was really dope. There was also uh, I 
I appreciate how much of this story comes from Age of Ultron. Um, mm. And, you know, uh, it, there's, a, there's a lot of people who still um, are going to want to read that story. But, you know, just had to give a... Uh, I, I think a, a lot of this was, again, attribution to Age of Ultron, the movie, not, you know, serving the same kind of fan service as the comic, as this 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 season of What If was doing, um, in, in terms of a lot of the storylines that were happening. So um, I just I just thought that was dope, uh, and I hope they keep doing stuff like that, especially with maybe some of the smaller comic book storylines they can't touch, you know, or like that's like too small for movies because I do think there are some that's like, bro, don't do that storyline, or you know what I mean? Like, why why are we here? Sure. Um, those those definitely exist because that's how many there are, but. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope they definitely um, start to do that stuff. Also, the the tentacle monster that Strange consumed back in his episode is that supposed to be Shumagorath? Yeah, this 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 you know sort of almost this definitely Shumagorath, bro. Millions of years old, omnipotent sort of godlike creature. Mm-hmm. I mean, I again, that's just another thing. I'm like, are we gonna see that again? You know, maybe a multiverse of man. Like, we'll, oh. really, Strange Supreme in general. I, I think that's a big question that a lot of people are asking. Like, Strange Supreme as a character seems extremely ripe for an appearance in that movie, just based mm-hmm. on what we saw in his episode and how. I, I mean, really how powerful and also how different he is from our Doctor Strange that we know and, and how that just might influence some of the events there because uh, a lot of the speculation is that Scarlet Witch is going to be the villain in that movie. We even saw zombie Scarlet, Scarlet Witch come through that zombie horror, but a lot of the speculation <laughs> is that she's going to be the villain in that movie, but I also wonder, like, is there something there with Strange Supreme that can, you know, be taken further in Multiverse of Madness? I hope so, at least, you know, that that's the case because he's such a great character. <laughs> I love that moment where even <laughs> zombie Scarlet was like, Oh shit! <laughs> I, I was actually rolling when that. What happened. did I get myself into yeah, right now? Because yeah. she's a zombie. It's like even if the zombies have a realization <laughs> that this nigga is too strong, you know. I was like, yeah. I, I was actually like dying. Um, but I have I have such a big feeling like that we're definitely about to see um the su- supreme strange supreme um pop up in the multiverse of madness. I am. Shumagorath is not a small villain by any means. No. Uh, and and I think if you want to make a horror film, Shuma is also like one of those good one, he's comic book accurate, right? He's he's there. big enough to put in a film and he can be creepy as shit. It's a fucking he's like the star of Marvel, right? Like he's just <laughs> a big ass uh uh octopus thing with it with one eye, kinda like Starro is. Uh, so I, I really do think they'll they'll end up um, having them in the multiverse of madness because I I also feel like that's just something Sam Raimi would, would do like I feel like we're not gonna be surprised when we see it we're gonna blow up good old Sam Raimi you know uh, and, and I feel like that's 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 the direction uh, that he would take it in so I think Strange Supreme is in my mind it's like a ninety percent chance that we're about to see this man in the movie. Yeah, Shumagorath is almost like Lovecraftian in a sense, very much reminiscent of like Cthulhu and what we saw, you know, in that series. But of course, like from that mythology, mm-hmm. um, listen, if they could put the Dweller in Darkness in Shang-Chi, then fucking Shumagorath can be a multiverse of madness because yeah, that's absolutely. even that's even crazier. So I think I think it's something that we can we can definitely keep our eyes out. Um, but a lot of the rest of this fight actually took place in Natasha's universe um, where Ultron actually destroyed mm-hmm. pretty much all of life. He created this post-apocalyptic world, uh, this, this nuclear Holocaust that he, that he was responsible for in the previous episode. So the remainder of this fight takes place on that 
Earth in that universe. And uh, as you mentioned, man, I mean, Nat and Captain Carter were just like whooping his ass with the shit. That whole sequence, <laughs> like the one, the one take sequence, which is very reminiscent of I like loved the it. big Avengers movies where they do the long one take sequence mm-hmm. of this like epic fight. They did that in this episode, and they were just landed in on him. Yeah. The shields were knocking his ass out. You had Star Lord T'Challa coming in with his blasters. Mm-hmm. You even had Killmonger coming in swiping at him with the claws. You had just so many different elements and so many different things happening and it was going on for like 65 seconds i'm like oh so we're just gonna keep doing this like wonderful let me Mm -hmm. see more of this and uh they were truly working together as a well uh well as a well cohesive you know really really you know good team together and it was just all great to see um i thought i I just thought the action was spectacular there um Mm -hmm. but we also get you know sort of like the big moment that that brought ultron down is um natasha she's using the motorcycle to to get some leverage to get some high ground um basically to shoot the arrow into ultron that they actually created in the last episode that would allow arnim zola's ai to be downloaded into to to ultron's perfect ultron's ai system so she uses her motorcycle she gets high ground she jumps off the ledge she uses Captain Carter's help to do it. She aims, and it's a bullseye. She aims it right into Ultron's eye, and it perfectly hits. As impossible as that may have been, as, as accurate as that may have been, it, it perfectly lands in honor of Clint, of course. And Zola's able to get inside Ultron and just shut that shit down instantly. <laughs> Zola's talking so much shit like, oh, yeah, I'm here now. This is my this is my world. I, I own this shit. And like, think me now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he didn't even do it instantly. He was like, "I'm gonna talk my shit first, and then shut your shit down. I'm gonna let you know that I did this. Like, we're gonna have a little conversation. Like, I'm the most powerful AI in the Marvel universe. You know, whether you exist in multiversal, you know, sort of different elements or not. So that was, I thought that that was really cool to see. Like Zola get such a such a moment in this episode, right? Just to see that you know sort of happen with that character because he's sort of been underused, but you we can clearly see that if used correctly, if used in the right way. That could be an extremely powerful and extremely threatening character who I don't think we've seen the last of based on what we saw at the end between him and Killmonger specifically. You could say that Natasha, when he shot him in the eye with the arrow, took away his vision. Okay. Um, Wow. (laughs) Somebody bust bust your drums out. Hit the the note right now. Oh, man. Um, I love how much shit Zola talks. Like I said, he was just the MCU stink meter at that point, which he very well might be. I mean, yeah, he's literally stink meter. Uh, What did you say, nigga? That's literally like what he did (laughs) when he he got into Ultron's body, bro. Uh, He was really going crazy. Uh, and, but that I think that was like the one of the, the that predictable plot lo- plot line that you know we kind of like knew was going to happen. Like they literally said, "There's only one thing that can take this virus down: another virus." And it's like mm-hmm. you know they made it a whole thing, so we we kind of knew it was coming. Um, but again, like you said, I don't think we've seen the last of him, man, because he he's impossible to get rid of now, right? Like I think Zola's just going to be around. I don't know what capacity in the future, you know, that they'll they'll use him as or where where he'll pop up, but hey shoot they got so many threats in the damn marvel universe that we haven't even started talking about yet that is about to is about to start being brought up um in these next couple movies that uh it it could literally be anywhere um but i still enjoyed the uh the ability to see that right i mean that is a very what iffy thing for zola the virus to be in Ultron, you know, that I think that was just still a cool interaction um, that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. So, uh, man, they I need everybody between Killmonger, 
and Zola to get their life together and to stop being dumbasses uh, because they're ruining everything. Um, (laughs) But Natasha's new universe I thought was really cool. I thought that was a great um, um, thing that they brought up um, because I don't know. I don't know if send off is a word, but it kind of felt like that, right? Like there's another version almost. Yeah, there's another version of her who's in a good place. Not saying that ours isn't in a good place, you know, but that like is is you know I I love how he says um you're you're not my Natasha but you seem to have her spirit and that's like a really cool uh that's good scripting that's good writing I like I like that a lot um um when we see that part so yeah man just 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 cool stuff yeah it was it was very thoughtful I was glad that they were able to like find something for that version of Black Widow and she she obviously got you know sort of transported by the Watcher's help to a new universe where the Avengers, um, this was actually the universe in which the Avengers were killed. That was from episode, I think that was uh, three that we got when the Avengers were killed by Hank Pym. This was that universe that she was joining. So they're forming like a new team. So it's Captain Marvel, it's her, it's other people. So really cool moment for sure. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, And then sort of the last thing that we got, we got a mid credit scene here, um, which I think was the first one that we got this season. And we see that uh, Captain Carter um, and her universe's Natasha Romanoff, which we actually saw at the beginning of the episode, Captain Carter was on the Lumerian, or she was about to attack the Lumerian star just like they did mm-hmm. in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So we go back to that and we see Captain Carter with her version of Natasha Romanoff and they discover um, the Hydra Stomper with, uh, with somebody apparently inside of it. Um, presumably, I guess Steve Rogers is inside of that, but that's sort of a callback to the first episode um, in which we saw the Hydra Stomper and Steve Rogers was a part of that. So something, again, that they could play with in, in, in the next season and, and do something. Um, but as we sort of wrap up our talk here about what if the last thing I just, you know, really want to ask, um, you know, ultimately, like, one, do you think that the Watcher break, breaking his oath in this episode are, are going to have consequences in future episodes? Do you think that that's something they'll revisit? Because I think he'll absolutely continue to be a character in the MCU, um, mm-hmm. even if it is just animation. So do you think we'll see consequences for breaking his oath? Because that is the title here. And then secondly, you know, on a, you know, sort of a, you know, looking back on what if in this experiment and what they did, where does this rank in terms of like MCU shows thus far for you? Man, I think, uh, you know, one of my favorite aspects of these past a couple episodes has been the idea that that him and Doctor Strange had that in common, that they both broke their oaths, and here they are in a predicament, <laughs> and how they work together to to again kind of get through um, the the circumstances that they've created for themselves. So I, I think that's really dope. Well, I mean, shoot, Strange had consequences on accident. Um, I think it <laughs> destroyed his whole universe, whatever that's about. Um, but I'm not sure because. They just haven't showed, you know, the other watchers. That's the only reason that I don't know. Like, if, like, at the end of the episode, there was, like, a watcher watching him. <laughs> that, oh, man. That would have been crazy and, like, hella creepy, right? Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think they should have done something like that. I think that would have been cool. Uh, but not until I think I see, like, a some kind of, I don't know, indication or hint that he feels like he might get in trouble, too. Like, even though he knows that's not what he's supposed to do. I'm wondering if it feels personal or if it feels organizational. You know, mm. um, in terms of how watchers are supposed to work, or if it's just really him having an internal battle about how he broke his oath himself. I, again, it's something I just don't know of what the what direction they're going to take in the show. So uh, uh, I'll say that about that. And in terms of ranking, man, MCU shows, I don't know. That's a hard one because animation is so different. 
and yeah. and also uh even though like we know some stuff from this will be taken as canon we don't know what would be taken as canon uh so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take the i'm gonna take a cheat out and, and just say i don't know yet because it could easily become um become i don't know it could it could rise in rank depending on what happens later on if we see if we're watching multiverse of madness and like we see strange supreme and we see you know them make a reference to something that happened in his story or uh you know something like that or we see in the multiverse of madness somehow the new Gamora is the Thanos Gamora. I don't know. You know, if something weird like that happens, it could very well rise, I think, in the ranks. Um, but so far, just the nature of it being its own thing, it it, it, it technically probably would be um, um, closer to the bottom. Uh, uh, and the only thing it would be possibly right now, too, is um, Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, but even that, I can't even say it, that, that I feel better about it yet. Um, because it was so wishy-washy <laughs> in, a, in, yeah. a, in a lot of different episodes. So I think, for, yeah, I think for now, I'm going to take the cheat way out and say, nah, it, 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 it hasn't surpassed any of those yet. Gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of consequences for The Watcher, if any, I do think that'll be dealt with next season. I don't know if it'll be other Watchers. That seems like the natural way to go, although they haven't really introduced any at this point. But I have a feeling that they will that mm-hmm. at some point, you know, introduce like a new Watcher or other Watchers that are like, you shouldn't have done that. What are you doing, Watu? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're crossing your boundaries. If not a watcher, listen again. Zola, Killmonger, they're now aware of all of this. Now you know they have information about all of this happening. I'm sure Zola probably already knew just because of how intelligent that AI is. But mm-hmm. Killmonger also knows this stuff. I hope it's not Killmonger being the big bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's like heroes out there or villains, I should say that exist within some universe that are aware of the watcher and this Mm, happening mm -hmm, therefore mm -hmm. that could manifest into becoming a threat in the next season or whatever the case may be ultimately in terms of where this falls for me i i I can easily say that this would be like in the fourth spot like i Mm -hmm. I like all the other shows more than this yeah um right now i don't think i would consider it essential viewing i think that like if somebody skipped this like you're not really missing anything but that could totally change based off all the stuff you said based on what potentially may come into play in the future you know if we do see strange supreme again if we do see you know another version of gamora or whatever the case may be any sort of multiversal aspect that comes from this show could possibly come up in the future that's always the possibility within the mcu so it might be retroactively something that's essential right now it just feels like a nice you know sort of isolated story for the most part that you know everybody doesn't need to watch and it doesn't seem like everybody's watching it it seems kind of like one of those things that you know, most folks are like, ah, eh, you know, animation might not be my thing or whatever the case may be. Um, but ultimately, it's still really good. I, I still liked it for the most part. It is wishy-washy. It does, you know, it, it is a mixed bag at times, but ultimately still a fun experiment. And I think they can only go up from here. So we'll Agreed. see what's in store for the future of what if they will have a season two. We don't know when that's coming out, but of course, we will be talking about it whenever we get some news for that. So those are our thoughts on the season finale and the entire season one of Marvel Studios. What if Definitely hit us up and let us know what you thought about this finale and everything that happened this season. We've seen what the multiverse is capable of. What if all these stories led to this? TikTok, boys! This mission requires a team chosen across time and space. They are the guardians of the multiverse. All right, here we go. You pick them. What if? All episodes now streaming on Disney Plus.